I've sent you an invite, Brian and Alex. I've just sent you through an invite to speak. Yep. If it doesn't work, just DM me. And uh, for any speaker that's so we have a pretty full panel today. Uh, but if you do want to speak, um, we'll be we'll be bringing people up gradually throughout the panel. So again, Brian. Oh no, Brian is not speaking. Uh, 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 Mr. I'm Anna, here. Uh, I'm Ed's in, here. I sent you an invite. Yeah, Ed. I see Ed. Um, yeah. So Keith, I've just sent you an invite again to speak. Where is Nick? There's Nick my guy may be in in the in the room, so you might look for him. Uh, who is? Uh, Phil Klein. Who? The guy that I invited in. Remember, Phil? Yeah, yeah of course. I've got yeah. the list. I've got all the panelists. Okay, got uh, I'll be sending. Okay. I'll be DMing all the invites now. All right. Phil. Cool. Yeah, apparently. All right, let me get the invites up. Hey, Alex. How's it going? Hey, can you say something funny? Alex? <laughs> yeah. What, am I going to say something funny? What is that? What, what did you say, Catherine? I didn't even hear. That, yeah, no, I made a request for you to say something funny, basically. Well, Michelle Obama has a about that, Catherine. Have you heard of that rumor? <laughs> no. <laughs> I better look it up. Oh, this is. It got censored. I didn't hear it. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a, a, a freaking great space. I can tell you that right now. Appreciate you coming, Alex. Really do. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. I know like spaces are taking over the Twitterverse. Uh, I need to hop on them. But th- this is my one complaint, though. It's kind of hard to like have, I guess, uh, what is it? Um, uh, space manners or what is that? A space etiquette. You know, it's hard to not. I feel like I take over the microphone, so, so I need to be more cognizant of having better etiquette. On no, space. man, no. There's no. There's no etiquette. There's no etiquette on our spaces, Alex. Alex, like, ha, ha, you're just blowing up, man. Like, what's going on? <laughs> you're 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 uh, dominating media at the moment. He's hacked the matrix. No, I mean the Andrew Tate, the Andrew Tate of politics. There what? is a fucking matrix, though. I mean, it is a world of lies. I don't necessarily agree with everything Andrew Tate says, but I mean, there is like a, a fake reality that everybody lives in, like you know the same reality where you know people are still taking boosters, still wearing masks, that just believe whatever the TV tells you. So there is a matrix that people want to plug into. So that I actually do agree, and like there's a fake world that. People just want to believe whatever they say. Get your next booster, you know, safe and effective, whatever the mainstream media talking points are. Just a lot of NPCs, non-playable characters that purposely join the Matrix because they don't want to think for themselves. I think that's a very real thing. Right. Absolutely a real thing. I mean, that's something that Baudrillard talked about in 1980. You know, the book uh, Simulacra and Simulation. I recommend everybody read it to understand the mindset that is, uh, you know, that society has uh, apparently embraced. Kim, you, you've you've got you've, you're back out of Twitter hiding. Yeah, I just came in here before I go to bed in like ten minutes. What's up? <laughs> how's 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 the family? Good, swimming in the lake. I've been enjoying. I've been watching your I've been watching your your Twitter. By the way, is it echo on my end or is fine? It's no, fine. you're good. Yeah, a bit of feedback. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've been watching your Twitter. Kim and and I'm so I'm I'm having very limited human interaction thanks to Twitter Spaces, and like I'm just I, I need I need to start like maybe muting your tweets because I just get jealous watching your <laughs> your constant photos and videos, your kids dancing for example, you you you, you have what I don't have at the moment. Make, so I either mute babies. you or change my life. Come on, make some babies. Make some. Babies. <laughs> no, okay. I'd rather mute any, you. I think it's an easier solution. Any, any uh, woman here in the space that uh, has the desire to have children, <laughs> Mario is available. 
And he can dance. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, this is how my this is how uh, this is how we get cancelled, yeah. Kim. This is how exactly how we get cancelled. Right. So, I, so I do want to. Why it's consensual? I don't know, man. I just it's a joke. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> like if I make a bad joke, if I make a bad joke, just let it let it slide. Pretend I didn't say anything. <laughs> Eric, welcome to the show, the... man. By the way. Yo. Well, thank thank you. I, I love this topic. Oh man, I bet you do. I can't wait till we start. You've been covering this quite a bit on Newsmax, oh, haven't you? Oh hell yeah! You know, again, look, look. Can, if if we want to jump into it, I'll, I'll jump in. We can always go back to Mario's um, dating and love life. But we can, <laughs> in the meantime, let 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 me allow me that that. Total libertarian here. I, I just I think government is is scary. It's overpowering. We don't need government. We need far less government. Um, my my concern is not that Donald Trump had classified documents, nor Joe Biden, nor the probably countless others who have classified documents hiding you know somewhere, maybe on purpose, maybe not on purpose. My concern is the the FBI's role in it. That the FBI, you know, the the, the show of force. The the hundred agents plus that showed up at Mar-a-Lago in the cover of darkness, the you know, and then breaking into the the closet, rummaging through Melania Trump's closet. You, you know, one of the most egregious things that I can think of is the FBI taking the classified documents out of the envelopes that had classified on them, spreading them out on the floor on the carpeting, uh, you know, outside the room in Mar-a-Lago. And snapping pictures and, and, and leaking the pictures or handing them to CNN, whoever, however it, it, they got out. And then you juxtapose it with the fact that, that we now know months ago, two and a half months ago, there were documents that Biden had that were discovered and there was no such hoopla. There was no such, you know, let's, let's get him. This is, this is a threat to the democracy. This man, you know, the way with Trump, this man should never be able to run for president again. Because of what he did with documents, I, it, the, the the bias treatment, the bias treatment by by the media is, is always going to be there. But the bias treatment by the FBI scares the living shit out of me, and 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 that's where I remain, and that's what I've been covering. But but don't don't you think Trump had ample opportunity to turn over the documents that the government wanted, and then his lawyer signed a declaration saying they have turned everything over? Don't don't you think the fact that there were still documents there don't what else? What was the other option well, that the DOJ had? That, that's well, not entirely well, true because they were in constant communication with the uh, DOJ over the documents. Yeah, yeah but mm-hmm. but his lawyer signed a certification saying they've turned everything over. Well, 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 his lawyer said that they, they turned over documents. I, whether it was everything, maybe it's everything that 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 she knew. Um, again, um, Biden had documents. <laughs> What's is the concern? That the documents were going to be seen by a foreign adversary, a hostile government, a, a terrorist. Is that the concern? Because being behind, I, in, I don't think being in a locked yeah. door in, in, in the basement of Mar-a-Lago, which is a private club, a private residence, which is also a private club with the U.S. Secret Service teaming uh, around the place with occasional FBI, I assume as well, seems far more secure than Joe Biden's garage. And, and that's, that is the insanity here that the left and, and the left-wing media is just like giving him a pass. Yeah, oh, but he's doing everything. He's playing. Um, he's playing. Uh, playing ball with the FBI and whatnot. But but he put us at far more risk. I mean, can we just ask what the fourteen or fifteen million dollars that the Chinese, the communist Chinese government, 
gave to the Penn uh, Biden think tank. What was that for? And those documents, there are documents found there as well. I don't know. So, so many questions. Did, did Trump, did, my guess, and, and I'm a friend of Trump. I'm a very close friend of Trump's, and I have been for a very long time. The guy is, he has this very, he's a massive ego. He's a very strong-willed person. I, I, and I don't he may have just simply been like, go fuck yourselves. We gave you documents. I don't even know what's there, but I just don't like this, and this is this is annoying me. Well, Not even realizing the seriousness of of what he was actually doing. I, I don't think I don't think you can claim that Biden put us in more danger because we don't know what documents Biden had and we don't know what documents Trump had if they were the I, I same level. I, know, of, Ed, I didn't know, say SCI I didn't documents. say he put us in more danger. I said the opportunity seems a lot higher. The risk seems a lot uh, and, higher and in the Biden situation than the Trump situation. Well, yeah. But we don't exactly yeah, I, know. I, I, we we don't exactly I, know what was in the documents, as you said, that were found in uh, found in Biden's place. But does this really play into the narrative that that the Biden administration is trying to push that they're the most transparent administration in history, or or, or is it about national security? No, like I, I, well, I'm, with, I'm with you guys in that. I think you know, anytime Biden. classified documents are found, that there needs to be some sort of investigation. We need to get to the bottom of how they got there. Was there intent to keep them there away from the government? We we need as much information as we can, and I think you know he should be investigated for them just as much as Trump is. Yeah. Well, I, I want to just jump in here and mention a couple of things that I, I heard Eric say, talking about the question of uh, danger and did the FBI go in because, oh, Trump's a threat to democracy. The FBI uh, obtained a search warrant after a grand jury subpoena was issued. Grand jury subpoenas really aren't optional. And if you read through the court documents, which I, I have, there was – multiple attempts to get these back. And yes, they, they gave some back, but then they got evidence that there were more and that they were being moved around. And that's when they asked for the search warrant. And as for uh, the FBI going through people's closets during a search, uh, that's what they do. A search warrant for the FBI, once it's issued, is not optional. A warrant is a command from a judge. You will search these places. So they get it, they go there, and they search. And it wasn't done under the cover of night. It was done during the day when the former president was not there. And what's more, the reason we know about it is because the former president put out a statement that night uh, complaining about it. Had he not said anything, yeah, it probably would have leaked. And I think one of the local uh, papers uh, had a reporter who got a tip about it. But it's not like the the search of Mar-a-Lago was something that the, the government trumpeted. The former president made it known that the FBI had been there in the first place. Eric? Well, just so, where, where, where so many things to, to address, um, Andrew. I, I, I saw a staged photograph that was taken clearly by an FBI agent, and somehow I saw it. I also saw numerous, numerous you saw it because of, of it was in the court media court. companies with rolling video during the during the raid. During the raid, I remember watching it. I, I was actually taking the night off, and I was called. I had to go back in and, and, and do the show because there was a you know we were we were watching the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago and okay, maybe it started in prior to sundown, but it's certainly going on into the evening. 
what was the risk? Uh, there, there, you think the, the, the risk in the, in the Trump situation was so great that they needed to raid and needed to do, you know, the, the, the public display of taking down a former risk. president, breaking into a, no. a former president's residence versus Joe Biden has at least are, two locations said, right now. But hold on. Just, there are at least two locations. Why okay. don't they raid the Biden home? Have they gone through the Is there any indication that the FBI has gone through the garage and rummaged through uh, Jill Biden's lingerie closet the way they did with Melania? And I, and I certainly haven't seen any staged photographs of documents on the floor of the Delaware home. So, so what? So I don't, I don't think you can say well, they're staged photos. I, I think they're staged. photos staged. as part of the staged. evidence of the investigation. No, 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 staged. No, what? It's evidence. That, it's an no, evidence no, no, photo no, 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 no. for the investigation. They laid them out. They took the classified. That's what they do. No, no, no. When they, take, they, took, they take documents and lay them out in the no, no. place where Ed, they found them Ed, so that Ed, later if it goes took, to court. They took the classified documents out of the envelopes and spread out the envelopes on the floor and snapped the picture. And within hours well, – the Eric, media had that. I think Ed has some experience to to speak uh, to speak to this because, as I recall, he has had his home searched by the FBI a, a number of years ago. So I, I think he he would know how how that. Does works. anyone disagree with my assessment of that photograph, Ed? So so, so I, I agree that it shouldn't have leaked and it shouldn't have nobody the media leak. shouldn't have seen court, we shouldn't have seen it. Court document. But, it didn't but, leak. So, this so, is what I don't quite understand is how in the first place. So so with Biden, for example, with with his situation, like his lawyers were the ones who initiated the search. Correct. So, um, right. I mean, they were tipped. So how did that even come to be? Because that seems like it came out of nowhere. Um, and with a Trump, I mean, that was the FBI. So I'm trying to understand what the difference is. Like, how did that happen? Because he's getting Biden's getting a lot of credit for, uh, especially from the media, for being for his lawyers taking the initiative with this. But I'm also trying to understand why is it that his lawyers even took that step in the first place? And I'm not sure I understand that. Well, it's because so the Biden had, uh, Republicans control the House. That's the reason why, because they no, would have found it eventually. No, no. So, so what happened is the Biden office was getting shut down. So they, during the election, they kept it open in case Biden won or lost the election, he would go back to that office. And then COVID hit, so it was kept closed. It was kept open longer. And now they finally got along around to closing it out. And when they did so, the lawyers went through the documents. They went into these safes he had there sorted through everything and that's when they discovered the classified markings and then that's kind of set off a the question okay, is why we report it now instead of before <laughs> yes yes they yeah, found I mean, them on I mean, november I mean, 2nd allegedly because yeah the so they're found november 2nd and they only announced it, it was announced after it. the election but i mean that's pretty standard for the doj not to announce investigations around election time i think it's like what is it like Three months before the election, they try not to announce. Well, hold on a second. Now, that, that's that's just not even. I mean, I, no doubt that the FBI makes some discretion on certain things. But please, we had the Hunter Biden laptop thing, and the government went all out on stopping that. We had these documents show up on November second after making a big stink about uh, Donald Trump and going into his, and that was a big planned media stink. And they can't make a big plan media stink over the documents. Listen, there there are two ways that, that people are dealt with. Uh, 
when it comes to the FBI as it relates to what goes out into the media. There yeah, are yeah, Republicans yeah. and conservatives and there are Democrats. There are, and you cannot address that by giving the standard FBI does this crap. That just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, so, well, so I, Andrew, I, uh, Andrew and uh, Andrew or Ed can answer this, actually. Is it fair to believe, based on all of the lies that have sort of been or let's say um, lack of transparency that'll come out that's come out of uh, the White House recently? Is it is it does it seem likely that? the attorneys were actually the ones to find the documents and willingly turned them over unless they got pressure from somewhere else? I, I, I'm not sure I understand the question. I think it's fair to say the attorneys found the documents because they were the ones who were closing out, closing out the office. And uh, they were the ones who were going through uh, the storage areas in, uh, in the president's Wilmington uh, house and and his Rehoboth house, although they didn't find anything at the Rehoboth house. And uh, as for some of my colleagues, were were making a bit of a a big deal about uh, what happened uh, this week uh, and the the disclosure of that additional document uh, found in the former president's house. And I have a statement from his lawyer in front of me right now, and uh, what it basically says is that the the lawyers were going through because after they found this stuff at the office well there were boxes i'm guessing they they realized oh some boxes got shipped to his house we need to look through those boxes to see if there's anything that needs to be returned and they looked and they found stuff now they found one page uh, the other day and they stopped because his private attorneys, even though one is a former White House counsel, why, do why not have that, active security. Why that? Why not use the same judgment? Why not use the same degree of urgency that they did with Trump? Uh, you, you asked for the documents back. Trump gave some of them back. They believe there were more documents. Instead of in, in Trump, they didn't turn them over. At that point, the FBI decides to raid Mar-a-Lago. So here's my question. Okay, so in well, November, well, let me finish. So in November, they find documents at the Penn Biden Penn Center. Okay, they say are there more. No, why doesn't the FBI then institute their own investigation? Why do we have to wait for Biden's lawyers, Biden's lawyers to decide, oh, let's go look at the Delaware House. Oh, we found some. And guess what? I found it. I'm, I'm, ge- I'm guessing they well, did. I'm I, guessing have the line, did I have a timeline here, Eric. And on, um, on November 9th, uh, the Justice Department uh, launched uh, what is what the lawyers describe as an assessment to understand whether documents were mishandled. On the 10th, uh, they informed the president's lawyers. These are his personal attorneys, not uh, the White House counsel. Uh, and then on November 14th, uh, the attorney general assigned uh, U.S. Attorney Lausch from Illinois. Uh, on December 20th, they found them on November inspe- 2nd, Andrew. You know what happened between November no, 2nd those the, and those November 9th? Those- you know what happened between those, those two are days? The do- uh, Ian will tell you, you know, what happened between November 2nd when they found the documents and November 9th when they decided to, to ask for or, or, or push the Biden administration, Biden. Well, I know, yeah. I know what, I know what happened on November 9th, Eric, but I, I'm, I'm not talking about the documents found at the office. I'm talking about what was found at, at his house. Now you're asking uh, why, what you're, what you're asking is why wasn't there, um, 
a huge media circus around it. Well, for the same reason, they're not huge media circuses around a lot of things, uh, because the Justice Department doesn't talk about ongoing investigations. I'll give you a great example. During the 2016 election, we didn't find out about the investigation into the uh, allegations that the Trump campaign had ties with, with Russia until after the election. It didn't leak. So, yeah. I mean, it's not things usually don't uh, go out from DOJ in the form of a press release or a big press conference. And you know this. I do know that, that there's, there's, there, there are similarities between the two situations. Documents were found. Documents were delivered. There was a belief that there may be more documents. At some point, the FBI gets involved. The media gets involved on the, on, on the, in the case of Trump, it becomes a media circus and, and, and it, you know, the, the left goes apoplectic. This man should, he's, he's risking the democracy. He should never be able to run for office again. Biden happens the same thing. He's got documents. There may be more. There are more. The FBI doesn't get involved. Mum's a word. Their attorneys are looking. There's fucking open documents in the garage. Hunter Biden lives in the house. He's compromised likely with who knows what going on. We know his his issues, but that doesn't seem to, to raise the, to the level of FBI rating to make sure the documents aren't, aren't being hidden or or destroyed. But with Trump, yeah, but but Eric, right. look at the timeline. Look at the timeline with Trump. He had so much time before he actually turned any documents. I think it was six months before his lawyers even turned anything over, or even said that they had anything. And then after that, the National Archives knew he had more documents. They got a grand jury subpoena, subpoenaed him, went there. His team said, okay, you can search his basement. Their lawyer signs the certification saying there's no more documents here. We've checked. They go back and forth for more for several more months. And then the search warrant is issued because the National Archives says we're still missing these documents and we believe he has them. They have evidence that documents were being moved in Mar-a-Lago. We don't know what other evidence they have. Maybe somebody that works at Mar-a-Lago specifically said they saw the documents. We don't know what the evidence is. And that's what set off the search warrant. With Biden, he discovered these documents in November. He tells the DOJ and the DOJ starts investigating most likely they asked Biden to search other places and turn over any other documents they have. They're doing so. The National Archives never said they're missing documents in Biden's case, as far as I know. I think that probably would have happened back in 2017 or at least 2018 if that happened. So it, it wasn't the way the government saying we were missing documents and we need them. It was Biden saying, I have these documents. Probably the government probably already has copies of them. Uh, we don't maybe they were you know, travel briefings for all we know. We don't know what the classified documents were. We do know there was allegedly a top secret document. Uh, Trump had multiple top secret documents. He also had an SCI document, which is compartmented documents, which are highly classified, the highest classification possible. So we don't, we don't know the differences. So I think, so I agree with you. I'm not saying Trump was right by any means. I think it was, I think Trump was wrong. For, for the way he handled the documents. But think about this again. Let me, uh, we can argue back and forth whether there's bias or not. I will note that the archivist, the National Archivist, was a, a, a Biden appointee. Um, the, and she replaced the, the former archivist, which was an Obama appointee. Forget that for just one second. Are we not? Is no one concerned that the people looking for these documents aren't classified, that they don't have the clearance to, to be even touching these documents, let alone reading them and, 
and 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 who knows what. Uh, it's also well, worth pointing actually, out. Eric, I think it's also worth pointing that's out. That's why sorry, it's also worth pointing well, out that, that um, Trump was president when he took the documents, which would be his right correct. to do so. Whereas Biden's a vice president, he does not have the authority to uh, declassify these documents. He should be ordered. But does he? Trump has been yeah. claiming that he declassified the files before taking them with him. So that has been right. one of his. So, so kind of lead, it is. is uh, yeah. So it leads to my next question and. and I want to ask this to Alex and Eric, and then Harry, I know you've been trying to speak for a while. So my next question is, how common is this? We discussed it in a previous space. We had a speaker say, Mario, this is not that uncommon, um, and it's being blown out of proportion for both Trump and Biden. Would you, would you guys agree with the statement, or why do you think this is, this is concerning? And that's both for Biden and Trump. Uh, Eric I, and Alex. I, I will say I think it is blown out of proportion. As I started my whole little rant here, I don't mean the filibuster, but – the, I, I think it's overblown. I think a lot of there are a lot of uh, people who have who are who maybe even not knowingly unwittingly are sitting on classified documents. Well, Baba has turn, them. Like turn, he actually turn, has them turn, in his uh, in his national, you know, not national. Turn, turn them in, and give them back. Right. And, my, and my point has simply been, I just didn't understand. First of all, the media, I understand what their motivations are, but I just I don't understand why the FBI. Um, is treating these two cases so severely differently. That was that's that's what. Yeah, and, and that that does. That, uh, actually, I will, I'll let Alex respond to that first. Yeah. I have well, well, I just want to make yeah. point. I know- and by the be, before you respond, Alex, what I'm just going to say to everyone is like I, I might mute your mic because there might be a bit of feedback from your end when you're not speaking. Just for all the panelists, because I know we kicked the we kicked off the room pretty quickly. And for the audience, just a reminder: we're going through all the questions you have for the panelists related to the classified files, but more of a it's probably going to uh, evolve into a wider discussion about both Biden and Trump and both presidencies, how they were treated, etc. So make sure you put your questions in the bottom right corner in that purple uh, purple icon. Um, and for the panelists, uh, feel free to jump in or put your hand up at any time. I see Philip uh, is on the panel. I'll introduce Philip Klein shortly. Uh, Jim will do the introduction. Uh, but yeah, Alex, I'll let you continue the discussion Well, I just about the particular point. Like, If you agree with Eric, do you think it is blown out of proportion or do you think it is concerning? And if so, why? Well, obviously, guys, it's 100% blown out of proportion because really at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they give us these documents and they do the Mar-a-Lago bit. But what's happening with Joe Biden is they're doing the humiliation ritual. They do not want him to run in 2024. And I think he's so senile that he wants to run. So they have to create some sort of chaos or some sort of reason to make it where he's ineligible to run. So if they make him ineligible through these who's they who who's the they deep state or the department of justice you know the weaponization of the cia or fbi I see harry down you know down like dude harry let me just tell you something uh joe biden's son literally smokes crack and sells out american secrets to Burisma to China, and this is the president's son. So for you to defend that, that just shows that you're un-American. I mean, this is the fact that nobody's even looking into that. Just imagine if Donald Trump Jr. was there's pictures of him smoking crack or doing fentanyl, how big of a story that would be. So that just shows you the media bias, plain and simple there. But we know about the media bias. I think that this is going to be a humiliation ritual. But I got to say one thing. I really don't appreciate it, Eric. I really think you should apologize to my biological father, Tucker Carlson, you calling him un-American. I don't appreciate that. Uh, being his son, I don't think that's okay. I think that the war in Ukraine 
is a way. <laughs> it's bad. So I, I, well, you're both on American like Jump in. Harry, feel free to Harry, – Harry, I'll let you respond to Alex because I see your hand up. You can jump in as well if you want, Harry. Yeah, just unmute. What, what I think is actually un-American is making allegations against Hunter Biden um, that have not been proven in court. There's no investigation into these things because there's just not evidence. Uh, the guy smoked it. crack on video. And Dude, it's not he had a porn account. Guys, hang, guys. hang on one like, second. This is not something that is debatable. It is the most American thing you, you can mind. do is to smoke crack. Prove me wrong. You know, you can't say, oh, it hasn't been tried in a court of law. It's like, look, we've got brains. We've got eyes. We can see what he's done. And, and, and I did. He said that, you know, if, the, the crack smoking got mind. so bad that he would sift through his carpet to look for a crack. That's how yeah, bad you, it was. Jump in, Harry. If you don't, if you Go don't ahead, mind, Harry. if you don't mind. So I also don't think it's like uh, funny or or like entertaining to make someone make fun of someone who had an addiction. Like, like that's a pretty serious thing. And like, clearly, oh, Hunter Biden went. Wait, wait. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, if I, I just don't think I, I personally don't think that's something to do. I, I don't I don't go after anybody for their addiction reasons, whether it's Hunter Biden, whether it's Donald Trump Jr. Like, what about if they sell out American secrets? You don't think that's a big deal? Do, do you have any evidence? Do you have like any like actual? I, I like, have all evidence the evidence there? in the world to the fact that the FBI covered no. up that laptop. Cool, cool. That's all I need to know. The cover up is Alex. Then crime. you you should yeah. So Alex, that's all the yeah. evidence I need to know. Do you think the FBI suppressed information, Harry, about the laptop? Alex, they, Alex, if you, about... Alex, if you, yes, you know, Harry, answer this question. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Alex, did they? Just, just, did, just okay. If you don't mind. I, I'll answer if your you question. You answer my question. No, no, no I, I'm not. I'm not really asking you a question. <laughs> well, I'm saying, did <laughs> the FBI suppress information about Alex, the FBI laptop? Alex, if you don't, even Alex, if, if you the FBI suppresses information, doesn't Alex, mean that he sold wait, secrets. First of all, let's not get off the topic of the conversation. Like we're going down like, a little bit of a rabbit hole here. Um, yeah, because yeah you but like anyway, so that was just my point about because you're trying to defend Hunter Biden when you have video evidence of him smoking crack, and the FBI said and Twitter that we suppress this information not to affect an election. So you know this, but you're still carrying the water for these people, for these these crooked people. You still trust the FBI, even though you know they admitted this. This is not. We don't even need a court of law that they withheld information during an election. <laughs> And here's so, the thing, so okay? This is something Caroline pointed out to me, right? This is something Caroline pointed out to me. She made a really good point. Had a drug problem before the election. I it's mean, like, come it's on. Like, you like, you, you have to have allegations in order for something to go to court. It starts with allegations. It's not just going to go to court and then there's allegations. Of course, there's allegations. If somebody commits a crime, there's allegations that he committed a crime, and then it goes to court. We're talking about the allegations here, so you can't just say, "Oh, it's just you know, it's just allegations." You can't talk about it. It's like, that's that's silly. yeah. But uh, but Ian, I can make allegations that there are flying unicorns around my room, right? And there's just no evidence. No, that's absurd. Like, you know, that's, that's, the same, that's the same way with like that's the same way with like saying that Hunter Biden sold out national that national is secrets. Right? Allegations. Wait, that wait. He did Ian, all these things. Do, Harry, do you not think, do you honestly... There's no allegations of that. Yeah, Wait, there's no there's allegations. There's no allegations he sold out American secrets. There's people just... You're kidding. Like, you, you're telling me... Hey, conspiracy Wait, that's a conspiracy theory that he made millions of dollars? All right, so Alex, he Alex... Made, Alex he didn't make money without selling... So let's go, let's go. So Alex, what are the, can you go through those allegations just to get Harry to add to What I'm saying is, you guys, you guys liberal lunatics, we have Joe Biden... No, no, I mean that with all due respect. We have Joe Biden saying no that he did a quid pro quo to literally get basically get Zelensky in there today. Now we're fighting a 
never ending war that has nothing to do with American citizens, that has nothing to do with our sovereignty. So let me just tell you something. There are people like Joe Biden that do illegal business dealings and he has to use his son as a proxy. Now, you might not. Believe- you have zero evidence. I of do that, have Alex, evidence. So you can't just say. No, you can't. You have evidence. So that's evidence. Right. It's all there. Like, the guy gets paid $83,000 a month from Burisma for his expertise in energy. It's like, excuse me, what? Just type in- and he's never done a damn thing so, in gas or energy. Exactly. So, 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 but it, is it okay? Is it okay that Jared Kushner gets a $1.4 billion lease from Qatar? As a no, I don't think that's okay. I think that's bad. I think Jared But that's a sad set. I'd like, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah. So. Yeah, if, 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 if Kushner did this, I wouldn't say it, yeah. it doesn't mean Hunt, it's okay for Hunter to do it. So let's, let's go back to the Hunter one. Andrew, I'll let you respond because I know you tried to unmute a few times. Well, uh, just to, uh, talk about, um, Hunter's, uh, board seat, uh, with Burisma, very few of the board members, I think maybe one on the board of ExxonMobil, uh, has specific uh, energy experience. The reason he got onto the board of Burisma was because he worked at the law firm that represented Burisma on uh, corporate governance stuff in uh, in the U.S. and internationally, and that's how they got linked up in the first place. So what, what, what do you think? Oh, so it has nothing to do with his dad being the vice president. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. How dumb are you to honestly think that Hunter Biden got that on Other people writing all these lawsuits, and he just be signing it. Hey, guys. So, guys, 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 let's just be clear. There's too much yet. It's hard for the audience. I'll give the mic to Eric. I'll give you the mic, Eric. Ian, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. While there's allegations or not allegations, whether there's proof on the laptop or not, we... You know, you judge for yourself, but let's talk about a pattern. So with no energy experience whatsoever at all, he's he's put on the board. He's not a consultant. He's put on the board of Burisma. That's not just because he, they, because uh, it, there had to be more than, than, than just he, he knows. He's, he's terrible. He had nothing, nothing to offer. But, but think about this. The Chinese government gave that same man a billion and a half dollars. The communist Chinese government gave him a billion and a half dollars to trade, to invest with no investment experience either. So there's a pattern of him falling into a lot of money from a lot of hostile, could be hostile players, actors with no experience in, in the field that he's being paid handsomely for. So you, you're going to have to well, come he, with He didn't get paid $1.5 billion. I didn't say that. Invest I didn't that say that. But what do you do? do I come from the investment world. The, the, you know what a hedge fund makes? They'll, they can make two, three, four percent of the total plus 20 percent of the profit. Okay, so you want to do the math. He made millions upon millions of dollars as an investment advisor to the Chinese government. And this is a guy with no investment experience whatsoever either. So you can bury your head in the sand and say it had nothing to do with the big guy, his father. But that's that's asinine. That's foolish. But, but yeah, but, so, but what was that about? The whole ten percent for the big guy thing. How was that justified in those emails? That author, author, that the author, the author of that place. email said so, he literally the person who wrote that email said that it wasn't referencing Joe Biden. The per, the author of the email said, Nope, that, that big guy you're referencing, yeah, that's not Joe Biden. Tony Bobulansky said that it was referencing the big guy as in uh, referencing Joe Biden. So but the, the deal never took yeah, place. The author's so, a little like, bit more credible though, no? But Keith, I'll let so you the, jump in. Keith, you want to jump in before Ed speaks? Because I know you I tried to unmute a few times for some of the panel. Uh, Tony was literally a partner in Hunter Biden's firm. 
Yeah, the author has the context. Yeah, thanks, Mario. No, like the author is literally writing about a situation, and if he's talking about ten. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead, Keith. Go ahead, Keith. This is my first time on the space, so I'm a little bit uh, yeah, oh, good, not oh, good, up to oh, speed good. on the on the flow. Um, here, here's a, a different order thought. It could be that the the deep state is they're flexing their muscles on uh, how they can use classified materials. And, and before, before a, Keith, yes, before you continue, when you say deep state, because each person has a different definition, yeah. how would you define it? It's the permanent uh, bureaucracy in Washington. Right. And of course they're going to support the, the team that, uh, you know, feathers their nest, right. The, the team that wants to cut government is not going to be the one that they support. So that's, that's pretty basic human nature. But having a, having so many classified materials, I think there's a billion classified documents. Um, they've probably been doing this in the past, but now they have two former presidents. They both had access, or a vice president. They both had access to classified materials. And now they're, it could be, right? This is just me speculating, but it could be that they are using that sort of as a mechanism, mechanism of control to uh, influence their future actions and prospects you know, prospects of running for office again. Just a thought. So, so Philip, as the, uh, as the former attorney general of, uh, of Kansas, hey, you hey, do have some I, legal experience. Let me, let me do a quick introduction here. So Phil Klein is the former oh, sure. attorney general of Kansas, a, a very good friend of mine for a lot of years. He's been, a, was a prosecutor for a decent amount of time. He is a, uh, teaches at the uh, Liberty, Uni- Liberty University Law School. He does other things, most particularly uh, dealing with um, uh, election issues and other matters. Uh, just That's just a quick introduction. But Phil's got a brilliant legal mind and I think can bring some real perspective on it. Go ahead, Phil. And hit Mike is off, hit the, the mute thing on the bottom left there to unmute yourself where it says Mike is off. Philip, you got to unmute the mic, bottom left corner. And while, while Philip is doing, oh, he just dropped out. Uh, be, be, I've got I've got a next question, but it'll be a good time now since Philip dropped out. So I'm gonna pin above the newsletter. Um, so that's for anyone that's late or doesn't have time to listen to the entire space. So we summarize it in the newsletter. I've just pinned it above and I've retweeted it on my account. And we're just gonna launch that in about a week to summarize all the all the spaces. The, the next question, like listening to this and having you know, researched it significantly in the last few weeks because it keeps coming up. The Hunter Biden laptop story, which was part of the Twitter files drop, and, and now the classified documents. It, like, would anyone be surprised, and jump in, would anyone be surprised if there's corruption within the family or, or, or the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the circle around each president of the U.S. for the last few decades, if not since day one? Like, there's always going to be smoke for every president. I don't think we can, we can, we can stand up and say any of the presidents, you know, has, has a clean record. Like, and that goes like, Ed, you're unmuting. Like, would you say yeah. there's, would you, would you claim there's no corruption whatsoever since you're on the Biden side within so, so Biden's what, what, cabinet? What I would say is like, I don't like the idea that the children of presidents can get contracts overseas because it's obvious that every foreign nation is going to want to buy influence and hiring somebody who is related to a president to work for your country it's it's clear that you're hoping to get some kind of influence, whether the person taking the job or not. If that's their goal, we don't know. Most likely they're not taking the job. Oh, I'm going to give influence. They're taking the job because they're getting a lot of money. But at the same time, these nations are hoping for influence, whether it's, you know, 
Hunter Biden, whether it's Jared Kushner, whether it's Ivanka Trump, whether it's any of the Bushes or whoever gets the job overseas, there's that potential for influence. So, you know, you know, I, I, I think they need to do something to prevent this from happening. But, you know, where do you draw that line? Do you say it's at direct children? Is it at grandchildren? Is it at cousins? Is it at brothers? Is it at brother-in-laws? You know, like, I don't know how you solve that problem, but I, I think it, it gives the appearance that there could be something going on. Eric, I've got a question for you, uh, you and Alex. Um, what would you say is the, the biggest reason um, you think Biden shouldn't be president in 2025? Because it's definitely not the classified documents. Uh, no, 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 just, like, no, for no. me, that's just such a small no, issue. No, no, no. no I, 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 I don't know who said it earlier, but... Is Eric dropping out or is it me? Uh, it seems like Eric's cutting no. out. Uh, cool. Alex, do you want to answer that question? Uh, Eric, yeah, you're back? back? I'm back. I, I'm saying uh, cool. someone Go ahead, had yeah. said something. I'm not sure I agree with it. Uh, I agree with it, but I'm not sure if I agree with the reasoning as to why. I believe that this isn't any mistake that these documents um, are are coming to light, coming to fruition now prior to Biden announcing for the run for 2024. I think it's... I think it's the Democrat operatives, the high profile Democrat, big donors, important people are likely saying, hey, it's not your turn. You're, you're, you're done. 2024 is going to be someone else. So you, you, you think you think that, the, the, you know, Alex called them the deep state or the Democratic yeah. Party. They just don't want Biden to well, be president in 2025. Like he's losing. I think the deep state is actually a, is as evidenced by the 51 former um, FBI officials and other officials who wrote the letter saying that. Uh, the, the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation when it wasn't. My point is, I think it's more the Democrats. I think it's more high profile, you know, the money behind the Democrat Party saying he's not going to be our guy for 2024. Uh, Harry, Harry, you've got you've got uh, Biden on your banner, on your profile. So do you agree with with Eric? And, you know, as many people making that argument that even the Democratic Party don't want Biden to run for 2025. Do you agree with such a statement? Uh, no, not at all. And I, I think that um, the idea that this is like the Democratic Party trying to get Biden out of the way is absurd because, uh, you know, everything that Biden has accomplished in terms of major policy is, is really, really uh, popular. And I think there's a lot of things that even Republicans in here can agree with. I mean, restart like just on a basic level, restarting the cancer moonshot program, which looks to reduce cancer deaths by 50 percent by 2050 by investing in therapies, research, things like, like that. No even, like I think, no wait, wait, hold up, hold up. If, if you don't mind. You're don't trying mind. to say that he's if you don't, wait, wait, oh man. Give me a man. break. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Like, I'm talking about like an individual level, level. There's plenty of things that both sides can agree with that President Biden has done. And uh, yeah, the American people via polling, via polling, they also agree with what Biden has done. And the midterms no. in a year, in a year when That's Democrats silly. should have gotten clobbered, clobbered. We should have gotten Harry. If you're gonna, the, if you're gonna Democrats say that, if you're gonna well say that, I need not you to only, cite something. Not only did we, we only lost the House by a very small margin, and not only that, but we also expanded our Senate majority the first time since FDR. And results matter. Um, and I think that the evidence shows that. Um, Biden would be a great candidate again, again in 2024, especially against Donald Trump. He beat him once. He can do it again. He beat him like a drum. So that's my Dude, view, Mario. Biden is a thousand years old. He's not qualified to be the president today. Anybody that doesn't understand that he has some sort of mental decline and cognitive, uh, you know, impair. And he's obviously cognitive. That is extremely ageist of you, Alex. Hey, hey, we, we yeah, all I don't care. I've met 
too, but, but we record, know Joe. I, no, listen. I just want to make this point. Oh, Alex, Alex, go ahead. Anybody yeah, Alex, with half a brain yeah. knows that Joe Biden's not calling the shots. They know that there's somebody behind him, the DNC, or whether it's you know freaking Barack Obama. Joe Biden doesn't even pick out his tie. He doesn't make any decisions. He is a shadow puppet president. And the fact that you can actually stand behind him just shows you that you have no integrity whatsoever because he is a crook. He sold us out. And then on top of that, we need to bring up Tara Reid. She's, she's been messaging me. She was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. So listen, the guy lied about his college. He lied that he marched in the civil rights. They're going to make sure that he doesn't run in 2024. But for all the clowns in the chat that actually support this person, you're going to have to do a lot of soul searching when you realize when the truth comes out about how evil this guy was and how bad Joe Biden was and how he said the N-word on tape, how he's done some of the most repugnant business dealings possible. All this will come to light. And then what's going to happen is you're going to say, just like with all the myocarditis and the young kids, you're going to say, oh, well, I was looking at different stats and I made the decision on this. And I didn't know he was so bad. When all the evidence is there, you know that he is doing illegal business dealings with his son protecting him. I, I just don't know how anybody on the left can can argue that when we have him caught even in. 2016, Hunter Biden was caught before the election, was caught with a rental car with crack cocaine in it, and the FBI decided not to charge him. You can look this up. This is all, you know, public information. But really, for anybody here, I think, you know, Mario would be good and beneficial if we could bring Tara up because she was actually, uh, you know, she's one of the top listeners. She was actually a victim of Joe Biden personally. So you can hear it from the horse's mouth. Not, not trying to call you a horse, Tara. Yeah, we're, we're working on that, but it might be a few minutes. Yeah, for the record, I mean, and, look, I, I've met President Biden myself. I had the honor of being invited to the White House. And this idea that there's any, any, any cognitive decline is absurd and it's ridiculous. And if, if I just have the moment to finish here, uh, anybody who has relatives who have actually experienced cognitive decline, right, whatever, whatever, whatever disease it may be, can see the difference. And to say that Biden has any of those symptoms when I can assure you that I don't think anybody in here is a doctor, in, especially a specialist in this field. I have spoken to doctors who do believe absurd. that he exists. Yeah, and, and you know what? You know what? Uh, doctors can't make diagnoses on people they don't evaluate, right? That's, that's just Harry, not how the medical field works. They can make intelligent yeah, assessments. I want to say this, Harry, well, it's certainly not an Harry, intelligent Harry, assessment. If none of, if, Harry, if they can make intelligent assessments if they see that a man is stuttering and he's exhibiting all these symptoms of, uh, of, of early onset dementia. They can make those assessments. Ian, what, what, what qualifications hard. do you have to make that, that uh, assessment? I'm not the one making the assessments. Like I said, I've spoken to doctors who made those assessments. To ask the uh, former uh, White House physician, he is making those assessments. You mean Ronnie Jackson, the conservative in the House same assessments were made against Donald Yeah, so so just going back to the to the to the question. I think his age look Harry maybe there's no symptoms but don't you think there's a certain age limit where like hey if you got you get to a certain age Maybe it's not the best age. I'm not saying it doesn't matter if you're a liberal or Republican. Maybe it's not the best, uh, you know, the, the best idea for you to run a country I, I mean, or be the president of a country. I mean, I could see. Right. Like, so just to respond, it's worth pointing respond out that you know, point. so doctors can't make diagnosis, <laughs> okay, but you not, can. You can you can diagnose uh, 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 Biden as being in perfect health. How? How? You're not a doctor. I'll let you, uh, Harry. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a valid point, Ian. I think none of us could talk about his. It's difficult to talk about his his his. Uh, uh, cognitive state, but Harry, just regarding the point, isn't there a certain age where a Republican or Democrat president should be like, you know, it should be a limit of like, no, no president could be a president at below a certain age, but shouldn't there be a, a ceiling as well? Um, 
so again, uh, just to Ian, uh, doctors have evaluated him, and again, I think I think we can both agree that they have more of an expert opinion than us. Than us, like the White the White House. Why doesn't White House why doctor, make the details wait, if, Okay, if I can just if I can just finish public? my point and respond to Mario. Um, yeah, the actual doctor who evaluates him, like his personal doctor who actually has uh, the authority to evaluate him, uh, concluded that he's perfectly fit to be president. Uh, and to Mario, to your point, I'm not necessarily necessarily sure I agree. So I can I can absolutely sympathize with the argument that. Um, I don't older presidents. Your point. I mean, wait, wait. Like, if look, I can just finish Trump... my point, please. So, no, I just so, want to address Mario, Mario, that one so thing. Just to your point. That, you know, so I actually, I actually do understand the argument. Of being if, senile, of, a, Ian, of Ian, being a dotard. If, he had his personal physician. So, I'll let Harry just quickly respond. And Ian, I know you're not happy with what he's saying. And then you can jump in. Yeah. So, Mario, just to restart my point. Yeah. So I can absolutely sympathize with the argument that there might that someone being, you know, maybe above the age of eighty shouldn't be president, right? I could sympathize with the point and I could see where that someone's coming from, totally. Um, but I don't necessarily agree with it. Like, in my view, President Biden and the view of his doctor is absolutely fit to be president. And I think his record shows. I mean, he's accomplished. He is one of the most accomplished modern American presidents in um in our Dude, in, in you get paid history, by right? Midas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you get paid by this administration. The inflation, people you know? are struggling right now, Harry. People are doing worse point. in America than they've ever done right now. You're uh, a little yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. weren't okay. alive during 9-11. No, Harry, let me say something. Because you were alive. It doesn't matter. Harry, it's more of the Harry, brain. So go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. It does matter. Okay, whatever. I want to make my point, Harry, that you're a little kid. You've never experienced how bad things really are. I'm an adult. I can vote. 9-11 was the worst traumatic event in American history. And I'm telling you, Americans are doing worse now, now, today, than we were doing after 9-11. So people, this country is going downhill in a handbasket. We have drugs and fentanyl overdoses at a level that have never been recorded or drug overdose deaths in the past year than we've ever had. So young kids are dying from a border that's being flooded with fentanyl, being flooded with sex trafficking. We have a bail reform that is causing crime, violent crime, in the biggest city. And what have Republicans done to fix that? Well, what has Biden done to fix it? I'm just saying, what has Biden done? Nothing. Well, I don't, I don't think anybody has done anything to fix that, right frankly. Right now. So, well, I think trying to... I don't think anybody has done anything to fix that, so that's the problem. Everyone so, fights with each other. You know, somebody tried, so you can make that point, but Biden is the president right now, and you have Harry in this channel telling us that Biden is the most accomplished president of all time. No, I did not say and that. that. He, everybody loves him, and that it's like it's such a disgrace to say that because, like, you look at what happened yeah. in Afghanistan. Well, that's not what he said. Wait, wait, okay. He said that there is policy. soldiers, soldiers lost their lives because of his fuck ups, and we're supposed to just sit here uh, and and listen to him praise Biden. What about the families of the thirteen soldiers? What about the families of all the Afghans who were left behind? But I think, I think, Ian, can't, can't we say, but can't we say this about every president? Uh, you know, exactly. the, the, you can say this about Bush, you can I'm say this about can Obama, that, you can say this about Trump. But we're talking about Biden right now. That's the issue. We're talking so, about so Biden. Harry, Biden is so the Harry, one we're talking about. But I think, I think, yeah, but Biden, Biden, when you say he's the best president, obviously it's, it's I'm not making that argument, but I'm saying when, when you say any president is the best president, it's a relative term. So you're comparing to other presidents. I'll quickly go to Tom. Tom, I know you won't be happy with the statement. Kim is definitely not happy, but you've had your hand up for a while, so you probably want to comment on another point. Yeah, well, I came in thinking we were talking about the classified information um, found in Biden's material. Uh, yeah, but know, we, we agree. But Tom, do, I have a question about that then. Do you think we had uh, we had uh, a few panelists say that the story itself is a bit overblown? And I kind of had that sentiment as well. And that's why I thought that, you know, we'll kick it off with that discussion. Oh, and oh, probably evolve oh. it's, it's Do you not, think it is overblown? And for both Trump and Biden, both, both are overblown. Well, you know, let me take a step back. 10, 12 years ago, we were asking for records that Clinton had kept. 
And these were recordations that had been made of a reporter of him being president, talking to foreign leader and members of Congress and such. And we said the Presidential Records Act applies here. Where's the archives? Why aren't they doing something? And we were pushed back in court by the archives, by the Justice Department, and by one of the most uh, liberal jurists on the bench here in D.C., Amy Berman Jackson, who ultimately, ultimately concluded that the Presidential Records Act didn't allow uh, them to second-guess uh, the decisions by Clinton to keep these records. In fact, the Justice Department went to the court and said if he has records after he leaves office, they're presumptively personal. So what happened under Trump, for when it came to Trump, they changed their position. They ignored the precedent. They ignored the Presidential Records Act. They ignored their prior position. And they started misleading, in my view, the Trump people, that he had records that they had to return he had no right to have. And uh, he did. And for that, uh, he began after that, he began negotiations with them, uh, turned back additional classified materials, even though he arguably wasn't obligated to. Uh, and uh, even if he did, he should have, in my view, said, hey, this is material that I presumed, like every other president, was mine to have. But, you know, that wasn't good enough. And they raided his home. And. Uh, so sorry, Tom. Can you elaborate when you say like like every like every other president? When you say that, what do you mean by that statement? The presumption had been prior to Trump that records the president had in his possession, out after the White House were his, including classified records. And uh, if the Justice Department, which is run by anti-Trump activists, was thinking straight, they would have known and should have known that this rule would just blow up. Uh, in terms of its applicability the, to former presidents and vice presidents. Because under the Presidential Records Act, the vice president also has this broad discretion to declare any records as personal, or if they were in his possession, the presumption had been previously that it would be his. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Biden got caught up almost immediately. And I suspect they knew he was going to get caught up almost immediately early on. Yeah, so, Tom, and, you, you uh, believe- so it's a big deal in the sense that they they changed the rules to target Trump, and the reason this is a big deal is because it was, I think, quite predictable Biden was going to get cut off. And I think other presidents and former vice or other former presidents and former vice presidents are going to get cut up in this. So that look, there was no good faith basis for the raid and the abuse of Trump, but of course those are the new rules of the Justice Department. So now Biden's caught in the same predicament. If there were only smart folks who followed uh, the prior law and precedent and practice, they would have said this is this is just uh, you know we can't let the fact that Trump has this uh, basically override our prior practice and what our understanding Tom, of the would law this, has would, been. Would this would this be a fair statement? Like you've explained Trump's situation and having the presumption that hey these are files I should be able to keep. Um, and then Biden's, uh, you know, the, the 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 argument being made that this was just an accident. If you take both arguments, do you think that this is just a, a nothing burger, and it's not that serious of a matter relative to all the other issues um, that we could discuss? Well, maybe, but that's not the way the Justice Department has been treating this. Now, if in the ordinary course Biden took these records or these were taken and they were vice presidential records and. You know, practically speaking, they're his now. It would be, in my view, the same way for Trump. But the Justice Department hasn't taken that legal position. They've changed their legal position and have decided that presidents, 
former presidents and former vice presidents are subject to prosecution over this dispute that I've described. So uh, it doesn't matter if it's innocent or not. It now needs to be investigated. And the other issue with Biden, I think, that complicates it is that I'm not convinced the story we're hearing holds up under scrutiny. I mean, with with Trump, it was relatively straightforward that the records were presidential records or, you know, records in the White House at one point, and they moved to Mar-a-Lago. And, you know, that was generally the large, uh, you know, that was the large uh, group of records that were at issue. Here you had records that ended up in three different places we know about thus far. The classified records were distributed among three different places, uh, which, you know, suggests that the records were under use, were used. And, you know, maybe they weren't from the vice president's office, meaning the president, you know, this was material that the vice president's office had packed and sent along. Maybe given our experience that others were involved and uh, were either taking these records or using them for other purposes. And by others, uh, you can't ignore the elephant in the room, Hunter Biden, who uh, was uh, the evidence strongly shows was using his father's office with his father's approval and and encouragement and participation uh, to lie in his own pockets. Uh, Ed, you know, Ed O'Brien, Harry, uh, uh, Nick, go ahead. No, 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 it's okay. I was going to defer to Ed anyway. Yeah, yeah, Ed O'Hara, go yeah, ahead. Like, like I, I mean, I, I think it depends on what the documents are. If they're just, you know, simple classified documents, maybe travel well, what, what, what do we, yeah, so what do we know about the documents? No, we it, don't it know doesn't much about... depend. It doesn't depend on what the documents well, are. Well, what, what if they're top secret <laughs> SCI documents? I mean, there, there's no, there's no, the, say, say there you don't have a legal out because the documents aren't that classified. Then that's yeah, no, not a distinction well, with the, wait, within the law. But, but, but let's be clear here. There's like, wait, there's like wait, no you're referring there's no to what? But you're saying Biden or Trump? Like there's no, there's no either way. Doing against uh, being accused against Biden. And if you actually like, read the statutes surrounding classified documents, like there's just no evidence as it stands that Biden committed any crimes. But wait a minute. What wait a minute. That, what is that? Let, let's, who's saying I'm, that? That's me. I, I'll, I'll, happily, yeah, I'll I, happily respond to this. Ian, or, or sorry, Nick. You, I think you were talking. Go ahead. Well, well, sure. I just, I just want to make a distinction here, and this is part of the argument. And and Tom did bring it up, and I think we had a little bit of a conversation about this last time. Is Trump does have the ability, it doesn't have to be in writing or anything like that, as president of the United States, to unilaterally declassify whatever he wants to, as long as he says the words. But does Joe Biden, as vice president of the United States, have that same ability? I think that is Okay, I'm muted as well. So, Tom, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you respond quickly, Tom. Then I do want to go to Phil and, and Carla. Just get for a, a, you know a bit of you know more details on the technicalities on um, on the, the the regulations and and repercussions well, the, if they take uh, classified documents home. Mario, ahead, the classified. Let, let, this is the nature of the classified issue here. The president is commander in chief. He has inherent authority that really can't be challenged by anyone else to classify or declassify material. Now, other people in the administration, by view of executive order and, and theory by statute that kind of help him in that regard, get derivative classification authority from that, right? So the vice president, for instance, his declassification or classification authority, which is much more limited, flows from the presidency. But then there's a statutory issue. There's a law that was passed, the Presidential Records Act. That gives the president, according to the court interpretation and prior archives 
and Justice Department interpretation, virtually unbridled authority to designate as presidential or personal records. And presidential records necessarily include classified records. And the vice president has the same exact authority under the statute. Therefore, he's got that unbridled authority as well. So he may be limited in other circumstances in terms of classification and uh, not classification. But in handling of, quote, presidential records, he can't be second-guessed. And if that happened here, then he should get a, a get-out-of-jail-free card, just as Trump should. But that's not the position the Justice Department has taken. And it's unfortunate. And I, and if I were lawyers or if I were f- a former president or vice president, I'd be worried everyone's going to come after me, too, because you can bet they either have classified records or presidential records that they can claw back under law or they could be prosecuted because they were alleged to have done it the wrong way. I mean, I, I just wish there were some adults who had been running the Justice Department rather than the anti-Trump fanatics who th- who thought, well, well, we'll just see what we can get away with. And the, who cares what the, the circumstances, comments, what the I'll, I'll give you, are. I'll tell you this, Tom, the comments, I'm going through the comments. And by the way, audience members, if you have questions, again, bottom right corner, you can ask questions for the panelists. But the comments seem to agree with you, Tom. Um, I'll, I'll, Harry's been waiting for a while. Harry, Ed, go ahead, guys. And then I want to actually, after you, Harry and Ed, if, if to Kim, you're still uh, awake, uh, if you haven't gone to sleep yet, I want to ask you that same question, like how serious of a matter is this? Yeah, I literally just dozed off and heard my name, and now I'm away. <laughs> <laughs> so, so still, we're still talking about the classified files. Harry, Ed, I'll give you the mic yes. in a bit, but uh, you know, Tom made a good argument on on why this should be taken seriously. Would love your thoughts on it as well. Yeah. So, just um, the thing here is that I think Tom mentioned the Presidential Records Act, um, and I don't actually and, and like making it a prosecutable a pros- an offense that can be prosecuted now, basically. Um, I, that's not even what the the Department of Justice and the FBI is accusing Donald Trump of. I mean, if you look at the search warrant, they're accusing him of 18 U.S. Code 2071, uh, 18 U.S. Code 1519, and 18 U.S. Code 793, which is not necessarily having to do with the uh, Presidential Records Act. Um, and also none of these, and just to like clarify an earlier point I made, like none of these uh, allegations are made. I mean, Harry, what, what are you talking about? What, 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 what statutes are you referencing? Uh, I can read it. I, can, I mean, you, yeah, sure. So 18 you're, you're, code. Th- you're referencing conspiracy, you're, you're referencing the mishandling classified information no. and obstruction. No, I'm, I'm, so I'm right. So I'm, I'm referencing doesn't mention classified. It's just national defense information. Yeah. I'm referencing right, uh, national US. defense information. So, you know, but, but that, that whole search warrant falls apart under my analysis is that the records are presumptively personal so there's no No. basis to suggest even if the records are more classified that there's national defense information at issue here they're just they just change the rules and once you change the rules what you hear in terms of justifying a search warrant on trump would justify search warrants on every former president and vice president, given the fact they were following the rules of good faith. Yeah, yeah but, but but Tom, are you saying if Trump literally took a document that had spies' names and addresses on it that and didn't tell anyone and nobody knew that he took it, that would be okay? When so, he took it, so here's so, the so, thing. Okay, so, 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 so if he designated the record document. as personal under the law, it's declassified. Let me finish the question. Let me finish the question, Tom. So, so let's let's say I would like to get her on if that's okay with you, Mario. I've already brought her up. In the meantime, Ed, I'll let you respond, and then we'll give the mic to Tara. I just want to ask Tom a question. So, are you saying that let's say Trump? Hi there. Can you hear me? Because I can't hear you. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll fix uh, it now. Is that you? Okay. Is that Tara so, speaking? So, so say that yeah. Trump yeah, yeah, walked out of the White House with a document that contained spy, U.S. spies' names, addresses, information, and he nobody in the government knew he had this. Would that be okay? I mean, I don't even know what that means. I mean, he can handle classified records as he sees fit. He can yeah, unclassify no, them. Say he went home. And he could. He could call he you documents. up and. Ed, the President Biden could call you up and lead you and read you the list of every double agent we have planted across the world. And there's nothing nobody there's not anything anybody could do about it under the law. So if you don't want the president to have that ability, you have to change the Constitution. That's right, because, listen, it's a it's presumptive that the president never handles mishandles uh, classified information. Now, he might be stupid about it. He or she might be stupid about it. But under no circumstance ever while a, does a sitting president ever mishandle classified documents. The only reason that are all classified documents that he wants at any time or wants to do anything with, he can. That is the executive yeah. authority yeah, yeah, so, that but, lay but within Jim, the president. What I'm saying is now that States. Trump's no longer president, can he have these documents with spy names on them sitting yes, in Mar-a-Lago? Yes, because he can declassify them at any time while he is sitting in yeah, office. Yeah, but wouldn't – And he doesn't, and he that, doesn't have to – hold on, Ed, 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 Wouldn't the national defense team need to know that these are declassified? No, Ed, 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 Ed. No, he does not have to consult the, the uh, anybody within his administration about Correct. what he wants to do. So that, that's, that's not what multiple defense defense experts have said. But that's that, what the I mean, constant. Listen, Ed, it's what the Constitution says. Can declassify con- anything he wants when he is the president. He can do that, and that's exactly what yes, he but did. Somebody, it doesn't but matter if he's not the president. You know they're no, Ed, 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 doesn't get killed. I'm, oh, hold on, Ed. We got to lay a marker here. The president. No, I disagree with you, Jim. From what Ed, I read, Ed, let me make my point. Ed, so, so, let so go me, ahead, Ed. Jim. Listen, the the reality is that everyone who works in the administrative administration is subject to the president. The president is not subject to anyone in the administration. So he doesn't have to consult anybody. I mean, he would consult them to say, what do you think about this? What would be the effect of this or whatever? He could consult them in that way. But he requires no accountability to anyone in the administration. They are all accountable to him because the Constitution says that the president is given executive authority, period. No one no, else I, has I understand authority. that, but okay, let me, the, let me funny, the funny thing example, is, Ed, yeah. we, let me give you guys we an had, example. And hold one second. Uh, You know, Judicial Watch had made your argument, right? We thought, well, these records are presumptively presidential. It can't be. He can just walk out with them. And they came back and they told us, no, we lost. That's why I'm sensitive about this case, because I've made the argument you're making. I've made the argument the Justice Department and the archives are now making, I think, in bad faith. Judicial Watch has or lawyers have. And the court and Justice Department and archives told us no. In fact, the court said, how are you going to enforce this? We're going to start raiding his home? It's absurd what they're doing, and it was all yeah, to absolutely. get Trump. I we we <laughs> took the position you're taking. So and it was so essentially, Tom, 10, Tom and so so essentially, you guys. So, so Tom and Ed. So then you guys agree, Ed and Tom. You agree that this is how it should be, but this is not the way it is. Ed, is that a fair statement? The, the well, law I, is I mean, what it, it is. It's very concerning to me that Trump could have documents. So, Trump took this document. Home. Let's, let's, let's remove. Let's remove. Let's remove Trump. Let's just put president. Any president. A, a, pre- a president takes okay. a document home that has spy names on it. 
an aid that yes, worked for him. But it also had access to Also had It doesn't matter who it pisses off. Hold on. Set him Trump took the document home. Hang on, hang on, Jim. Let Ed finish. Let Ed... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, finish your statement, Ed. Now I want to go to Tara. Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Ed. So, finish your statement. Yeah, like, is everybody not hearing me? Because I keep getting. No, we can eat. <laughs> no, bro. I think everyone okay. just doesn't agree. Okay, so, go ahead. So let's say a president takes home a document that has the names of U.S. spies on it, and somebody else that works in administration who doesn't have declassification power also has that document at home, and starts sharing it with people. Is that other employee? of the government responsible for getting spies killed since Trump or since another president took that document home and automatically declassified it without telling anyone. Tom, do you want to reply to that one? Well, Legally, that's, that's so, Tom, no, maybe you can, that, you, Tom, 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 before you reply, uh, can you reply to it on both, uh, both viewpoints? Legally and what you think the way it should be. Well, as, con- as commander in chief, it's it, the classification arises from his position as commander in chief. So, as president, in order to change that rule, you'd have to change the Constitution. And uh, because classified information essentially is about military secrets or secrets related to foreign policy. So unless you want to have others involved making foreign policy, which is what the founders didn't want, they wanted the executive the chief executive to do so, you'd have to really radically change the Constitution. And, and, and the uh, but, you know, we, we've made this argument about the control of records before. And we lost. And they said to kind of undo it kind of gets at the heart of the core presidential powers. It's just, that's how I'm interpreting it. And this is why you need to be sure that when you elect someone president, he's someone who's trustworthy. And the check on that abuse is impeachment. And, and by the way, we have to set a marker that's really important here, because, Ed, what, the substance of your argument means that, and whether you mean it precisely like this or not, the net effect of what your argument is, is that the president is subject to people working in the administration. Now, we all accept the fact that people in the DOD, State Department people and others that deal with these sensitive matters that we classify related to our what we do uh, around the world and other even internal issues. We, we recognize that these are all experts, but the, the point is that they don't run the show. The president runs the show. That's what happened with Judicial Watch's case when they argued related to Bill Clinton. They made it very specific that, no, these are part of uh, what happens in the administration and must remain within it. And therefore, we got to get them back. And the answer is, and I think it's the constitutional one, is no. And again, we have the check of uh, impeachment and we do and we have the check of the election ballot as well to work against this. But if we take the executive power away from the president of the United States, then we are placing it into bureaucrats of any sort in the United States. And that is not what was envisioned here. We are envisioned to be a republic that was represented by people that we elect who are the ones that have the authority given to them in the Constitution. And that's really what's at stake here. So, so Tara, I, I'd like to get your feedback on this because uh, you were a uh, you have a law degree. You work for the Senate and and uh, and you love uh, and uh, you, uh, you love you love with... Joe Biden is like you you're, oh, you're a big yeah. fan of Biden. <laughs> Go ahead, Tara. Um, hi, hi, Mario, and thank you. For hey, good to have you back. Speak. Good to have you back. Yeah, and um, I I really appreciate these spaces because it allows debate and allows a lot of different views. And um, Tom really made some good points. Um, 
So I want to speak directly to the documents and stay on that. Um, for those of you that don't know, I, can't, I worked for Joe Biden in 1993. Before that, I worked as an intern for Leon Panetta. Um, my father, whom I was not very close to as an adult, but he worked with classified documents in the Pentagon. And um, he was a defense contractor, unfortunately. Um, I'm anti-war, so I have different views. But he's no longer with us. He died. But my, my um, bringing that up is that there's a very strict protocol about staff handling classified documents. However, things happen and things get disorganized. When I was working for Joe Biden in the Senate, um, for those that don't know, I was sexually harassed and sexually assaulted. I came forward, not publicly, but went through Senate protocol, and I filed a sexual harassment report with the Senate. They didn't really have a formal process like they do now. It was 1993, so it was very different. Um, it was like a counseling office, so I did basically like an intake form. So when I came forward publicly in 2019 and 2020, I was trying to find that form, and I was informed eventually, after a lot of talk, that it was archived in the University of Delaware, where Biden has droves of documents um, stored and sealed from the public. They are not allowed to see them. So it surprised me that there's all these classified documents floating around because there, there was a very concerted effort to seal my complaint and not allow it to the public. In fact, Tom can speak to this better. Um, but Judicial Watch actually tried to get those documents and get them to unseal and this, um, the state court of Maryland ruled that it wasn't in the public interest um, to release his his files, which had to do with a lot of things, not just maybe my complaint was there. It had to do with foreign policy and such. I kind of tend to agree with the people who have said they think the Democrats are perhaps throwing Biden under the bus. I think Gavin Newsom will be the, the candidate for the U.S. presidency for Democrats. I think that's who they want. I don't think that I think there's a struggle going on behind the scenes with the elites. But more to the point, um, my personal opinion about um, classified documents is that it can be used to um, cover up corruption. Like in my case, um, there would have been, you know, physical evidence. There's other legal evidence like there is a um, which I won't go into because I don't want to bore everyone here about that. But like the the fact that that I can't get that document to show is is frustrating for me but it's a very small minuscule example of how someone can use something like a document and say oh this is not the public interest it's classified so I think it's important that we maintain our you know as America maintain our sovereignty and protect our nation of course but there also needs to be a balance with protecting the people as a whole and I have been trying to raise the alarm about Biden's corruption. I was very aware of it. I experienced it directly. I watched it. I watched it in action. And um, I can tell you that I think the classified documents is the tip of the iceberg. I think there's been economic um, corruption, which I think is being uncovered. And I think probably in a couple of years, we'll know a little bit more. Um, but the fact that one of those classified files says Ukraine on it from back with 2016, 2014, era, right? Um, and J Julian Assange raised the alarm about the coup that was backed by American forces, you know, Western forces for that. Um, I'm talking to you as a longtime Democrat. I'm talking to you as a multi-generational Democrat and someone who worked for them. And I was literally um, thrown under the bus when I came forward. It was heartbreaking. 
it was heartbreaking. I can't tell you what that kind of what that's like to to have a career and to really believe not just have a career, but to believe in the Democratic Party and to be thrown aside because this happened. And I assure you, in 1993, Joe Biden sexually assaulted me. I wish he hadn't. I wish I'd never worked for him. I wish I would have, you know, applied and stayed after my internship with Panetta and done a whole different career, but I didn't. And once you see the corruption, you can't unsee it. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And so, Harry, I know you're in the space and I know you're a believer in the Democratic Party, but you will be thrown to the wolves if you do not follow the message lockstep or if something happens to you. I'm telling you that from personal experience. And if you continue to carry water for them, knowing that there are people who have been harmed, you're complicit. And so I refuse to be uh, Tara, complicit. I have, a, I have, a, I have so a question it. for you, Tara. First, yeah. thank you for sharing your story. And I know, Harry, you'd, I'd let you respond because I know she, she referred to you. But one question for you, Tara. Do you, do you think – like you've experienced the ugly side of the Democratic Party, especially with Biden. Do you think – would you be – would you say that the Republican Party – does not have any corruption or do you think that corruption is is on both sides of the aisle i want to just get your perspective on it like i know you experienced it on the on the democratic side but would you expect it as a, as a okay both okay. sides i mean i'm not a republican i've never voted republican and i you know it's not my it's not my thing um i'm anti-war and i'm anti-imperialist and i I had aligned myself with the Democratic Party. Now I, I'm not a Democrat anymore, nor will I be. I want to make an analytical talk about, I'm not just saying this because I don't like Biden. Okay, it's not about that. Bear in mind that Cuomo, who had the scandal about the nursing homes, all the nursing home deaths, if you recall that, then all of a sudden the sexual misconduct came up and he was, you know, he was like America's hero, remember, during COVID, all that stuff. And then he wasn't when it really got, there was evidence that he lied with staff and, and all that came forward. And when the Democratic um, National Committee, the elites that run that party, that, that part of the, excuse me, that part of the organization decided he needed to go, they used the sexual misconduct. It was already there. Everybody already knew it, but it was a quick way to throw him under the bus. And I really see that it, it happened, and I believe the women that came forward about Cuomo, but nobody cared about it until they made people care about it. In my case, Biden was one they wanted to protect. So unlike Trump, where they like went after him and he's gone after for sexual misconduct and it's been talked about, um, I was attacked and I was personally dragged. Kranzenstein, who's in this space, was one of the people who personally dragged me, and he is a paid Democrat. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I let, I let, I know, um, so Tara, you've referred to Harry and Ed. So if you don't mind, Ed, I'll let Harry respond first, um, and then I'll give you the mic afterwards. Um, Harry, do you want to go first to, to yeah, respond? Yeah, and then to I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. And I'll go to Ed. I'll just try to keep it short because I. And maybe, and maybe, and, and try to also try to. So what, actually, I have a question for you. What do you agree? For, you know, from what Tara said, because she made a lot of points. Which points do you agree with? And then, obviously, the points you disagree with. Um, I mean, I, I agree with being anti-war, anti-imperialist. That's kind of some things that I heard that I was like, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but just responding to her saying, like, um, you know, obviously, I'm sticking up for the Democratic Party and, and things like that. It's like. Um, I'm voluntarily involved with the Democratic Party. Like, I'm not doing this because anybody in the Democrat Party works with me. But what I will say, Tara, is that, you know, I, I've worked on the ground here uh, with a lot of amazing people in the Democratic Party. I've worked um, with even people in uh, the executive branch and the legislative branch, and I've coordinated with these people and I've talked to them uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And 
you know, these people are really good people. Like their hearts are in the right place. And, you know, maybe you disagree with me. And that's fine, but I'm, t- I'm just. But Harry, would you would perspective. you say well, there's good people and bad people on both sides of the oh, aisle? Don't I just, get me I just wrong. Yeah. like I always just. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, there's bad. You know, I'm not even Tara because yeah, I think you both agree on this one because Tara made that same point. She said like uh, she's talking about she's you know she's critical of the, of the corruption on, on the liberal side with especially with Biden, but she said I'm sure there's corruption on the Republican yeah, side yeah, as well. Yeah. So Harry, you, you'll agree with that point, I guess yeah, as well. Sure. But you're I more mean, leading. Like, look, okay. don't get me wrong. There's bad people on on both sides. There are people who do bad things on both sides. No doubt, 100% agree. Um, but just from my experience within the Democratic Party and the people I've worked with, and as I said, mentioned earlier, I've had the honor of meeting President Biden, President Obama. Uh, you know, these people are really good. These people are really, really good people. Um, and their hearts are in the right place, in my view. Um, and I, I, don't, I, I don't think the Democratic Party is just trying to cast anybody aside or, or anything like that. I'd have to see, like, some evidence for that other than just, like, fo- following maybe what you consider Tulsi to be Gabbard, a logical came forward. Tulsi Gabbard came forward about the the discrepancy with Bernie Sanders, and she was immediately, almost immediately expelled, called a Russian agent, and yeah. the Democrats would have nothing to do for, with her. Yeah, There's Tulsi an example. Gabbard has some really bad viewpoints, right? And, and she says some pretty bad things. Marianne Williamson, another one. I've met Marianne Williamson personally. And, uh, well, what I'm saying you know. to you, and she said, what I'm saying to you, Harry, is I appreciate your views. I had them when I was young, but I was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. I don't see him as a good person. He's had me in a corner and he stuck his fingers inside of me without my consent. That's sexual assault. And I'm not discrediting your I'm not here to talk Yeah, yeah. So I'll go to Ed because I know Ed and Tara, I don't know the full story, but I know that you guys have had history together. But Ed, if you can, and while the way, I'm going to yeah. go through the comments from the yeah, audience. So, audience members, so, Ed, Ed, I, know, I know you're dying. I'll okay. give you the mic in a bit. Just for audience members, um, I, I just want to get thoughts on if anyone disagrees or agrees with the statement that there is likely corruption on both sides of the aisle. I try to find points that we all agree on, so, so I'll go through the comments there. But Ed, I want you to kick it off if you can. I know it's going to be difficult. What do you agree with from what Tara said and then obviously what the history yeah, yeah, is so and why I, you guys, I, I why you guys clash? Let's see if we can de- make, make, make you guys friends. I definitely agree that there's corruption on both sides. That most definitely. I mean, I think it's, it'll be dumb to assume otherwise. But as far as Tara goes, I actually, me and Brian actually did articles on her back when her accusations against Biden came out. We, we went over some of the facts, some of the things she said and did in regards to Biden allegations, whether she was sexually assaulted or not. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you want to take her word for it, go ahead. Uh, but Tara, you made a tweet. I guess it was maybe a month or so ago, claiming that I issued death threats against you. I purchased an old phone number to stalk you and that I hacked you. And that's just absurd. You also yeah, claim I'm that a, you have I a police. I actually made a report no, to the finish. FBI. You also claim that you have, have a police. I have a recording of it. Can I finish so, saying? Hang, hang on, Tara. Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 let you, I'll let you respond. Yeah, go ahead. So, no, can, can I just finish real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, of course. You claim to have a police report of when this happened. So I just want you to yes. post that police report. Um, it's actually, it was with federal law enforcement because when it's yeah, can done you post online, it, please? it's, can you post that I, I, police report? Because you know what, because they, I, I already did send it actually. I sent so, it to so Mario, how do you know emails. me making death threats against you? They don't, the FBI doesn't give you a police report. Um, they, but I showed the emails to Mario, but like, oh, Eddie, maybe, you, maybe it you wasn't you, maybe the it was emails? someone claiming you. Hang on, let me, let me finish. Um, my daughter answered the phone. And you were identified as Eddie Kranzenstein, and there was screaming and laughing in the background. And 
it was a death threat towards me, whether it was meant toward my daughter was the one who was traumatized by it because she answered the phone. I made a federal law enforcement report in 2020 about it. And they were the ones who told me that my phone number was purchased by you. If you want to talk further with me about it, I can give you the agent's names. And I'd I love, ha- Ed, how's, how's Tara and Ed, do you, do you, would you agree with this? I have an idea. So Ed, I, 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 I may have used a service to get your phone number because I was doing an article and I called to get your information. And I recall somebody answering the phone and said you weren't available. And I said, okay, can you have her call, to call me back? I absolutely never made a death threat, but if no, you have that, this Tara, was, this so, was so, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so, um, I have a question. So, ta- hold on, Tara, do you have a recording of that call? I do. It's with FBI please as well. Please post it. Okay, hold on, hold on. Ed, hold on, hold on. Ed, 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 trust me. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll trust me on this one. Um, I'm sure. trying to, I'm trying to find middle ground. So, Tara, I have, I have a question. So, would you yeah. say that it's possible that it could be someone other than Ed, or you're certain it is Ed? It could be someone pretending to be Ed. It could. Yeah. I mean, it could. I mean, like, I'm willing to be open to that. I am willing to be open to that. What I'll do is share the information that I have with, uh, with you. You have a recording of my voice. He's in your corner. Let him, let him handle it. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Tara. Yeah. I don't want to accuse anyone of anything horrible. Um, I mean, I'm already going through it. Like I went, what I went through with Biden is enough. Um, so Eddie, um, what I will say is about you and Brian is you did go after me in quite a surreptitious way. Um, you also alleged things that didn't happen. In fact, I had to take legal action and now um, with other people that were, you know, giving you, I guess, false information. And there's a citizen deceased letter and there's, you know, I had to get a lawyer involved. But my thing is with, with, with you all is regarding the recording. I do have it. Um, I can, I can talk with oh, Mario about it. Ed, 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 Ed. So Go ahead, I, sorry, Tara. So I, but I think what's more important is, you know, I'm a sexual assault survivor, whether you appreciate that or not. I wasn't politically motivated to go after Joe Biden. In fact, it was the opposite. I voted for Obama, even though Biden was vice president and I didn't want to. And there's a witness at that time that I talked to about the assault when I did that. I've been a very long time Democrat. The reason I came forward, um, Eddie and Harry, who are listening, who are very strong Democrats, is Lucy Flores is a young Democrat politician in Nevada who came forward about Biden being creepy and kissing her on the head. And she got torn to pieces in the press. Now, you no longer see her because her career ended, right? Because of that. And I decided to come forward in 2019. My daughter was an adult and I felt the Me Too movement was there and Time's Up was there, which is that organization that helps, you know, people who come forward about powerful people. I didn't know at the time that Anita Dunn, who was the founder of Time's Up Legal Defense Fund and, you know, was also has the PR firm, was already working for Joe Biden. And they didn't tell me. So all of this was happening at the same time. You all were kind of, I'll just say it, in my opinion, stalking me, trying to get negative, trying to discredit me. And you wouldn't allow me to to be safe when I came forward. I got death threats. My daughter got death threats. All of this is documented. My horse almost got taken. I had to call the sheriff. It was like horrible things that happened. I lost my work. I lost my housing. Um, I lost my money coming forward about the truth. And it's been very painful. I mean, AOC was someone I supported. All of these people were people I supported. And they have been silent about what happened to me because they took a party line. So all I want to say in this space right now is, because let's get back to the documents. 
So I before, know. Tara, do you, before Biden we go back, how. Tara, do you, do you mind before we get back to the documents? Because my goal is to make you and Ed friends again. So you've, you've, you've expressed very <laughs> valid concerns regarding what happened with, with Ed. Ed, other than asking for proof regarding the recording and stuff, so your main concern, Ed, is regarding the allegations of death threats. Is that your main concern, your main Yeah, concern? I mean, if she has a recording, like she says, post it so you can okay. hear my voice. Okay, cool. That's Ed's response. So... Ed, Tara, on this point, maybe we could take it offline um, and hopefully maybe we can come back in another space and we could disagree and, and, and be on and then agree on more things. Um, I want to I go to Tom, if you don't mind, Nick, because um, I do want to continue that discussion. Tara, I'm going to send you my number, Ed, as well, and, and we could discuss it offline. Uh, I want to go to Tom, Alex and Catherine uh, to keep the discussion going. Tom? Yeah, uh, it's Tara's uh, point about the records in Delaware, I think, is important not only because – the Senate records that uh, Biden had from his, what is it, 30 years in the Senate, every one of those records is being withheld from the American people. So not one record has been publicly released, uh, and uh, they're being holed up in the University of Delaware as a result of a secret deal between that university and Biden, and they don't want that deal to be public either. And uh, if you're trying to figure out what Biden was up to in the Senate, both in terms of corruption and this and other alleged um, uh, sexual misconduct and assault, these records may provide some key information about it. And it's just remarkable to me that we have the billions of dollars in our major media with virtually no interest in gaining access to these records at a substitute to Judicial Watch and another nonprofit journalist entity, the Daily Caller News Foundation, to try to sue and get these records. And it's and it's tough to get because typically you can't get access to records like this, even if they are maintained with tax dollars. Uh, the University of Delaware is refusing to even give us uh, the basis for saying, well, there are no tax dollars behind it. So it's kind of a, it's a big, complicated fight up there, but it's ongoing. Of course, all of it can be snap, with a snap of Biden's fingers ended if he just releases the documents. But they have at least publicly stated that these documents won't be released until after he leaves politics, at least two years. So um, I, I just want to know also, uh, because of the new rules for the handling classified information, if uh, we should presume that there's no classified information among these records, given uh, Biden's sensitive roles as head of the Foreign Affairs Committee and other big slots there. Uh, when he was in the Senate. But, you know, these are only questions we're allowed to ask for Donald Trump, not for those in the protected elites and the protected classes here in Washington, D.C. So Tara's allegations, if it were about a conservative or a Republican, uh, it would be uh, the number one descriptor of that conservative Republican. Uh, you and know, so Joe Trump, Blow, who who was accused of Tara, by Tara Reid of sexual assault, is running for office X. But Biden gets a pass. So, so, Tom, quick question for you, because, you know, just just for our audience here, you are the president of Judicial Watch. You guys are known for filing Freedom of Information Act requests um, a lot. Right. I mean, you, you're you're an organization that right. focuses on transparency when a document is declassified. How much of an ability do you have to be able to go in and pull those documents uh, via a FOIA request uh, and actually be able to make them public? Is that something that's that's easy to do well, if there's no classification? Or 
Well, you kind of, you know, it's, if you know what the document is, you can always go in and ask for it specifically. So it's hard to necessarily figure that out without having, uh, you know, either public disclosures ahead of time. Uh, but in the case, for instance, of uh, Trump, he specifically declassified some records about the Russia smears on him as he left office. And, you know, there's a public letter that they were declassified. There was a reported letter that they were declassified, and we still can't get them. They're still stonewalling the release of those records to us. So you can go in and, for instance, and ask about topic, let's say you want all records about Burisma, right, and Ukraine. So there could be records amongst those that are, that are classified, and you get parts of them or they're withheld in their entirety, or in some circumstances they won't even confirm or deny they have them. They're so classified. But sometimes that process leads to the declassification of records, and that's why it's important to try to pursue these and ask for these records because uh, they may be initially classified, but, for instance, in the case of the FISA warrants that were used to in a uh, unprecedented fashion, spy on the Trump team. Uh, we got them declassified as a result of our records requests and lawsuits, and that was a decision made by uh, presumably the Trump Justice Department. So you got to fight. Either you know, it's it's you know, there's no easy answer. Uh, you know, as a non-lawyer, I know there's no easy answer. There's all sorts of caveats, but uh, if the government wants you to see material and it's classified, they'll declassify it if it's politically helpful to them. Right. Right. So uh, so I, I want to go to Catherine and then Alex here in a minute. But I do want to say uh, put your questions for Alex down here in the bottom right hand corner. Hit that purple button. Leave us a reply and uh, we'll have some questions for Alex here in just a second. But Catherine, you've had your hand up for a while. Go ahead. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so I've been listening for a while and just reading up some of the coverage as well. So I'm, I'm pretty nonpartisan on this issue and I'm just I've just been trying to look at the facts of it. So, you know, it seems to me like the distinct difference between what tr Trump's and Biden's situation is that Biden's attorney attorneys had looked for these documents and then they reported them. And that seems to be the main sort of argument for uh, Biden supporters in particular. But when I really look at these cases, it seems that, um, you know, the reporting was done after the fact. And at the same time, it seems that the alleged violation is the same, uh, the alleged violations that have been committed. So the only other sort of distinction as I look at this is that, you know, Trump may or may not have had that power to declassify the documents that he was in possession of since he was president at the time. And that is something that will be sort of settled, I think, in the legal process. So, and then I find it quite interesting that the documents specifically contain U.S. Intelligent mem uh, intelligence and memos about Ukraine and Iran, which in Biden's case, which does seem, you know, pretty heavy uh, in terms of content. So I do think, like, in a very objective way that I'm trying to look at it, it does seem to me that we are looking at, you know, there there is a lack of objectivity in, in the way that it's being treated in the media, because the crime to me does seem ultimately the same, uh, just because after the fact, uh, the two candidates sort of dealt with it, or not candidates, the two, uh, you know, Trump and Biden both dealt with it sort of in different ways. It doesn't sort of negate the actions themselves. So that's kind of my perspective of it, trying to look at it like completely removed from the individuals themselves. And I see okay, Harry. So, so, so <laughs> Catherine, 
just, just yeah. to be clear here, um, you don't see any difference between a vice president and a president taking declassified documents. Well, the difference would be the only difference would be, and this is depends on the legal judgment, and I don't know, you know, for sure, right? So that some people make the claim that Trump acted in a different capacity because maybe he has the ability to declassify these documents without necessarily saying anything to anybody. So that's a little, yeah, well, how, yes, but how the legal issues here, I I would like Tom to reply to that one. Exactly. Tom. Yeah, I, it, it, the presidential records act gives the same power to Biden as the Trump and everyone defending Biden is accidentally or maybe on purpose because maybe they want it all to go away, highlighting the abuse of Trump. Because if Biden did nothing wrong, Trump did nothing wrong. There's yeah. no it's it's an apples to apples comparison, arguably worse for Biden since he's been on notice since at last at least last year about the sensitivity, you know, the new sensitivity of records in the custody of former presidents and vice presidents. And then on top of that, we have the additional scandal of them knowing about this, at least since November, just before the election, and then hiding key, you know, key developments about this scandal as they're targeting Trump with unprecedented law enforcement action for months and months. And I suspect the reason it became public just now was because they saw that they were going to have new leadership in the House Tom, Tom, that would probably gain access I, 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 to this information a... and expose it. I have a question uh, before going to Andrew and Harry. Uh, I'll ask you and, and Alex that question. Why did Trump fight so hard not to give the documents back to the DOJ? He did give the documents back to DOJ. He gave them the 15 boxes, even though he arguably didn't have to. And then afterwards, they issued a subpoena based on this uh, shady allegation or this fake allegation that he wasn't allowed to have classified material. So they asked for a subpoena of all records marked classified, and they did a search and produced records. Now there's a dispute about the sufficiency of that search or whether there was any obstruction and withholding any other documents. And I haven't seen any evidence of yeah, that. And I just want to say, no, I, I want to make this I point. Find it weird I make, to put, so, go ahead, Alex. Just, go ahead, Alex. Quick, yeah, I, I'm Alex, sorry to talk in these spaces. But listen, we're here circumcising an ant, guys. We know Hillary Clinton had a private email server. Nobody cares about that. We know that the Steele dossier was fake. We know that you know the Department of Justice through Obama was spying on President Trump during his campaign. So listen, there are much bigger fish to fry than these stupid classified documents. Now, I mean, for me, the reason why it's important now is because I do believe that they're going to use this as an excuse to get rid of Joe Biden, to put in Kamala Harris to put, or to put in whatever uh, you know candidate they want next because they know that Joe Biden is not going to willingly uh, choose not to run. So for me, like I said, this is almost just a big waste of time. I'm more interested in hearing you know, from Tara, who was a victim of sexual harassment from a sitting president. I mean, I know that this is, you know, gossip and stuff, but to me, that is a pretty good indication of Joe Biden's character. And for there's going to be some people in the chat say, oh, Tara's lying. But for me, I don't believe Tara's lying. And when I look at the actions of his son with those women and filming it and being a sexual deviant, I, I honestly do believe that is genetic. And I know there's going to be somebody who's like, oh, well, that's not genetic. Well, alcoholism is is genetic. You know, people will say that. So, so him being a sex Sexual pervert. Don is a sexual pervert, so I'm not surprised that Joe Biden's a sexual pervert. Harry, do you want to respond to Alex? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. I just want to quickly say one thing first. So, Catherine, I I like your analysis, but I also somewhat disagree that I think 
that the crimes are the same. Um, because in terms when you again, like when you read the actual statutes surrounding like um, classified documents, uh, for any of for Biden to be considered guilty or Trump or anybody, you'd have to show like intent and gross negligence. But hey, hey, yeah, so so be, um, I'll let you answer that point. But just Alex's point that was made a couple of times by Alex, if you don't mind me interrupting, yeah. Harry, about the the Democratic Party, and I think we had um, another panelist say it's the the, the deep state wanting. Um, wanting Biden out for 2025. You strongly disagree with yeah. this. Uh, actually, you actually did respond to this. You disagreed with this. Uh, before giving you back the mic, Andrea, about that particular point, I'd love your take on it. Like, how plausible is it before going back to Harry? And then, Harry, uh, Alex, feel free to respond. You're asking me if... Uh, if the Democratic you know, Party does want, um, does want a Biden out. I, I don't really find that I don't really find that plausible uh, right now. It it just I, I think the folks who are saying who are saying that are attributing a, a lot of power and a lot of competence uh, to folks who are either not that powerful or uh, not that competent. Uh, if the Democratic Party doesn't want Biden to be the nominee in 2024, there are ways to make that clear and uh, make it possible for someone to successfully challenge him. But, uh, you know, you're, it's, you're just not, it's not realistic that there's this uh, behind the scenes machinations by shadowy forces. It's just, I I, I disagree, Andrew. uh, And, and you know what, with that point, and I'll tell you why. Because you just saw what happened to Cuomo. You just saw an example of how the DNC operates and the RNC, I'm sure, operates. I can only speak to my own experience as a as a Democratic operative that worked in congressional races and worked for members of Congress. And I can tell you right now, they do not want Joe Biden to run. They do but wait, not wait. want. So, so Tara, Tara and Alex, where, where, why? Where do you get that information from? Is it just because a feeling like you think me, that or is there any particular no, indicators? No, it's, 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 it's two things. It's two things. Go it's Tara and then Alex. Go Tara. Okay. It's been, it's been said, the quiet part's been kind of said out loud by certain, um, high ranking members of Congress. You had Jeffries who also, um, mentioned that my investigation should be taken seriously. They're facing congressional hearings over the Hunter Biden laptop. Now the Democrats have tried to, you know, you know, make it about Hunter Biden having drug issues, whatever. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with his naked pictures. What it has to do with is the emails and the and the economic corruption and the political and the abuse of power when Joe Biden was vice president. Also, uh, bear in mind when I'm going to say something in this space um, that some people know, but not everyone knows, there are other women who have not come forward who are afraid. And there's also a photo. There's also things behind the scenes happening that if there's a congressional hearing, I won't be alone. There'll be other people coming forward. Part of the records that are in the University of Delaware probably house some of the other complaints because there's other complaints against Biden, not just mine. And I'm not, Uh, it's just that the way I was discredited and the way I was publicly dragged um, made it frightening. So like in Cuomo's case, what you saw was an AG investigation that allowed victims to come forward more safely. 
they still got hassled in the press. But, but to go to go to go back process. to the to go back to the point, like Alex, I'll go to you. Um, wait, they don't they don't want the congressional wait, wait, hearings. Wait. Is what I'm saying, the DNC. That's what I'm trying to say, Mario. Understood. The, the, Understood. the powers behind the Democratic Party do not want a messy congressional hearing that's going to expose corruption, probably from both parties about Ukraine. And about other things, but I think and they wouldn't want it because it's, it's, it's also bad. It's also bad press. Like you could, they could just mm-hmm. not want it just because it's bad press for the Democratic for for the yeah. Democratic Party for Biden. They Maybe they, to, they don't want it. They want a clean and easy out. And yeah. this is the easiest yeah. way to get him out. Yeah, force him it's out. about documents. Yeah, People are yes. bored of documents, so they're not. It's, hey, it's I just want to make this one point though, because we're talking about declassified documents, and you can look up a thing called Operation Mockingbird, and this was in the '60s, where the CIA said that they have agents in every single form of television, radio, and film, and this was in the '60s, so. The idea that they don't have that today, uh, you'd be an idiot to think that. So my point is just look how the mainstream media is talking about Joe Biden. Look at uh, Joe Scarborough today had a a viral clip talking about how Joe Biden lied about marching the civil rights. When the mainstream media turns on Joe Biden, that's how you know that they're being told. You want to say, oh, quote unquote, deep state. It may not be a deep state, but it only takes, you know, somebody high up in this media company to say, hey, we're going to change the narrative. So that person only needs to be told from one person. So it doesn't take a whole team of evil people. It takes a few important, powerful people to change the narrative. So if you look at the mainstream media and now that they're not defending Joe Biden, this is the same mainstream media that covered up the laptop, that did not talk about it, that said it was Russian disinformation. As a matter of fact, these are the same people that said in 2016 the whole election was fake and that was Russian. Wait, are you so saying, point- Alex, you're saying that the media is not no, covering no. it up? because uh, They're not covering it up, but they are defending him. So I wouldn't say that they're not, I, I would, you know. Yeah, they're, I, they're not- I would say that, that uh, the way that they defended him on other stuff, the way that they're defending him now is much less. I mean, you can go look at CNN. Well, CNN actually, just to add to that, they actually ran a headline on this today uh, going after the – uh, the hunter or the uh, the the story exactly. from back right. in 1993. Catherine hasn't looked, Nick. These guys haven't looked. These liberals haven't looked. Go watch your liberal networks. They're all calling out Joe Biden right now because that's the yeah, he's yeah, basically they, done. He's a pariah at this point. And people are calling out how he is not answering questions from journalists about literally anything. They're questioning his ability to lead. You know, when you have mainstream networks, the people who defended him, who, you know, who would die to destroy Trump, who are calling out Biden right now, it tells you, it tells you something, right? It tells you right. that they're done with him. They're finished with him. That so who is the Democrat candidate Abbott, that they want Abbott, to replace him with? Abbott, I don't Abbott, see any. Abbott Newsom out Gavin? of California will be the nominee in 2024. Gavin I, Newsom. I disagree. I, 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 think, I think there's 100%. too much being made out and trying to replace Biden. I don't think that's the case. Personally, I would like to see somebody younger, but I would happily vote for Biden as a Democrat. Would I, you vote for Newsom? I, th- I think would you vote for Newsom? Yeah. Would I vote for? I would vote for Newsom over Trump. I would have vote for Newsom over DeSantis. Uh, if it was another Republican, I'd have to consider it. Right. Do people so, not, so, so Alex, I thought people didn't like him very much because of what he's done in California. Even even no, Democrats in California. It depends. I mean, who you Is talk he? to. Like, li- yeah, liberals love him. I, I would. I would my, my liberal friends don't. I, I would take Buttigieg. So, so, my yeah, favorite. They suffer under his rule. Right, Alex, Alex, what do you think was the catalyst for this? What do you think was the catalyst for these these media organizations actually the tide turning on Joe Biden? Well, I mean, I just think it's the, the public opinion or they know what's going to happen. They know that the public opinion is going to change. So they want to be ahead of it. I mean, it's just self-preservation. Because- but why 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 would the public opinion change? Definitely not because of these documents. It doesn't seem big. Uh, no, it's because you, of you the even said he's elite, right? He's a bad leader. I mean, under him, 
the price of eggs has gone up seven hundred percent. Yeah, so has the like, yeah, but this is this is the the gas yeah. has gone up, and he's denying yeah, but, that. It's but gone Ian, up. Ian, but that, but how how I made a tweet about it. like how much can you? I know the the public, the, the, you know, the, the, the voters will blame the president, but. You know, it's it's, it's if, only if so I much control Mario, the president it has. Doesn't really matter if, if, if he's driving this on this. Right. We're we're close to World War Three. He's no, made uh, Ukraine this thing, and we are close to to having a war against Russia. And you know, I don't, I I didn't vote for Trump, and you know, I'm not here to advocate for for him at all. But he didn't get as close to World War Three. Joe Biden has. Biden administration has. Tara, and Tara, people are frightened. Did you vote? Putin has. Realistically, we realistically. Like, I no, no, vote. you can't say Putin has. See, here's the thing: Trump kept Putin at bay. I think we can all agree on that because under you know under Trump, Putin couldn't really predict him. You don't want to mess with a guy like Trump. You know, like you don't know what he's going to do. He's going to threaten to nuke you, and you're like, maybe he he he's not bluffing, right? With Biden, Biden's like, well, there's something wrong with a tiny invasion. You know, I will I will agree with that, Ian, actually, because exactly, I do think exactly. that, think, yeah. uh, that Trump Thank was you. a bit of an unpredictable deterrent. And Biden pretty much did say we're not going to do anything. So, yeah, exactly. it's a green light. And well, he's doing the same thing with Taiwan and China. Right. He's like, oh, you know, we only have time for one war right now. And what does that signal to China? China hears that and they're like, oh, they're probably not going to oppose if we do do something with Taiwan. And furthermore, and this is something that not a lot of people are talking about, his little uh, ban on China having micro uh, semiconductors, that's actually affecting Taiwan in a way that is so negative that Taiwan has joined forces with China to complain about it. They're pissed off about it because it's hurting their economy. And if anything, it has driven China and Taiwan closer together. Now, you might be under the impression that Taiwan fucking hates China. Maybe the president hates China, but there are a significant significant you know portion of the uh, Taiwanese public as well as the people in their congress who want to unify with China and right now they're getting the upper hand because they're seeing that Biden is screwing them well I respect that you're, you're saying right. I've, I've got friends in the ministry of foreign affairs that uh, are one really good friend over in Taipei and I, there are definitely some people in Taiwan who are glad to do that I would say that the inertia actually has been turning back the other way and uh the you've got both uh, major parties there who uh wh- who were who differed on unifying economically with taiwan who have radically changed that now and so I, I i think that but i think the bigger thing with um with biden and the concern i i don't think the democrats are trying to undermine him but i will say that if they are the bigger concern but before by the way we might bring Phil Klein in at the right time, uh, Mario. But, but the the bigger thing is, I think that Democrats do understand that Joe Biden's not going to be able to hide in the basement this time. Like he is going to have to go out, and they know that every single time he is out talking, that it is always a risk. I mean, it, it's like it's way beyond just the occasional uh, misstated thing. He is mumbling and bumbling on a regular basis. And with no COVID excuse, there's just there's no way that he can run a media campaign because the guy you have to be able to successfully make your case to the American people as part of the process of becoming president. And he's just not capable of doing it. So if there's any reason, I think that's the primary motivation amongst these other things you're saying as well. So, so Tom, you've had your hand up. Go ahead. There's like a million things before before Tom speaks. I just want to say there's like a million things that Biden has said very recently that the White House has had to officially walk back. The State Department has had to walk back his statements on support. But that's happened for Trump. That's happened with Trump as well. And I think it has happened with previous presidents. No, 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 no. It hasn't. It hasn't been walked. Like Trump 
Trump's office never walked back to things that he said. Yes, they have. Anything that he said went. No, not not to the point like this. Not, you know, like Biden, he goes out there and he says that, you know what? Masks are necessary. If the pandemic is over. He literally said the pandemic is over. And then his office, like two days later, says actually the pandemic is not over. And Biden misspoke. Like, that's yeah, but, 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 but we've, I think we've had similar instances with, with Trump, uh, especially during COVID. But I will go – look, I could be wrong there, but just before – Not to this extent. Before, you, had, you had federal organizations like the CDC saying that Trump is not entirely correct on this and that he meant something else. You have had that and that – you know, you can argue that that is uh, him not coordinating his messaging properly with the organizations under him. But with Biden, it's the White House that is saying, oh, he actually misspoke and that the pandemic is still on. When you, have, uh, so, so, when you have the president being being contradicted by his own people, the people who work under him directly, his own press people are con- contradicting him and saying that, no, actually, he's wrong. Like that uh, tells you that he's not really in charge and they don't want a guy like that, that they cannot even have a cohesive brand to, to go with. That's a problem for them. Before, before the, going to Tom, before going back. to Tom and Harry, Jim, Jim quickly, Alex, do, do you, like for, for a statement, for example, blaming Biden for, for the Ukraine war, and, and even Catherine agreed with that point. Like how causation versus correlation? Like how do we know for sure? Like it's a fair statement to make. It's plausible, but we can't treat it as fact. We, I, I just the, the issue is that it doesn't. I, matter. I just got to go, like no, hold on, yeah, hold on. The issue is go that ahead, it doesn't uh, matter. The can, issue is the perception get, of it. The perception is what matters. Well, I. I I don't know if this answers your question, but when you look at our conflict, do you look at the way that Joe Biden left Afghanistan where people were hanging off of planes and just the way that we left there? I, you know, there's going to be people here, obviously, that aren't conspiracy theorists like me, that I, I believe the military industrial complex needs a new war constantly. There's a guy, General, five-star General Smedley Butler, but he says war is a racket. So I just think it's very easy to pivot from the war in the Middle East to now that we're training Ukrainian soldiers at uh, Fort Bragg in Oklahoma to be able to, t- to fight the Russians. That just, you know basically starts World War Three, in my opinion. Whether we're fighting a war by proxy, uh, like Tara said earlier, I'm anti-war, I believe, as human beings. You know, we should care more about the border between Texas and Mexico than the border between Russia and Ukraine. And I'm in Dallas, and I see people, and I've had friends that have died of drug overdose deaths. So for me, it's like, listen, if our, if our president actually cared about America, he would actually use some of our military resources to protect American citizens, but instead they're using those military resources to benefit the military industrial complex, Halliburton, Raytheon, by starting a war. And listen, we sell these weapons. Literally, literally, we fought. I just want to say this, not not just with BlackRock, but before the war in the Middle East is that we actually funded the Taliban. We gave the Taliban the weapons to be able to shoot down Russian helicopters. So we fought a proxy war there. And then guess what? We ended up being in a 20-year war with the Middle East that we lost. So for me... My just from what I see, us in proxy wars are not very good, uh, you know. And so next thing you know, and, and this just this is just total speculation. We could be in a war with Ukraine in 20 years if it happens anything like it happened in the movie Charlie Wilson's War. So I'm just saying we have a military industrial complex that does not care about the American people, does not care about the taxpayers. We don't have universal health care in America, but we have enough cruise missiles to kill the entire population. So I'm just Right. So, so Alex, you know what, Mario? Do, do, can I can I just say I agree with before before Alex that. So, be, be, before Alex, you go, Tara, Tara I, just quickly be, before before you go, Tara, Alex, I saw one of your videos in which you had a gentleman. It was a great video, very entertaining. You had a gentleman that went and and there was there was making statements like you know why we're paying for the war in Ukraine when we have people starving on our streets. 
But like, isn't that simplifying a more complex topic? Like, of I course. think if you start looking yeah, at the, the geopolitic, of geopolitic- geopolitical, uh, geopolitical uh, geopolitics is very nuanced. But listen, where there's people struggling here in America, and we're giving hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine, that's it. I mean, listen, I, I even though you say that, I mean, I'm considered far far right. I believe that we should have taxes. I believe we should have some sort of, of socialized medicine. But what's happening is is all of our tax money is being misappropriated by all these people in Washington, D.C. So that's the problem. So it's, if they actually wanted to help people here in America, instead of sending $100 billion to Ukraine to fight a proxy war, for a war that basically at the beginning of it, all they had to do was say that, Ukraine was not going to join NATO and that the Donbass region was autonomous. You could basically choose to be Ukrainian or Russian. That's very simple. And because of that, because we are globalists, because we have a one world order that cares more about NATO and more about our participation in global groups. Now we are fighting a proxy war with the Ukraine to go after Vladimir Putin. And these same people in NATO are the same people that buy all their energy from this evil dictator, Vladimir Putin. So that's why they're going to have energy and gas shortages. So the same people that are making those decisions, if those are the people that are running geopolitics or geopolitical decisions, they're all idiots and they need to simplify it and become America first and use some of that money here on America. Like you, and you just right. really <laughs> oversimplified it, Alex, too. Uh, well, before, you know what? So, I have so before, to say, I agree with him. I have to go in a minute, and I just wanted to thank you, Mario, um, again for having the spaces. And I wanted to give a shout out to Tom, who's doing really great work to try with his judicial watch. And I wanted to thank him. And Ian, I read your writing, and it is amazing. I love your your article, so please keep it up. I just want to leave on this thought. I I love that I was able to to have people that agreed to disagree. I respect Harry, even though I don't agree with him. Um, And I wanted to say that I think in a few years, this will be revealed as one of the biggest money laundering scams, the the Ukraine, the proxy war against Russia that we've ever experienced. And I think it will reveal to be that, Um, you know, Raytheon and all of them have made almost a trillion dollars since last February and profits. So as long as war is this profitable, there'll be endless wars, like Alex said. Actually, Julian Assange said that and warned us. Eisenhower warned us. Kennedy tried to warn us, and, we to and, and, and I and I do I do believe that Donald Trump actually said to the uh, to the the NATO uh, the head of NATO that this was going to end up being an issue if Germany kept relying to uh, relying on Russia to buy energy. So, 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 uh, uh, on these on these points, before going to Tom, Harry, and Ed, there's a lot of points made by Alex regarding the Ukraine war, and you, you guys wanted to respond. So I'll let you jump in quickly, and then we'll go to Tom and Phil. Yeah, and I, I just wanted Alex uh, keeps bringing up the whole drug overdose thing, and I agree, drug overdoses in America they're terrible, but drug overdoses have gone up under every president since I believe Ronald Reagan. They went on up under Bush, uh, under Clinton, under both Bushes, under Trump, and now they're going up under Biden. So to say it's Biden's fault that drug overdose is going up. No, I think that's a little short Stop it. It's not his fault for them going up. It's him not doing anything to stop it. Exactly. It's like he can do something about it, right? He can do he can do something well, different, and yet he's not doing anything about yeah, it. In what fact, can he do? Focus entirely away from it. Like he shifted focuses away from it. Under you know under Trump, there was at least this massive campaign to tackle fentanyl. Under Biden, there is zero. No, there effort. is. Biden's doing a lot to tackle fentanyl. So why is he allowing you, you, your, your opinion to... is just that he needs to sh- do more at the border to tackle fentanyl? Yeah, because and, they're the, the leading uh, cause yeah, of that's it. Yeah, the story. But, 
Like, no, but, you know, like, Trump, comes right, in he wanted to build a many wall, other ways he also wanted to destroy the, the cartels. He Car wanted to designate the cartels as terrorist organizations, and this was something that was shot down under Biden. Why didn't Biden go after the cartels? I mean, ask yourself that question. Right now, you know, we're, we're seeing footage from Mexico where the cartels are going to war with the Mexican military. Why isn't the U.S. military there? It's right by the border. It is in northern Mexico. The U.S. military could very easily bomb the shit out of these people with the permission of the Mexican government. Bomb? And we're going to bomb Mexico bomb because Mexico? of the drug cartels? <laughs> like, listen, listen. I said with the permission of the Mexican government. They have asked Wait, for guys, help. Bomb, let me make they this point, Ian. They're bombing, bombing people them? in the Ukraine because of the Donbass region because they want to join NATO. So to bomb somebody because we're stopping the drug crisis, that actually makes sense. But instead, they're killing children in the Ukraine because of the Donbass region, a region that 99% of the people in the world could not even pick out on a map. So you're telling me what is justified murder? Give me a freaking break. They, they drop bombs for I, I mean, I mean, there's more to Ukraine than just that, though. It's all about geopolitics. And do you really want if Russia gets Ukraine, what do you think they're going to do next? Just sit back and not do anything? Or do you think they try and take Poland or try and take another country? OK, like, if they're trying if, to take Poland, they're going to take it already. Because they're in they? the UN. They're, they're going, going How are they going right to take now? Poland when it's a part of NATO? Ukraine, Ukraine is not a part of NATO. They're not, not going to invade NATO. Ukraine. I mean, they're not going to invade Poland. Yeah, they're not going to do anything with, with NATO. Like, they, they know that would be a death sentence for everybody. So, so are you saying we should just sit back and let them take Ukrainian? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, honestly, yeah, I, I could care less if they fight. took Ukraine. Because what do the Ukrainians want? I mean, literally, they want us to fund their never-ending war. They need to come to peace. They need to not join NATO, and then Russia will not kill you, them. You say they I, need to come I, to I, peace, but... They're not part of NATO, I know they're NATO, not, Alex. but they're afraid of so, joining you know, NATO. That's the point, yeah. They're not part why. of NATO, so there's no reason to even back them up. That's why. Uh, this like, is kind of ridiculous. Here's the problem with America, right? America's acting like it's the world police, and yet it, it can't even police its own borders. That is weird to me. Why is America involved in the war in Saudi Arabia against Yemen? Like, what's the deal with that? Oh, it's resources. hey, hey Ian, Ian. Do do you think Putin's a good guy? No, Putin's I don't not care a good what guy. Putin thinks. No, just answer the question. Is he a good guy? Bye, Ian. Do I think he's a good guy? No, I think he's a politician. No, but do you, do you, you think he's a dictator? I think he's a dictator. I think he's a politician. I think he's a moderate conservative who like honestly can you argue that biden is working in the interest of americans or is he working in the ian, interest ian, of ian, 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 guys 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 ian everyone else guys, stop muting everyone so alex i'll let you jump in and harry then then and i'm not ian. muting everyone by the way yeah no me. i think it's i think it's nick i think it's nick. yeah go well, ahead I mean, alex I'm just, guys like, like once again i think we're just kind of you know uh uh like i said earlier we're circumcising an ant we're talking about that these are these are did he say? Hold on. Did he say circumcising yes, an it's ant? Pointless. Like, you know, we're just, <laughs> we're just <really laughs> spinning the wheels here. Listen, it, I don't want I don't want Ukrainians to die. I don't want Russians to die. Vladimir Putin, journalists that speak out against him, he will kill them. So he's not a good guy. But that doesn't just because Putin is a bad guy, that doesn't make Vladimir Zelensky a good guy. The guy plays the piano with his penis, which I actually like. That's one of the things I like about Vlad Zelensky. Everything else about him sucks. His Vogue coverage. <laughs> he can be on a Zoom call. The what is just, that objectively just, terrible about Zelensky? He's Alex. in a war right now, and every single second I turn around, he's on a Zoom call at the Golden Globes, or he's on a, he's on a cover of Vogue. If he, yeah, 
Because he's trying, isn't that his job no, though? As a model, like he's as not, the representative of country to, to get no to get support for his country, to get funding and support for his country. That is his job. His job should be to establish peace with the Russians. It's as simple as that. This is an endless war where no one. How do you get peace with the Russians who've attacked? Like this is kind of a ridiculous assertion that people keep repeating. I mean, I'm for peace, but the Russians, what the Russians want is like they they had peace. They took a piece of land already and a few years later they went and attacked again right so this idea that you just give them another piece of land and then they come back and so they attack again they get rewarded for it like is that it yeah it's bad foreign Wait, policy so like what we're just gonna give them a donbass region that has crucial cities what it's terrible foreign policy listen i you, you guys are trying to dictate foreign policy there are glaring problems here in america i can anybody here on this chat not say america is trending in the wrong direction i know harry's so insane he's actually but, but uh, like alex can't you can't say that any any year any time since america was no, i would accepted? say it's worse now than it's ever been like i was trying to make the point earlier after 9-11 9-11 was the worst thing ever but at least the country came together people loved one another we were at our you know weakest point but we came together after COVID, this country is more split and more divided and more filled with hate and despair. And I don't think it's irreparable. I don't necessarily think there's going to be a civil war, but just the direction and the, the automatic hate that people have for each other. And listen, Harry, I actually don't hate you just because you're a liberal or whatever. I don't I don't just judge a person totally by their political ideologies. But sadly, in today's society, the instant gratification, the amount of Internet pornography that children are on, I have very little hope for the future because everybody is suffering from either they're a veteran that comes back with PTSD or you give yourself PTSD by being on freaking social media, you know, 28 hours of the day. So I'm just saying, I, I think the future is very bleak and we need to help Americans here in America. And you guys want to say, oh, well, we have to worry about our, you know, our foreign policy across the world where our foreign policy should be that we don't let, you know, Mexico cartels just flood in fentanyl like it's no big deal. And they won't even spend $5 billion on a wall here in America. Just the most basic thing but they'll give a hundred billion dollars to the Ukraine. So our priorities are incorrect. It's not a right wing. It's not a left wing thing. It's our priorities are screwed up in my opinion. I, I, I think the division has been here long before COVID. I, I mean, I think most people would agree wait, on wait, that. Wait, wait, as for, wait, wait, as for wait, wait, fentanyl, yeah. Let me finish. Let me finish. You say the division was worse now. I've never seen people in grocery stores fighting because they've never worn a mask. Are you, you're, are, do you really mean that statement? You're telling me that you don't think things are more. But do you think? Do you think that? Do you think the do you think the masks highlight an existing polarization, or is it an yeah, increasing polarization? It's a MAGA hat for the liberals. So yes, yeah, so you got the guys in the MAGA hats. You got the oh my god! It's a fact. Listen. So, hey, so, hey, if a so pair Al, of Levi's Al, can't stop a park, you the, know, the division, the division was here. This is the um, was here before COVID. COVID just kind of yeah, broke oh, a lot. Got of it, Tom. Yeah. So, Tom, I, I, Tom, you've been waiting for a while. Let you jump in. You know, I want to go back. I know this conversation's gone off a little bit in various directions, but you know, some of it's kind of related. It's it's kind of fundamental corruption in the way we govern ourselves and the refusal to kind of deal forthrightly with that. Uh, you know, I'm probably the only person, at least among these speakers, who still re- listens to terrestrial radio, but they've got commercials on radio. Did you know that for financial products and stuff? And one of the things they say is that at the end of the product commercial is that they say in the, the, the speeded up voice, past financial performance, past performance is no indication of future performance, right? 
Actually, that's the that's the exact rule that we should follow for politics. What's happened in the past is likely, absent extraordinary circumstances, will happen in the future. And so when it comes to Biden and whether he's running again and, and what's going to happen, well, what did, what's happened in the past? He's the incumbent. He's going to run again. What do they do to protect a left-wing incumbent who's so compromised corruptly like Biden? You try to rig the system and you do whatever you can to protect him by either uh, by abusing and targeting his enemies. So they needed to protect the special counsel that they were trying to use to hound and jail Trump. That became nearly impossible once they lost control of the story that Biden uh, had, had done everything that they were accusing Trump to, to do. So what's the easiest way to deal with that? It became impossible to allow a special counsel for Trump and not for Biden. So you throw one in for Biden, it allows the special counsel to continue for Trump. And so the two nominees are going to be treated by one, a special counsel who uh, is notoriously anti-Trump, um, targeting Biden, and another special counsel who is anti-Trump, targeting Trump. So that works out well, and it certainly certainly fits in with the pattern in this city, which is to protect those who are of the left and, and the Democratic Party while targeting generally people like Trump and his supporters. And, you know, going back to the Ukraine issue, you know, I think it's a, a, a much more simple uh, than it ought to be because of the corruption here in Washington, D.C. First of all, you've got the left that doesn't know what to do in Ukraine. You know, uh, presumably you don't want the Russians to win, right? And you would quickly bring up um, the necessary equipment or send it in to make the fight over as quickly as possible, which is actually not what the Biden administration did. Every every new equipment transfer is like they're digging into their pocket looking for a nickel. So as a result, you've had a war, I think, that's gone on longer than it needed to. And one of the reasons uh, they don't want the Russians necessarily to lose, while also not wanting them to win, is because going back to the files, going back to Biden, because they're compromised. Russia has information on Biden, Ukraine, Russia allied Ukraine, the Russia segment of the Ukraine elites has information on Biden. He's compromised. So he's doing the minimum necessary in many ways uh, to keep the Ukrainians in the fight. And of course, the big media doesn't want to talk about the fact uh, that his son is compromised. And the evidence is he's compromised, too, because of the 10 percent for the big guy. Uh, RICO operation they had running. So as a result, we've got a war going on that otherwise may never have happened but for Biden's corruption and is continuing beyond where it could have been, where I think it should have continued well, it's, 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 because that's of this corruption. That statement. So you're saying – but you, you, we can't say things um, like the war wouldn't have happened – uh, if it wasn't for Biden's corruption, like uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not disagreeing opinion, with you. Right? His, his yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, Fair I don't, enough. I don't even necessarily agree with Tom here. Like, I think that the reason why they're protract, uh, protracting this war to, to go on for as long as possible is because it's who's protracting? You think that the West is pro- the, the West? US. Yeah, yeah. Went, but not the West, but the State Department, right? The United States is is protracting the war by making it go on for as long as possible instead of introducing game changing uh, mechanics that would, you know, would turn the tide in, say, maybe Ukraine's face. Or maybe, you know, calling for a truce, like an immediate one, telling Zelensky, hey, no more guns, no more free stuff, you know, you need to go to the table and talk to Putin and work this thing out peacefully, right? 
They're doing neither of these things. They're just protracting it. And this is something that General Milley has talked about. He says that he expects this thing to go on for years, possibly decades, that this could be the next Afghanistan. And now the reason why they are looking at it this way, and this is my opinion, right, is because there is a huge financial incentive to keep the war going on for as long as possible to destroy as much of Ukraine's infrastructure as possible because BlackRock is invested in this. BlackRock, as you all know, or maybe you don't know, is the largest, America's and the world's largest uh, asset management firm. And they have just very recently, just a few weeks ago, signed an agreement with Zelensky to be the number one provider of the rebuilding effort for Ukraine. What this means is potentially a trillion dollars for BlackRock in Ukraine over the next 20 years. This is what we're talking about. It's all U.S. taxpayer dollars that are going there. Europe will be paying for it as well. And so they want to keep it, they want to keep this whole thing going for as long as possible. Doesn't matter if even Russia benefits from this because Russia is, by the way, benefiting from all these worthless sanctions that are actually helping its economy because Europe is buying all of its resources, all of its oil, through, I mean, from Russia, but they're doing it through proxies like China, like India, and yes, Turkey. So all these well, other countries are... Let me, let me be clear, Mario. The, the, Biden's corruption obviously wasn't the only reason for the war in Russia. I suggest it's a, a significant contributing factor uh, that was present, that it that motivated or, you know, was another excuse or... Or certainly, uh, if if Putin's trying to evaluate what the blowback's going to be from an invasion, and he sees a compromise Biden uh, with compromised in part by Russia uh, because of their monies for him and people like him, they, he's thinking, well, I know what I know how this guy is uh, run. Tom, I know what this guy's number it? is, so I can take this risk that I otherwise would not have take, taken in other situations. Well, Can you and, be specific and, as to those sp- very specific ways in which he is compromised? Because you can't say you said you use the statement, for example, the 10 percent. And someone earlier in the space had debunked that and said that somebody who was the person to whom the email was addressed. Because of Burisma, he's compromised because of the four and a half to five million dollars he got. Hold on, I'm not finished. Also received from um, uh, the oligarch's uh, uh, widow, uh, the mayor of Moscow's oligarch uh, widow, who uh, gave uh, basically gobs of money for no good reason to the Hunter operation. We have evidence that all that money was for, in part, the benefit of Joe Biden while he was vice president. Look, we had documents when Biden rushed to Ukraine in January of 2017, just before Trump came in. Judicial Watch obtained documents that the Obama State Department officials were highlighting how the Russians were mocking Biden coming to Ukraine to fix corruption. And what was the language the Obama State Department official said? Uh, to I think it was to Yovanovitch, the mayor, the the infamous ambassador. Barisma is the gift that keeps on giving, and how they were talking about how the Russia media was trolling Biden on this. The Obama gang knew what Biden had done was a national security issue, and it didn't didn't disappear five years later when Russia was calculating whether to invade Ukraine uh, to uh, try to destroy that country's sovereignty. Yeah, so let me ask you a question here real quick on Ukraine here, because obviously you have a you have a a pretty solid opinion on this. There have been a lot of accusations, especially in the uh, when it comes to Hunter Biden, as well as even the SBF situation. Right. 
when it came but to funneling money from but SPF. But SBS situation. Okay, sorry. Continue. Well, no, 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 no. There is a relation here because there is. There is. There is. There is. Just a, I'm just saying. The Bank of Ukraine. True. True. That's there is. Correct. There is. There is. Yeah. I'm not saying there isn't because we had they the insiders. They basically handled all of Ukraine's crypto. So if you were sending cryptocurrency to Ukraine, FTX was handling it. But there hasn't been any evidence to, for that. That's just an allegation that's been made. No, no, we're no, no, looking. No, 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 no. There is actual like there is actual evidence for it because they put out a press release. The Bank of Ukraine put out press release saying that FTX is handling all the donations in form of crypto into Ukraine. This was something that was done in April. Okay, so I'll let Nick, before Nick, you continue asking a question, Piotr, uh, welcome on stage. Uh, before having Nick ask a question, oh yeah, the newsletter, just everyone uh, pinned above, make sure you sign up for it where we sum up all the points. I need to keep mentioning it. Uh, but yeah, Nick, I'll let you ask a question to Alex, um, and then I'll see Jim and Piotr with their hands up. Okay, all right, yeah. So um, in addition to that, Alex, uh, the there were there were similar allegations with the Hunter Biden situation. Um, when when it comes to that possible corruption, you know, money flowing back from uh, Ukraine uh, into Hunter Biden's pockets, uh, is that something that uh, that we should be concerned about? No, no, we shouldn't even look into it. No, everything the mainstream media tells us about uh, the Ukraine is exactly correct. No, obviously, we should look <laughs> into it. I mean, guys, we know that Joe Biden even said that he had to do a quid pro quo. He has the people in there. And listen, they have political leverage on the current on the current president or else we wouldn't be so indebted to this war. And I know you're like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yes, that's speculation. But when you look at his son, like I said, Hunter Biden became the biggest liability that Joe Biden ever had. And that's what a lot of these other countries are able to use against them. That's what China uses against them. You don't think they have a bunch of hooker and porno type stuff of Hunter Biden. So, yes, it's obvious that we've been in, in, involved with Ukraine for much longer than 2020. In mind. Is there, so, you know, you know, so just to add to what you're saying, right, you know, it's worth keeping in mind, it's not just one laptop that was lost. It was several laptops. And one of the laptops that got got taken from Hunter Biden was uh, stolen by a, 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 a prostitute who worked for the Russian mob. And so there is a laptop out there that is somewhere in with the Russian mob right now. We don't know where it is exactly, but that is a thing that that is known. So that's worth pointing out. That's a different laptop than the one that we have right and, now. So that's an interesting point. And, and so I just really, guys, it does not make sense that we're giving the war in Ukraine this much attention. I know people try to act like they really care about Ukrainians. Nobody cares about Ukrainians. I mean, people want to virtue signal that. Well, Catherine well, I don't want Ukrainians. Because, you know, right, so I don't want to sound good. insensitive. I'm just. I'm saying yeah, all, like, what I'm saying is everybody has Ukrainian flag in their bio is the most ingenuine bullcrap that I've ever seen. So listen, if anybody can't see that this is just the zeitgeist, this is the collective consciousness of society. It's mass formation hypnosis. They, no, no. Let me, well, what, 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 why, what, what, Alex? What, why would you make that statement yeah, about Alex, not people not caring about? Absolute statement, please, Alex. It's getting a little bit ridiculous. That's a, that's a statement. Sorry. It's a pretty extreme statement, Alex. Like not people not. I, I think you're making a good point. Just about people not caring about Ukraine. Maybe means, maybe there's some people. people maybe that yeah. Let me clarify. They, 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 they don't super, care. Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead, Alex. I'm sure there are people out there that are. True, true. I think not everyone. Yeah, true, true. Fair, fair, fair. I get your point. Listen, I care. I don't want Ukrainians to die. I mean that 100. percent I'm just saying it's a very superficial support when everybody's wearing a Ukrainian shirt. Everybody's putting in their bio. They, I'm just saying in general, I don't really think they care. I think it's a political theater. That's what I'm saying. And of course, if you really care about it, I can't tell you how you feel, and I believe you. So I'm just saying. 2012. Remember when everybody cared about the, the children in Africa? 2012. It was a hashtag, and like Ian, what aboutism is is that we? So Alex, 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 hold on, Piotr. Hold on, Alex. I'll, I'll let you finish your well, point. I'm Alex? just saying it's very superficial support. It's not. It's carried on by the mainstream media to get us to 
you know, cheerlead for Vladimir Zelensky. Like I said, he's constantly on the cover of Vogue. He's constantly on every Zoom meeting and everything. Every celebrity is going over there. Every politician, I Patch McCain is able to go over there. Nancy Pelosi can fly first class. So if all these guys can sit and they can have lunch with Zelensky and get their photo op and Ben Stiller can go there and Sean Penn can start crying. I don't like all that Hollywood stuff. To me, I think that most of those Hollywood people are pedophile freaks. And I know that sounds crazy, but I don't really care. So I'm just telling you, I believe what's happening in the Ukraine is the biggest waste of American resources. And it's the biggest waste of geopolitical resources, because as human beings, we should be able to come to an agreement about the border. We can't even come to an agreement about the border between Texas and Mexico. So that's why I'm frustrated. I'm just frustrated with what our priorities are here in America when people are struggling. So listen, I'm not trying to be insensitive to people in Ukraine. You know, God bless your soul. I don't want any of them to die. But everybody putting a Ukrainian flag in their bio is the fakest garbage I've ever seen in my life. How, how about the argument, Alex, I've got a question for you. How about the argument that if Ukraine falls, it increases the risk of um, a, 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 a nuclear conflict because what will Russia do next and, and Poland is a, is a NATO country? Wouldn't, would, wouldn't you say like the border between the US and Mexico, it's closer to home, but it's not as serious as – a proxy war between the two superpowers. Well, like I said, let me put on my tinfoil hat. I mean, I believe it's trauma-based mind control. The, the the American media and government wants to make you afraid that Russia is going to be able to use a nuclear bomb and kill you instantly. Because once they have that power over you, they can control us, like literally like mice. So when they use Putin as this big bad boogeyman that's going to drop a nuclear bomb, according to history, we're the only people to ever drop a nuclear bomb. So they want you to live in fear of Vladimir Putin. And I'm not saying Vladimir Putin well, well, they want you to live in fear of something, I would add. I mean, during the beginning of the Obama administration, we had the Great Reset. It was the, you know, the idiot Republicans that were causing unnecessary, uh, discord, you know, discord with the Russians. And then, of course, the Democrats came in by uh, Hillary Clinton, who was on the take of the Russian oligarchs and, and that regime. Uh, so they changed their policy until it became politically convenient to tie the Russians to Republicans. This virtually has, you know, I think there are significant geopolitical issues here. But if anyone thinks the Biden administration cares about them in any comprehensive or honest way, uh, you know, Alex has got it down 100 uh, percent. This is they are managing a political scandal in Ukraine, which is a, they allowed the Russians to invade Ukraine on their watch. Biden's personally compromised by it. And now they've got this geopolitical crisis as a result of their incompetence. And secondly, you know, they, uh, it is somewhat convenient to have all the eyes focused on Ukraine while there's a five million person invasion. The largest humanitarian catastrophe, the largest human trafficking, trafficking operation in the history of humanity going on in our southern border in a way it's that is going to change America, that we, we are going to lose the republic unless we get a hold of what we're doing there and fix it. Okay, well, so you know I want to easy... jump in at the moment um, because I was in Ukraine in September um, and I, I think it's um, – okay, so firstly, Alex, nice to meet you. Um, I appreciated your clarity on, on, you know, saying that you do, you know, don't obviously don't want people to die. I think that is important because there are some people, not necessarily in here, 
But there are some people who are like, you know, we don't give a shit about Ukraine, don't give a shit about the war, it's not our war. And I understand that argument. It is, you know, um, putting nation, national interests and self-interests first is important because at the end of the day, if you don't take care of your, of your own, then, well, you're not going to be much of a state. It's about self-survivalism and that's the basic theory of international relations. So I agree with you on that front. However, the war is significant because it is the arguably the symbolism of autocracy versus democracy. If we don't do anything to curb the threat of Vladimir Putin, if you like the guy, well, then I question your rationality. Not you, I mean, one's rationality, right? He is a threat to um, our interests, not just Americans, the world. He is a threat to the Russian people. He is a, he is a threat. Um, and as someone who is half Russian, I can tell you the country has gone backwards under him, particularly in the past seven, eight years, where he has become increasingly paranoid, increasingly driven by ideological extreme values, uh, and, 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 and this desire to want to restore Russia to some degree of greater... Wait, ideologically presence. extreme values? Like what exactly? You need to specify what you mean by that. Well, the belief that the entirety of the Ukrainian state is run by Nazis, I think that's probably a little um... bit of an overstretch. No, What values are we yeah. talking about? Are we talking about traditional Christian values? Are those ideologically extreme values? No, well, aren't just, for example, no. His, 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 his are just Christian people? values, Ian. His, his is to make the entire Russian state homophobic to anybody who doesn't... Homophobic? How exactly, how exactly yeah. anti-grooming laws you can't homophobic? Walk down what, the what do you mean? It's not anti homophobic for having the exact same... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, so hey, Ian, you're you, saying you that values are the exact same laws in, in Russia going on right now. So how can you say that it's homophobic to not want your kids to become trans? How is that homophobic? It's not yeah, just anti-trans, Ian. It is, it's not acceptable to be gay. It's not acceptable to... It's an anti-grooming law. It's an anti-propaganda law. Anti-LGBT propaganda is not the same thing as anti-gay. It's not the same thing. Ian, you're, it is you're not acceptable. semantics here, and the point I'm making is, and I it's want to bring semantics. back to you, no, it's it, not is, it is very much like, semantics. If you don't want your because kids to be groomed into becoming trans people, it's not the same no, as saying homophobia we hate Go ahead, Piotr. I'll let you finish your point, Piotr, and I know Catherine wants to speak, and then I'll let Ian respond, Ian and Alex. Yeah, yeah, look, so Ian, I'm not going to entertain this point much more. I want to focus on the war itself, not about LGBT politics. Then why bring it up? Because you focus you on the war. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, continue. Ian's Ian. Uh, I love a baity Ian. He's great. Um, I do like a lot of what you share, and I think it's quite funny. But anyway, um, to the war itself, to Alex's point, um, this is a difficult decision. This is a difficult balance because um, either we pull out completely, i.e., supporting Ukraine, and it's likely Russia will just sheer, sheerly win through manpower as they did in the Second World War through what's known as Soviet doctrine, through the sheer overwhelming of the opposition through numbers. It's called total war. Or we continue to supply the Ukrainians with enough arms that they can win it themselves. Short of us going in, i.e. NATO, and attacking the Russians directly, which, which would lead to World War III, uh, we can't do that. So we're in this difficult situation. Give them nothing or give them arms so that they can fight it themselves. Unfortunately, this takes time and it leads to the um, disenfranchisement and um, distrust in our governments because we think that they're more interested in supporting a bunch of countries. Do you mind if I respond to that exactly? Like yeah, let, let, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Let, well, Alex well, and Ian, I'll let you respond, guys. So, you know, okay. you, you pointed out that the Soviet doctrine was to throw bodies at a problem, and that, that is true. And that is Ukraine's doctrine at the moment. It is not Russia's doctrine, so it's inaccurate to say that Russia is just simply throwing man, uh, manpower at it. That's not what they're doing. They're throwing Wagner at it, and Wagner is not officially part of the Russian government. So that, you, you can't really make that argument. Furthermore, they're so, you know, here's the problem, all right? So 
So, so just hand over your land because Putin invaded you. Well, would saying. it be alive or or have land? Yeah, I mean you're not you're not going to be able to that land if. You're so, so, but but Alex, what yeah. what happens if what happens if they negotiate and say, okay, Russia, you can have this land? Don't you think Putin's going to be like, okay, well no, that I worked. Now I, I can invade I again that and get more land. Because that's how negotiation works. You would say, hey, we're going to negotiate this part, and then you will not. How many times has Putin negotiated and went back? On How his many work? times has NATO negotiated Putin and then walked back on all of the things and, he promised? Well, answer me. How many yeah. times has Putin negotiated and walked back on his work? Yeah. Ian, NATO's yeah. never invaded anybody. Has NATO, NATO is not an aggressive force. <laughs> How many countries? NATO is go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Catherine. Go ahead, Catherine. How many countries? I mean, there's so many. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Catherine's questions is for Alex. Go ahead, Catherine. Yeah, there's so many countries that have have been around, you know, in Europe and others. Like all these countries, I've talked. I, I recently traveled to to Europe and Eastern Europe in particular, and I've talked to representatives, including people who work in the military, and they are terrified of Russia because they see them as hostile. Their their military preparedness is constantly Why about they get Russia. All the natural gas from Russia. If they're so terrified. Well, no, I agree. I don't think they should. So I think that's they, a colossal mistake. Answer that question. If they're so terrified of them, why do they get all their point. natural resources from if they're so terrified of them? Guys, guys, so so hold on. So Alex and Catherine, please go ahead. Alex and Catherine. Yeah. So they, they, they're, that is a mistake. They shouldn't be doing that. So that doesn't mean that they're not making, they aren't scared and they have, and when Russia goes in, they are brutal when, in, in their attacks. So they have a lot of military not, forces specifically not, prepared for these attacks. Have you not seen the Nazis with the swastikas, the Ukrainian? Okay, so the Azov Battalions, how many people do you think are a Azov Battalion members? I mean, and two, like, and tell me the numbers, and two, okay, how many of them are not? I've seen the videos of them yeah. taping people to those poles where it is zero degrees outside. I have. So you I think have, that that's which is cool? not, so you think that's not cool. okay. So that's who you're defending, no, Catherine. Not that's cool. who you're defending. So wake up, honey. Look in a mirror. No. Have a reality no, check. No, but Come Alex, why are we pie, honey bunch. You're defending Nazis. And you're but Alex, why are we only attacking them? Russians are so bad. Uh, so I'll get, so I'll, Catherine, I'll let you respond. Go ahead. Yeah, but basically, I know, and I know what, all the points that these keep get, getting made. No, I don't think it's great. Because and you're, I not bright, that, however, you're not very bright, Catherine. You're not very bright. You're a hypocrite. You're a dull Alex, hypocrite. Alex, when you're entering a country and you're so, murdering so Hold on, Alex. Hold on. Go ahead, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> Two, two wrongs do not make a right, right? And then the only time I hear people talking about the wrongdoings, for some reason, are only when Ukrainians are doing it. And you're never talking about all the things that the Russians are doing Russia for some sucks. reason. And I don't I've never said that. Russia's good. I'm not pro-Russia. Russia can kick my... No, but people only talk about that for some reason. The Azovs, people don't talk about the Wagner Group, don't talk about all the, like, wh- why is it just Ukraine, which is the country that has because been invaded and has been all of our money, Catherine. War. That's the one that they're using as a proxy. So your, your main concern, Alex, is like the, Alex, your main, what, 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 really, why are you targeting Ukraine, Alex, and, and the negatives there is mainly because so much Ukraine, so much U.S. money is going it's to Ukraine. Corruption. That's the biggest and concern it's you have. totally corrupt is the problem. It's the massive Yes, Alex, that's a fair point, but th- that's a different point. You guys don't let Alex about. respond. He literally yeah, he, gets he, asked the question. Yeah, and yeah he, he, respond, he, he, he responded. Now, I got the response from Alex. I got the re- it is a heated debate. I got the response. I got the response from Alex. The response is his main concern is that the US, US man is going to Ukraine and there is corruption in Ukraine, which is a very valid point. Um, and, and I look, and it's a very valid point as well. The point you've made earlier 
about fixing problems within the U.S. and looking at the border with Mexico as a as a as a more concerning problem for the U.S. than the Ukraine war is a, probably a better debate to have. Like, Catherine, would you would you agree or disagree with the point that Alex made there? Is the border with Mexico and other domestic issues within the U.S. a bigger concern for the U.S. than a potential nuclear conflict with Russia or Russia, well, Russia taking territory from Ukraine? I can understand people's point of view when they make that argument. So I do, I can sympathize with that. I can understand also why, uh, it makes sense. Like I do think there is a geopolitical case to be made about why money should go to Ukraine that benefits the U.S., but I can understand a disagreement and why some people might think, no, the money should be spent elsewhere. That's a fair argument to have. So, yeah. So, Alex, how would you, if it were, in your opinion, how should the U.S. handle the Ukraine war? What should be the next steps? Because it is a very delicate situation. Well, anything, I think we should facilitate negotiations with Vladimir Putin and with the Ukraine and sit with him, whether we have to sit in Poland or, you know, this at the beginning of the conflict, they recommended doing that. And we should have done it. We need to sit there and sit down and figure this out like human beings. We are not animals. There, you know, there is something that separates us from animals and we should be able to come to an agreement i know people like oh war we have to have war war is unnecessary in my opinion if we can come to an agreement that satisfies both so 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 alex i've got a question for you then so we get to the position where negotiations actually start now negotiations starting is not the same as them being reached to a a conclusion i think your audio's your audio's not great by the way your audio's really Uh, shit uh, i'll do it now i'll do it now um yeah okay cool um so i'm in headphones in a restaurant so everyone's looking at me while i'm that's fine okay go ahead um yeah so um diplomacy doesn't happen overnight it's a process and just because you start negotiations doesn't mean that they're going to actually reach an end point so alex my question for you um okay so we get them the table but how can you and whether or not you're interested in protecting ukraine or not but how can we guarantee that russia just won't do this again in five to ten years Peter, they rebuild I, have their the, I have a rebuttal for you just real quick you know okay, no so let me wait. finish no 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 no, 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 no i just want to ask this you've asked your question so what's your question yeah. Yeah. Finish your yeah, question. i'm, I'm trying to get there if Ian would shut the hell up and stop guys 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 no one abuse their so finish your question finish your question bro and then ian i'll let respond go ahead I'm trying to, but the, 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 the lack of mic etiquette on this stage is ask, uh, I finish your question, ask bro. Ask your question. Don't get mad. Just ask. Then shut up here. Oh, bro, come oh, on. That, that's another here. attack. Piotr. Uncalled for. Because Uncalled he keeps for. interrupting everybody. No, right. he's told you to ask your question, bro. Three times. I haven't finished. And he told him to shut up. Bro, oh, ask your question, man. Shut up. For fuck's sake. He said finish your question, man. Because so I... finish your question. And do you still you answer? I'm like, finish. He's like, finish your question. He's like, okay, shut up. Is that you finish your question? Finish your question, man. Unbelievable. I would love to. Go ahead. Unbelievable indeed, yes. Um, this is not how you do political discourse. Um, anyway, so um, how would you, Alex... Ian, 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 it's fine. Ian, Ian, Ian. Guys, guys, Ian, it's fine. Go ahead, Piotr. No, it's, 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 go ahead, man. Yeah. How would you, Alex, um, guarantee that Russia didn't invade Ukraine again? How would you guarantee that the Russians wouldn't threaten uh, the eastern flank? How would you guarantee that the NATO-Russian reliant relationship wasn't... Uh, well, there... So you mean like, so just to add, Alex, just to add on to it. So what you mean by Piotr, like if, if they do reach an agreement, uh, how do you guarantee Russia not breaking that agreement and wanting more territory again? Is that what you meant or I misunderstood? Yes. How would you, like, it's pretty clear what I asked. I mean, how would you, how would you prevent them from just doing what they've done so again here's in 2022 what, here's and 2027? I want to I ask you a question in a rebuttal before Alex answers. And I want to ask you, how do you think it's fair, right, for Ukraine to come to the, uh, to the table to negotiate and, and make an unreasonable demand, like give us Crimea. 
Do you think that's? Do you think? Do you think that will facilitate a conversation with Russia when it is literally a red line for Russia? Russia says no. Crimea is always ours. This is not negotiable. How do you think? How do you think? Do you think like Russia will be like amenable to a conversation with Ukraine if it makes demands like that? Um, so look, sorry for uh, telling you to shut up, um, but this is a very obviously personal and difficult topic. Um, FYI, Crimea. Was uh, your mic, sorry, Chris, just your mic closer, uh, if you don't F- mind. FYI, Khrushchev gave Crimea to Ukraine in 1954. So Ukraine has um, had partial ownership of Crimea as long as Russia has had. So it's deviated between both sides. So. Um, it's also difficult to talk about an entire peninsula as just a pawn when you've got tens of thousands of Tatars, the local communities that have been there for about 500, 600 years, just being sort of flung around like they're pawns in a chess game. So um, I don't know. Uh, Crimea is probably going to be the biggest sticking point, And that's most people say that, including Timothy Snyder, who's followed this for years. So um, I think that you need to um, have a, a basic set of principles, i.e. Crimea is a no-go zone. Um, I, for example, don't think that NATO should accept Ukraine. I think Ukraine being part of the EU, where they can have other sort of forms of security assurances would be fine. Um, I also think that the Russian language shouldn't be removed from, you know, Ukrainian constitution. I also don't think that they should try and axe this relationship between Ukraine and Russia's uh, orthodoxy. So, 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 uh, there's a lot of elements. I'll go back. I'll go back to the question, Piotr. You asked a good question. Well, you know, Ian question answered it. Go how is it you solve border disputes in Central Europe? Do you solve it through invasion and force? Uh, like the Russians do, or do you solve it through negotiations and discussion? The Russians have decided to solve their disputes in Ukraine through force. And to allow them to succeed at that, to me, would have deleterious consequences for America in ways that we can't comprehend right now. And in my view is uh, that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean certain things flow from that, meaning you give money to the Ukrainian government so they can continue to uh, employ bureaucrats as opposed to a more effective use of it. But, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not convinced that we're hearing a, a, a kind of a full explanation of the concerns about what Russia has done in Ukraine. The Ukrainians oppose the Russian invasion. It's a patriotic movement. There are extremists, obviously, in Ukraine. But it is it, it is a, uh, a surprise for the Russians that the Ukrainians opposed them because they thought Russian ethnics and speakers in Ukraine would uh, fall aside or support the Russian invasion. That turned out not to be the case. The Russians as a country, don't support the invasion. They don't hate the Ukrainians. And I think, you know, going back to this issue that Catherine was raising, you know, we've got to look what was behind this Russian invasion, who was behind it, why was it done? And you'll find, I think, it support for the Ukrainians. I would do it in a much more aggressive way because the longer it draws out, the more likely the Russians think they can just wait it out. Yeah, so the, 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 the concept here is either a marginal or a decisive victory. So does one side absolutely flatten the other? 
through military, um, you know, overwhelming, like uh, like the Russians were expected to do with Ukraine? Or is there a marginal victory whereby we uh, see a diplomatic solution and one side uh, foregoes some degree and, you know, let's say it's a frozen conflict, i.e. that neither side moves, and we just live with these new borders and Ukraine has to accept that and, and a lot of other parameters. Those are sort of the two options. So I want to go to... So, Alex, the question... The, the first question that Piotr asked is a good question. Question like how how let's say they reach an agreement. Ukraine is because I'm getting questions from the audience. I'll read this one out for you. Let me let me just read one out. So I think you'll disagree, Alex. Do you, first, do you disagree that Russia should invade all of Ukraine and 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 that's pretty extreme. And then Ukraine becomes part of Russia. Do you think such an outcome is 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 not as bad as many think, or it's an outcome that should? I don't happen? think Russia wants all of Ukraine, personally. Thank so you. This, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Which, which is that on state television that they do that constantly. So I don't know if that's uh, necessarily true based on their own phrasing on Russian state media, which I listen to in Russian. So I don't know. So they so literally you, tried so to take the capital. So <laughs> I mean, they tried to invade the whole country. But did they? they but but did they try to invade the capital to try to 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 kind of have a, a better negotiating position for some territory out of Ukraine? Like Can Russia has said, because Russia has stated that they are ready to negotiate with Ukraine as long as they realize the territorial territorial changes. So, Alex, like, what exactly. what would be the demands are not? Yeah, it's not to take over Kiev. I mean, if they wanted to level all of, here's the funny thing. Okay, maybe it's not very funny, but here's the facts. If 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 Russia wanted to level all of Ukraine right now, they could. They just haven't. People need to realize that this is not. You know, they are minimizing how much they they do in Ukraine. That's a fact. They could literally bomb the shit out of the country right now, just like completely level it. They could do that. And they no, could that's not, that's not correct. That's just not correct, Ian. They don't, they don't have enough. Well, no, Alex, Alex, go ahead. Piotr said it's not correct. And Ian's point, Alex, what do you think? Piotr said it's not correct. Ian made the point that uh, Russia could level well, Ukraine. Weapons What's your are as strong as they, are, they say, then I think that is possible. But that, listen, Russia doesn't want to do that. They don't want to get into World War III. But the problem is, guys, I keep talking about the military-industrial complex loves this. They're going to keep this going. And they're going to give Ukraine just enough, just enough to stay in the game. So they're only down by three points. I don't know if you guys know American football, but they're just going to stay there. So they're one possession away that they're going to be, they're going to think the whole time Ukraine can win the war. Ukraine can win the war because then that rallies more support for all the dumb people that put the blue, you know, uh, blue and gold flag in their bio. Like, oh, I'm going to start World War Three. So we're in this weird pissing match, this geopolitical pissing match. And the only people that lose is us because they're pissing on us and telling us it's raining. So that's my problem. So listen, uh, Piotr, if, if Vladimir Zelensky really cared about his citizens, he knows that he's outmatched. I mean, everybody knows he's outmatched. That's why he's out there e-begging on every show and every magazine, on every freaking award show. So in, in reality, yes, I believe Russia could take him out in two seconds. But they know they don't want to start World War Three. And the whole reason that I believe that they're even doing this is because Ukraine is threatening and joining NATO. So if they gave them uh, so, uh, I got two points that they to wouldn't that, do Alex. that, I don't um, believe that Russia sorry. would advance 
No, they're not doing Alex, they're not doing it because of Ukraine joining NATO. NATO is not a threat to Russia. The Russians know that. These are all pretextual. You have to remember, these is a neo-communist regime, and they're acting like the Russian communists have done for ages, which is to look for fake Western provocations to justify their expansionist approach. And, right, good, and it may go back 150 years in terms of where they feel their empire can be. Uh, but Putin is about afraid as NATO as, you know, any sensible person what? would be. <laughs> so I got to. So Alex, I'll respond to that. I don't necessarily oh, think he is that afraid, but it's, it's basically like optics. You know, he wants, he doesn't want them to be aligned with somebody that is optically his enemy. So that's why. And listen, I don't I believe when it comes to globalism and it comes to uh, American being the American police, America is the worst. People need to stop America from invading other countries, our invasion in the Middle East, our invasion in other countries. We need to get our heads out of other people's asses. So so if everybody wants to complain about Russia trying to get the Donbass region in, in between Ukraine and Russia, that doesn't matter. America does much worse. So so I'm a, I'm mad about the American expansion. I don't think countries should expand at all personally. So I've got two points to make uh, Alex quickly and I'm curious for your thoughts. Um, so, number one, um, Russia's actually used a large proportion of its artillery um, stockpile, about 75% in some capacities. Um, and So there's two different types of bombs that you can use in military. You're my closer, uh, please, bro. Sorry. Um, sorry. Um, there's two types of military missiles that you can use. Smart bombs, which have a precision-guided capacity, so they can pinpoint directly using lasers and stuff like that and hit their target very much. It's what we saw in Afghanistan when they blew up a, an entire balcony, not even a house, just a balcony with a member of al-Qaeda. Very, very precision strike. Then there are dumb bombs. Dumb bombs are just basically what we've used for many, you know, a long time, and they just, you know, arbitrarily land wherever and blow up. Russia used its smart bombs, all of its smart bombs, in, in enough per, uh, amount that they ran out by about May. They're now been relying on um, dumb bombs. That's why you see these arbitrary artillery shots happening all the time, and that's why they're bringing in uh, artillery from North Korea or even Syria and, and, and other countries. So um, they do have a huge stockpile of artillery, but it is diminishing quite quickly. And so for us to say that they could just flatten Ukraine, I'm not sure that's a that's a that's a reasonable assessment. The other My thing I Gone. Sorry, sorry, Phil. I'll point. let you ask your question here. Did you have a, okay? So before you make your other point, because I know Caroline and Jim are waiting as well. So I want to ask a question to, to Ian, and of course Tom and Alex could jump in on this one as well. What would happen if Putin is put into a corner? That he, you know, he, the, the war in, in in Ukraine is not going according to plan. Um, you know, everyone's surprised regarding a lot of the failures, military failures by Russia. If he's constantly being put into that corner, and and could there be a position where he just has no choice but to to start using or, or threatening more with uh, so here's, nuclear yeah, arms? I can answer that. I can answer that. Um, so Russia's military doctrine, despite what you might have heard, is not to nuke first. It is to nuke second. It is to nuke in retaliation. Right. So this is the question you're asking: Are they going to use nuclear weapons? No, they're not going to use nuclear weapons unless it is used on them first, or if there is an actual threat of using nuclear weapons on Russia. Meaning that if America is stupid enough to start positioning nuclear bombs or you know near the border, say in Pol you know like like 
aiming it at Russia or giving Ukrainians the potential, the ability to conduct first strike operations, for instance, flying F-16s into Moscow and bombing it. If they if they're under that threat, then certainly, yes, which is why when Lindsey Graham says stupid shit, like, let's give them our Abrams tanks, let's give them F-16s, that is a really, really, really bad idea because that would actually start World War Three. That would literally start World War Three if they were to start doing stuff like that. So we should definitely not be escalating. We should be de-escalating. And I'm talking about the whole world when I say we. We should not be engaging with the Russians and saying, hey, uh, let's let's call their bluff. Let's fuck them up. Let's uh, let's send some F-16s and, and scare the bejesus out of them by bombing Moscow. You do not do things like that with any nuclear power. It's funny because everybody's afraid of North Korea, right? They're afraid of provocations of North Korea. Oh, we can't fly our jets too close to North Korea because they might drop a bomb on Seoul. But no one seems to be asking if it's a really good idea to make the same kind of provocations to Russia. And Russia is a much more stable country. It's got a much more powerful military compared to North Korea, which, by the way, could be very easily leveled by uh, the United States within a single day. This is not this is not North Korea we're talking about. We're talking about Russia, which is like the world's number two military the whole world, right? Two so, or three. Very bad idea. Yeah, two or three. It's debatable, right? With China, uh, their navy is, is actually quite big right now. But yeah, it's either two or three. So it's it's not a good idea to have two superpowers battling it out like this. It is this very stupid game that the United States is currently playing by supporting a proxy war with Russia. Yep. Alex, what's that you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. But I, this is space has been a blast. I had to go. It's already freaking 720. Uh, but Listen, guys, I actually really enjoyed the uh, political discourse. Now I'm going to come and do it again. But I, I I get it. People want to, you know, champion and cheerlead for the next big thing. I'm sure a lot of the people that love Ukraine are probably quadruple boosted. And you're probably realizing, like, this is your political ideology to, you know, lean this way and be in favor of it. But I just want you to look in the mirror and, like, ask yourself, you know, what? Why? You know, why? Why do they want you to live in fear? Why do they want you to live in a constant World War Three? Why is this even happening? And then why are we on this space talking about it like these are chess pieces on a, on a checkerboard? This is not this is not what it is. These are human beings that are dying because of imaginary lines in the sand and for the military industrial complex to benefit. And we all get screwed and we have to watch videos of people being taped to polls, whether you're liberal or conservative. It's all very disgusting. And, and I hate it. And I hate it for the young kids that are growing up and seeing, you know, the world that it is today. But Anybody out there cheerleading for America to get involved? I just want to bring up this last point. I said this earlier. America is the best when it comes to fucking something up. And they're going to fuck this deal up. I guarantee it. I don't know how, but Obama himself said it. If you want something to be fucked up, let Joe Biden handle it. You know, he said something to that extent. So Obama doesn't even like (laughs) Joe Biden. So that's all you need to know. And if Obama doesn't like Joe Biden, then I don't like Joe Biden. But honestly, I kind of like the... I kind of like... Alex, I just I wanted to on say, Alex. Hey, hey, Piotr, can you wait? Yeah. yeah, sorry, Piotr, I'll give you the mic in a bit, Piotr. Uh, so, Alex, you were saying? I just, I just wanted Obama. to say thank you to Alex. Okay. Well, no, oh, okay. and, oh. and like I said, we need to do this again, and I, well, I wouldn't be leaving, but I'm, it's it's 7.20. I could do something right at 7.30. I have another... Man, you've been here, you've been here yeah, for like yeah, three no, hours, so, so, so permission permission to leave, Alex. It's, it's been great, and like I said, somebody said it earlier, you know, nationalism. I, I, I don't like that word because it's been hijacked by the mainstream media, you know, to say Nazi, but it shouldn't be a crime to love your country, and, and I love the state of Texas. I live in Dallas. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but I'm about five hours from the border, like six and a half from where it's really, really bad, and I'll tell you this much. Every day I see 
I'm in Dallas and I walk around this park and I see buses of people getting off and I'll see a man with like three kids and they have like a backpack and they're like, have, you know, clothes that like they just got from Walmart or something like brand new clothes. And I wonder like where these kids are going. I wonder where they're doing. I see them walking around. I see them with masks. So I'm just saying I can touch and feel the problems that we're having here in Texas. And I'm pro immigration. I don't think that we shouldn't have immigrants, but I just don't think kids should be sold to coyotes to come across the border and be sex trafficked and drug trafficked. So I'm seeing that. And for me, that's why it's hard for me to be so empathetic when I talk about the conflict in Ukraine, because I see the conflict here. I lost one of my best friends, Clark Gable. He was a son of Clark Gable, the famous actor. He died of a fentanyl overdose to a 32 year old kid. I say that, you know, I say kid, he just had a lot of life ahead of him. So I've, I've seen it. I've been affected by the drug war. I've been affected by the border crisis we're having here in Texas. So I would just like it. Even my governor, Governor Abbott, he's an idiot too. He's not addressing it. He's Republican. So I'm just saying it's not even a political thing. The left wing and right wing are on the same bird. And that bird is autistic and is about to fly through a plate glass window. So we have to stop. Listen, my last point, <laughs> we have to stop idolizing politicians. Idolizing a politician is like thinking the stripper actually likes you. The stripper doesn't like you, and these politicians don't care about us. We need to care about one another. So I'm happy that we could have a civil uh, discussion. We need to do it again. So thank you for having me, Mario. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Alex. really can't wait to have you guys. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Take care, bro. Yeah, so I've got Jim. Jim, we've been waiting for a while, man, if you don't mind, Nick. By the way, I, I, I got a DM from uh, someone uh, that I just looked at when I was about to get on, and, and they said, that was the first time I've ever heard Mario yell. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, yeah. Yeah, you got pretty Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, well, you know, and, and, and it, it gets kind of out of hand, honestly, when we're talking about this. But the reality is that we are playing this game again where we are allowing American politicians who, frankly, kind of looking at the uh, the original title of the room, we're allowing politicians to get by with crap. I mean, we don't do anything about it. We don't have a uh, apparently anymore a legal construct that holds every American can- accountable to the law. And so these politicians just keep moving these things forward without any opposition. And And honestly, that's challenging for the world. I have friends in Asia. I've got uh, friends in Europe. And, and it's, 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 I've never been so embarrassed about how we're doing things right here that allows this stuff to get so out of hand. And, and what's interesting but, but, to how, me... How, how, Jim, how so, would you say we're more corrupt now, we as in the U.S.? The U.S. is more corrupt now than it was 10 years ago? You can't say that. Oh, uh, yes, it is. I would, I would argue that in some... I wouldn't say overall more corrupt ten, than 10 years ago, but we've got some significant areas where that corruption is getting bad. What we've seen in the Twitter files, what we see in the way that um, high-level politics... But like, you would never see I, I agree, I agree. I, I agree. Uh, sorry, continue your point. Sorry, Jim. I was going to say, you would never see presidents get by with what they get by with right now in the when they're found out. I mean, yeah, people so it is get more by with stuff. It is more politics. corrupt, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but in some key areas. So, I mean, you know, right now the Russia... Right, the president's is a very important area. Wouldn't you agree? Well, no, I agree, but 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 the, here's here's why the, I say this, and as it relates to Ukraine. So we've got a president sitting in the White House right now who whose family is clearly connected to things in Ukraine. We see right now evidence uh, on a laptop and and a person that was doing business with them, Tony Bobolinsky, who who has benefited in some manner 
in a large way from China. And these are two key areas of our geopolitical of geopolitical concern right now for the United States. And we've got the guy sitting in the White House who just it's no big deal. Interestingly, we have a former president who was claimed to be uh, influenced and corrupted by these, particularly the Russiagate thing related to Donald Trump. And we find out there wasn't a dang thing there. And we're we're messed up right here in that political turmoil. And that takes us away from being able to focus on these things. Because listen, Ukraine's important. The whole situation's important. I'm I'm totally against the military industrial complex and the way they stir these things up. I'm mostly with most of what Alex is saying. Um, but the, the thing is that we can't address it in a rational way because there's no restraint. And that's what's different in 10 years is the restraint is is slowly whittling away, whereas corruption's always been there, um, you know, uh, politics is corrupt. As I always say, you know, this politics thing would be easy if I didn't have to deal with people. I mean, the corruption is there, but it, people are getting by with the corruption in the last 10 years more than they ever have in this country. We're beginning to look like a third world country in, in some key areas, and it concerns me greatly. Well, you know, this Sorry, is Tom. Tom. I, you know, Tom, I'm going to go ahead. No, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, it's a, uh, it, it, you know, there's different types of corruption. And there's the kind of you have to give me you have to give me a bribe to avoid this ticket type of corruption versus the kind of the core corruption that undermines governance and can. Granted, uh, because of endemic corruption, and in the case of the last ten years, you know, we, you know, there have been concerns about abuses of the FBI and you know other agencies and such. But here you have an embrace by one major political party of using the powers of federal law enforcement to jail and target and harass and spy on their political opponents, and that's something we haven't seen before in American history. Uh, so there are threats to the republic that we haven't seen before. And in my view, it's a communist revolutionary period beyond that in the sense that these attacks on our core uh, institutions of government, uh, whether it be you know the courts or Congress or uh, just the process of elections, you know, which is kind of a different piece, but part of the same challenge we're facing as a country. So the, so the corruption uh, is, is a, a significant threat. And as we see and we've heard about, the, it can cause severe national security issues. Uh, you know, the classified information is probably its small bore, you know, compared to uh, in, in um, encouraging uh, the worst of America's enemies take steps they otherwise would have not have taken because America is tottering and and or compromised because its leadership is corrupt. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the FBI thing and, and, and all these uh, agencies secretly working with corporations to shut down free speech. That is a threat that always, you know, has sought 
to what has lingered as a possibility all the way back to the, you know, we're going to talk about a new church committee thing. Well, all the way back to the actual church committee, Frank Church was saying very clearly what he saw in terms of capabilities, if it ever got out of hand, would be a, a threat to the republic. Now, there were ways in which what he did see and how it was playing out at the time were potential threats. It was never to this level. And this, that's the kind of stuff that is one area of our governance in the United States that has not been a serious threat to our freedoms. And it is right now. And, and that is very third worldy. Like, like we've got people in our government on both sides of the aisle who really, really think, and mostly, and mostly on the Democrat side of the aisle with respect to fellow Democrats here that I have personal respect for, but the, the Democrat party, mostly it like they look at president G and just wish that they had that kind of control over things. Maybe they don't think it should go every bit as far as G, but they really like kind of the stuff he's doing. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Ed, just I'd be prepared to respond to this since he's referring to liberals. I think it's only fair. Ed, okay. well, and, and, and by the way, I have, I have respect for Ed, so I'm not I'm not like wanting to blow him out of the water, but I, I'm curious his thoughts. But but so when we go back to when the Olympics were in China not long ago and the media fawning over how orderly and wonderful things are there. And, and the thing is, we have had what to some people has looked like relative disorder compared to stuff like that. But at our core, we had a fundamental liberty that no one could overcome. Whereas in China, they've had this thing that seemed like order and the cities are clean and all this kind of stuff. But at their core was corruption, was the mutilation of people uh, speaking primarily but not exclusively of the Uyghurs, the, the the elimination of people who didn't fit a certain place. Down in Brazil right now, we've got stuff going on uh, where people are getting arrested without due process. Now it's well over 3,000 people who are now being held in Israel, I mean in uh, Brazil, excuse me, um, without due process. Like they don't even have charges. And what I'm saying is, if we have something like what's going on in the FBI and what we're finding out in the Twitter files, which is the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion, and we see that institutionally throughout our bureaucratic system in those particular kinds of agencies, that is evidence of a potential downfall if it's allowed to go unchecked. We've been successful at checking that somewhat in the past, both because of our personal uh, morality as a country, which has never been perfect, but it's it's been good in those areas, and also because of the actual ability of the actions of the actors who are involved in those agencies, who are humans like everyone, and, and we fight that corruption all the time. So that's what concerns like, me. Like, Jim, I, I definitely see your point, but I, at the same time, I feel like I feel like this is just a bias on your end. Because from my point of view, the FBI has had issues for quite some time. Like, just let's just go back to the 2016 election where James Comey came out and said Hillary's under investigation, what, a week before the election? I, I mean, no matter what side you're on, you, you're going to be able to pick and choose, like, what you think's right that the FBI is doing, what you think's wrong. And there's plenty of times over the course of the past 20 years where this – roles have been switched and it was Democrats calling the FBI corrupt and Republicans have been defending them. So I think it's, it's just this back and forth. And I think it, it's very political. And we have to remember that the FBI is being run by Christopher, Christopher Ray, who's actually a 
contributor to the Federalist Society and who was appointed by Donald Trump. And before him, it was James Comey, who was also a conservative, who was re- who was uh, appointed by a conservative president. So I, to, to say that one party is more corrupt than the other and to pinpoint it as being issue. a Democrat, I think that's it's an it's overreach. It's the deep state versus the elected officials. But Ed, if that's your so, – if, just, to, just to answer you real quickly, Ed, if that's your argument – then you and I are agreeing almost entirely. But what I'm saying, the reason I bring up the Democrat Party right now is that what the FBI is, and and, and I agree with you that the Republican Party in the past has been way too deferential to those areas. I agreed with that back then. Like in that case, I'm not partisan but but let me say this, that right now, the the greatest beneficiary of... Actually, what we know the FBI and even the CIA and DHS are doing right now is a direct benefit to one party, not to another. And that's the Democrat Party right now. So with it, that's so I think you bolster my case about the last 10 years because the Hillary Clinton thing like and here's the other thing. If Hillary Clinton was guilty of it, then Comey should have moved. If Donald Trump was guilty of it, then then Comey should have moved or whoever else if it really was there. But the reality is that. The force of that, and I'm using air quotes here, deep state problem that I'm describing is going against Republicans vastly more than it's going yeah, against yeah, Democrats. Like, and like, that's I, I see your point in saying that, but at the same time, I think that the FBI themselves, their agenda isn't to go after Republicans. Their agenda is to do what they believe is right. And if you want to say, you know, their agenda is to keep those in power in power or to keep the DOJ and the FBI, you know, having more get to give them more power. Maybe that's true, but I don't think there's a political agenda there. I, I just don't see that. Well, with respect, Ed, there's no way that you can read the Twitter files and not make the claim that every political. But would you say, but, Jim, would you say that's, but that's with, with that's with social platforms, not Twitter files with the social platforms that are left leaning. Yep. No, so no, I get that, but 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 it, it expresses the operation of the FBI. Like the social platforms are have been up to this point entirely operated by the FBI. I mean, that's what we're learning. Yeah, but, but entirely, entirely, would you say entirely operated? It is worth pointing out that the in, social media comes platforms political actually pushed speech, back. Yes. Right, like Twitter actually pushed back against the FBI. It was only through nudging and uh, a lot of coercion over several years between the FBI, the State Department, and Adam Schiff that Twitter eventually capitulated. So we have to keep yeah, that yeah, but, in mind. Yeah, but and, so, so let, let's go back. Let's see what what the FBI did with Twitter. They did what they believed was right at the time. And they had a lot of precedent. Yeah. I mean, you're just saying that. that. I mean, what's the, the what's the basis I mean, for that? That's what I'm saying. They, they had a lot of things that happened in the past, like the like Comey coming out about Hillary Clinton right before the election, and Democrats you, you keep out referencing about that. That they, only they happened because we, they didn't, laptop they didn't was... attacking them, just like 
in 2016, they had the what Democrats. What are we talking about? Them. Everyone, you know, the media, the FBI, they're all on board with this idea that Trump won because Russia manipulated this 2016 election. This is a talking point that was pushed by people like Net Price, who, by the way, is working for the State Department right now as one of as as its head, basically. And you had Hillary Clinton for several years going on about how Trump won because of Russian meddling. And so, of course, you know, like. Anything that the FBI does that follows that lie effectively supports the Democrat agenda. Well, and and the evidence is, I mean, they did know it was wrong and it was partisan. You, Andrew McCabe, when you see Peter Strzok and Andrew McCabe and the rest uh, with their virulent anti-Trump and anti-conservative positions, obviously it was political. And there was no evidence that they reasonably believed what they were saying was true, either with Trump and Russia or with the Biden information. But there's plenty of evidence that what they were doing was nakedly political. Uh, and, uh, you know, to suggest that they, they did it because they thought it was the right thing to do is belied not only by the evidence and is unjust and still doesn't provide any justification for federal law enforcement telling uh, third-party sites like Twitter or anyone else to suppress content. They're not, no one hired the FBI to police our speech. And to the degree they think they have the right to do it, they need to be disabused of that through prosecutions. Well, I wouldn't say they policed our speech. They requested Twitter remove stuff. They that was policed our speech. I mean, you know, you can you can mischaracterize the Twitter files as much as you'd like. They wanted this material taken down. They were pressuring Twitter to take this down. If that's not policing speech, I don't know what the well, meaning uh, of police I mean, means. Yeah, so I, I think the same the thing when they bring Jack Dorsey in. To have him testify, is that pressuring Jack Dorsey? Is that uh, we have the NSA doing it, uh, we have the CIA doing it, and we had the defense. Uh, excuse me, the uh, State Department doing it, DHS and HHS. Uh, that there's there was a crime spree against our civil liberties. I want to add one thing please? to that, if I could, just real quick. Hold on, me... one second. Hold on, one second, Tim. Can, can we go, Caroline's had her hand up for a while. Can you respond to this? Well, well, give yeah, me, give me great. just a moment. Yeah, listen, I, Jim, I, I'll let Jim, Jim, jump in, and then go, Caroline. Yeah. So listen, but but here's the thing: uh, what we're talking about right here, that Ian and Tom and I are making a point about Ed, with respect to you, is that this little dialogue I have right here, as I'm looking at my phone. And I'm, I'm looking at Piotr there. I see Ed Krasenstein. I see Catherine. And, and then I see other people. And I know that, that it's a little bit probably more seemingly conservative than you guys there. But I'm seeing you guys also in this. We're having this debate. We're even getting heated every once in a while. And we keep talking to one another. And we're still interested in doing so. That has not happened on social platforms because directly – the influence of the FBI in particular and these other agencies. Now, that's what we are missing in this country right now. And the federal government is moving it in the direction that they have been moving it and influencing it is in the direction against a certain party and political perspective. And that is not I, I to stop with people should go I, to and, jail. And I, I agree. And I, I don't think that like the Washington, uh, the New York Post article, I don't think that should have been censored. 
I, I agree with you 100% there. I, I just don't see it as being the FBI saying, let's get them, let's hurt Republicans and help Democrats. Caroline? Um, I, for, for, for any new faces, I generally agree with Jim and Tom um, and Ian. But um, I really think the discussion of Republican versus Democrat is really only important in as far as it explains what happened. It is completely useless getting in a pissing contest over who was wronged more. Um, This is a conversation about constitutional rights. And I think to make the conversation about anything different is is entirely a distraction. We should all agree that it is wrong for the FBI to get involved and censor people regardless of whether or not you agree with them. I am not okay with the FBI censoring Ed, no matter how much I may disagree with him and no matter how angry he may make me or, or how there are times where I may think that he's not being intellectually honest. Um, I, he should still be able to express all of those opinions. The fact that we are getting distracted by, you know, who was more hurt by this is completely irrelevant. We should all be on the same side about how corrupt this is. And we should all be equally outraged. And that is why people who are, excuse me, that's why people who are in favor of small government are in favor of small government because they do not want to have enough, they don't want the government to have enough control to piss off either side to the degree that they currently are. So it's like, it's, it's not this, government is a neutral thing. The people who are in charge of government are what make it a non-neutral thing. So we need to, we need to be okay with the government having enough power that if our, and our quote-unquote enemies, the other side, that we're okay with them wielding that power. When you're in control, you need to treat the government like, hey, in four years, it might be completely the other way. And if the people who hate me and disagree with me have that same amount of power, that's going to be okay for me. That's all I have to say. So well, gotta, the difference gotta... is in terms of ideology, I would submit it is the left that has spent and is spending billions under the uh, with the with the goal of suppressing their political opponent's speech. The right doesn't have organizations that are created out of whole cloth to justify the censorship of leftists. I mean, it just is a, it, this whole issue is a creature of the left, the ideological left, and obviously the political class associated with that entity, the Democrats have joined in. Uh, but this is, this is, this is a left right issue. Uh, the left wants to censor and suppress and jail their political opponents. There's not much appetite at all for that in the conservative right uh, in America. Uh, you know, no one, it just doesn't occur to us. And believe me, I'm part of the movement, right? I, I meet with all the conservatives. We all talk about all sorts of public policy issues. One of those issues that never comes up is how do we censor our political opponents? How do we make sure they don't have access to social media? How is it we delete their accounts? 
How is it, you know, that, that sort of approach? The left has entire organizations devoted to that and transnational organizations supported by governments uh, uh, directing at that. And we have the president of the United States saying that's what he wants to do and has directed his agencies to do so. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a real threat to the core aspect of America, which is the First Amendment, which allows us to engage in free speech, associate with others freely, and petition our government. Without those core rights, our republic falls in large measure. Catherine, so I, I, I've, I've got, got to go. Do you mind if I just go? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I just wanted to quickly respond just to what Tom said. So, uh, I, I mean, I do agree that it does happen more from the left. I don't know if the right engages in some of this. I don't think the left sits there and decides to engage in this, but I, but the left does engage with this more disproportionately because the, the, you know, the media institutions, sort of the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the mainstream media, whatever you want to call it, it is more ran by the left. And so there's more tools available to do this. So I think it happens more on the left for sure. I will acknowledge that. But I think when we start doing, you know, sort of, if we start to just address it as, you know, the left is doing this instead of addressing it in a more universal way, we have less of a chance of solving this because we're addressing it at sort of a, a political issue and uh, pointing fingers as opposed to well, addressing well, the core issues. Well, explain, so explain to me how board. it gets done in America other than to say, who supports this? What is the policy they're supporting? What politicians do they rely on to advocate this policy and hold them accountable for it? The right well, and Republicans aren't it. doing it. I mean, so to pretend in theory that there are some yeah. conservatives out there who have this agenda ignores the elephant in the room that there's this massive effort underway institutionally and with government to suppress suppress speech. We have evidence of it. And, you know, well, just because you want to, you know, I appreciate the willingness to, you know, the, the, the desire to, to see evil on both sides. And, you know, obviously that's true in some circumstance, but it also blinds one sometimes to the reality is the threat is in America from the left to free speech, their institutions, their ideology, their funders and their politicians. And it's happening now. It's ongoing not only in Twitter in some respects, but in on Facebook and YouTube in major respects. It's partisan and it's ideological. It's and, and when it's, that's the case, that means we have to talk about what Democrats are supporting and what ideologues on the left are trying to justify in terms of being anti-constitutionalists and, and pro-censorship. And, and but I guess what I'm saying is would it not... No, go ahead. Would sorry, it not I'm help sorry. to look at it from the point of view of like, here's the vol- here's what's being violated, right? And this is what we should put in place to make sure that that does not get violated, and no one should violate it, right? And while I agree with you, Tom, I don't disagree. But they don't that agree. They don't agree with us violated. on that. They don't believe that <laughs> world rights should be violated. They think free speech from the communist left is a priv- is an is a, a artifact of Western privilege. That needs to be overturned so those who are grieved by the free speech fanatics of the West can be vindicated and take power. They don't agree with our, our support for the First Amendment. There's no convincing them. They have to be defeated and stopped. And, and by the way, I want to add to what I want to add. I want to add a little bit to what Tom, Go ahead, Peter. point that Tom made earlier. Tom pointed out he's been in meetings you know, and, and those discussions never come up. I've from time to time been in those meetings with Tom 
with groups of people. I've been in a lot of other meetings with the, in the same thing. And I have to tell you that not only is there no discussion, e- even a hint of a discussion in those kinds of meetings with major organizations on the conservative right, if that's the best way to term, term it in the United States, where that kind of stuff gets discussed at all. Like, like, and, and even to the point when I, and I, Tom may agree or disagree with this, but I'm going to tell you, I've, I've seen people who are like, what in the heck is it that such and such an organization is trying to do what the left is doing? And that, and, and, and for a pause, I apologize for saying, using that terminology. I'm just saying what someone might say. And why would you do that? And then they, they'll attack people in the conservative right who ever thought that way. Like, like yep. it is a, it is a huge difference here. Uh, and, and, and Catherine, you're a classical liberal in many ways because you do actually believe in these ideas of freedom. And, and we may disagree yeah. on little things, but you are that way. But that's not the way it is in Washington, D.C. right Correct. now. Correct. And I want to add to, to what Jim and Tom just said. There is no cancel culture on the right that is even comparable remotely to what is going on on the left. There is no media matters on the right. The media matters exists only to deplatform people on the right. That's that's what it, it serves, right? It goes after uh, Tucker Carlson, goes after the advertisers. Breitbart doesn't have any advertising because of all these organizations going after it, claiming that it promotes hate speech simply for reporting on crimes, for instance. That are So you know, I've, I've got to go. So I just wanted to chime in to say thanks, Mario, again. Uh, appreciate you guys. Just for FYI for everyone, um, Ian and I are in touch quite often, and I actually get some, a lot of what he says. Um, even if we get a bit elated or angry, uh, it's in the spirit of the discourse. This war is very, very uh, difficult. And just a quick observation. I, I think it's very interesting how quickly we spin back to the American-focused element of the bipartisanship uh, because it shows you very much how much we look at this from our specific country as uh, elements, right? Um, and I think that's an important point to always keep in mind is the discussion itself as well as the subject matter. Tom, love a lot of what you said. Caroline, love a lot of what you said. And Mario, can I just say I'm really uh, proud that I almost got you agitated because uh, I think that's quite a big achievement according to some <laughs> listeners. I'm teasing you, man. I'm teasing you. But anyway, take it easy, guys. Have a good rest of your day. We like having you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ian, do you think that that problem would exist if I think you kind of answered it with your second part of your answer, but w- yeah. w- would that problem be the same if... Is the um, right to cover? Like, mm, uh, no. Look, uh, yeah. Actually, it's a better way to ask my question. You kind of fixed my question. If the yeah, right took over, the problem will right remain. It's a systematic issue, not a political one. It's the same issue, no, because in the 90s, uh, a lot of the internet was created more or less by libertarians, right? The ideologically libertarian people, people like David Sachs, for instance, uh, people like Elon Musk, you could say they're, you know, you could argue they are socially liberal people, uh, but ideologically, you know, I would align them more with libertarians and, you know, libertarians are basically right-wing people, right? Like That is how we view things to today's lens of what right-wing is, right? Right-wing used to originally mean, you know, religious right, uh, people like super hardcore into promoting uh, very, very, very extreme values, if you will, right? But that's not what the right is nowadays. Now the right just means libertarians uh, and conservatives, right? Anyone who wants to conserve. So I would say that, no, it would not be the same thing if the right took over. And in many places uh, where the right has taken over or, or, or created, uh, it's, it's like, more of a like meritocracy. Where? Like where? 
Uh, the internet, the internet by itself is, is, I would say it's a, it's a right wing creature. It is a, it is about, uh, uh, meritocracy. It is about, uh, essentially everybody has the freedom to but do whatever they want. But there's, but we've, we've heard from users of different platforms, like censorship does exist on right wing social platforms as well. Yeah, but I would not call them right wing. That's the thing. You know, like a site like Gap, for instance, very heavy on, 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 on censorship, despite what its creator, Andrew Torba, likes to claim. He likes to claim that he's a free speech platform, but he does not allow certain conversations. You cannot talk about sexuality, for instance, like porn, uh, unless you want to condemn it, right? I'm not saying that, you know, that he's wrong to do that. He owns the platform. He can do whatever he wants with it, right? That, that's the point of it. However, you know, he says it's a free speech platform. Not really. It's free speech. Oh, so you're saying, you're saying, but you're saying that if the right took over, um, if I had that. the influence, it, you wouldn't have the same level of censorship and that castle, like, no castle culture. Just the and level of censorship no wouldn't be the same. And it's, and uh, it certainly would, and, and also, you know, there are people who would identify as the right, who I would not personally consider them to be right wing. I would consider them to be maybe post liberal, for instance, right? That is, that is certainly a, 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 or, or, or you would say a, a third way, right? A third position. There are many, many people who identify as third position. They may call themselves conservatives or other people call them conservatives, that, which is usually the case. But they're not, like, classically speaking, conservatives. Now, they are a, a small minority. I'm not demonizing them. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. But in terms of conservatives, people of conservative values, traditionally in America, do not appreciate it when people are silenced. If you look at our space right now, I think I would say that the, the majority of panelists on here, yourself excluded, you know, are conservatives. And we are more than happy to have conversations with people on the left. We don't believe in silencing people on the left, right? That, like if, if Brian Pressenstein or Ed Pressenstein want to say something that we disagree with, we don't believe that they should be banned and silenced and, and, and exiled into some gulag. Whereas if this You're were... slightly say, muted. Well, I'm not muting him. So, you know, um, the, the point is we're not down with that because we know what it's like to be on the receiving end of it and beyond you know the whole receiving end thing you know some people can say oh you're only saying that because you experience it that's not actually true for for a lot of us here we we understand that there's a certain principle here that's at stake if you eliminate free speech you eliminate the ability for people to have these kinds of conversations or to have certain opinions then you are effectively uh, taking away their right to exist right that that goes against uh, the entirety of the foundation of our ethical uh, uh, guidelines, right? Like basically, if if you are you know a, a Judeo Christian person, right, then you you base your idea on you know you base your your principles, your morals on natural law, on what you know you believe that you know you believe in the golden rule. Like you know, if you're a Christian, you might you know uh, Jesus said, "Do unto others as you know they do unto you," right? Like what you expect them to do, and and that is a very foundational aspect of what it means to be a Western uh, conservative. And this is true for any country that embraces or was founded on these principles. Meaning, you know, anywhere in Europe, anywhere in, uh, in in North America, certainly, right, and and maybe uh, certain countries in Asia, right? Not 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 China, <laughs> unfortunately, but uh, in in other countries, most certainly, right. And and this is how you know many people, I would say, the vast majority of people view this, right? This is this is the ideology. So. The left, on the other hand, is, is a complete rejection of Western civilization, of, of Western philosophical values. The thousands of years that, you know, Aristotle, Plato, Socrates and, and you know, the, the Bible and, and the Quran and, uh, you know, and, and the Torah have, have taught us. Right. There is a complete rejection of that it is basically postmodernism. It says that nothing is true. Right. Nothing is true. Everything that, you know, history, everything, it's a lie and that everything is permitted. Right. When nothing is true, everything is permitted. That's a that's a quote from Alibut. You should read that book. So 
that that is the difference. So we would not, if the right wing controlled everything, say we controlled Hollywood, we controlled the internet, and we once did at once upon a time. But if we did control it, we would not be censoring the left. They would be free to speak as so, they so, as as we do. This is this is. I'd love Catherine and Brian to to respond to this point. Just having people from the left to respond to this point. Like I, I was under the impression before Ian is like confirmation bias is the reason for censorship, and that exists on both sides of the aisle. That's a human a feature of us being humans, a cognitive bias. Brian, Catherine, like, would you agree with Ian's point, or what parts of it would you agree? Uh, it's just so. I mean, I'm I'm typically against censorship. I'm typically against cancel culture, but. I have a line. I, I think certain issues, certain things people say uh, can be censored, maybe should be censored. Uh, if you want to go out and, like Kanye said, say, I love Nazis or whatever, I, I think that people canceling Kanye, I, I would support that. Now, the right is guilty of it as well. I mean, I remember they they banned French fries. They they banned, they they canceled the Dixie they Chicks. They, they're the list that right. goes... Like, come on, they didn't ban. Well, I, I, in the 90s, they didn't try to ban things that the right. Let's be fair. They I, it, there it's was not a big... just to the left. It's just it's based on what people believe in. They want to ban what's against against what they believe in. I don't think people should be should be saying I love Nazis. I wouldn't buy something from Kanye because of that. I think that both sides do it. I think that there's biases on both sides that think that the other side does it worse, but I don't really think that's the case. But but a lot of what you're talking about, Brian, is is about decisions that are made in in the areas of free association. I think what is really concerning here, and and those are important issues. I'm not saying they're not. But what's really at at issue here is that with with what's happened with the Twitter files is that we've got government intervention in those decision making processes. Yeah, where but Jim, the right allowed the government to do the freedom of association. I, I, I gotta, is you are free to associate with who you want. Right? As a, as a, as a left wing person or right wing person, you are free to boycott Kanye West or or, or you know like not want to have French fries in your own establishment. That that's your right. But there's a difference. There's a massive difference between wanting to personally boycott something or, you know, using your establishment, your your, your private business to block something from that you don't agree with. It, there's a big difference between that and using the, the, the mechanisms of government to censor people that you disagree with. Yeah, the yeah, right, prodigal, you were set, the, to, the, the yeah, right helped set this up, right? Listen, the left has power and they're utilizing it more than anybody ever expected. But let's not forget, you know, it was Clinton and Republicans in Congress that allowed the FCC, uh, the Telecommunications Act that repealed Glass-Steagall. They've allowed the mergers in all these industries, right? It was Bush who created the Patriot Act and the Department of Homeland Security. We helped create this monster. The left has wielded it effectively. It's actually true. To, you know, like ESG was actually... It is true. It, it is ESG true. ESG was it, actually created Was the Department of Homeland Security involved in this? Who created the Department of Homeland Security? We did. We created these entities that have now been wielded against us. And I'm not disagreeing that the left has the power, but the establishment right and the establishment left have worked together. I don't even think it's a right issue. I think it's a populist issue. They completely killed the populist left. It does not exist. If you think Bernie Sanders and the squad rep represents the populist left when they retract a letter to try to come to a peaceful solution to Ukraine because they get blowback, it doesn't exist. The only place where populism exists in America is on the right. And, and these organizations but, have come out. And the only other thing I want to correct is, you know, the Clinton example gets brought up. Uh, let's recall the only reason why he made that statement was because Anthony Weiner was sexting an underage girl. And then it came out 
that there was countless emails on his laptop because his wife, uh, Huma Abedin, was an aide to Hillary Clinton that were there and backed up. That was put out. I mean, if you look at it, you talk about bias. We have the drafts of Comey's memo. He said it was gross negligence. At that standard, it was a crime. And this was during an administration that sent more whistleblowers and other people to jail than anybody else. And this is at a time when you get a, a subpoena from a federal court. You let me know what happens when you break blackberries with hammers, when you use bit bleach to wipe your hard drive and you pretend none of this occurs. Right. Anybody who engages in litigation knows if you're going to claim privilege or something's not relevant, you create a privilege log. You do in camera review with the judge and you decide what's relevant or not. That's not what occurred. She was issued subpoenas. She ignored them. She said countless hundreds of thousands of the emails were about her daughter's wedding, etc. And when we talk about corruption, people, unless you're from the third world or for former communist countries, you don't realize how it works. America has a different breed of it. What do you think these book deals are for? They're giving multi-million dollar advances to people that are never going to get paid. What do you think those speeches are for from banks? Right? People remember Trump said, I want to see the transcripts. Let me let you in on a little secret. It's my firm belief that Hillary Clinton's health was so bad that there was no way she was traveling and giving 200 speeches across the world to make tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. This is the corruption that exists now in America. And a, a lot of people don't realize the extent it's gone to, right? This is not something limited to the left or right, right? Ignoring, you know, Victoria Newland bringing it back to Ukraine, being on the phone and basically planning who's going to replace the Ukrainian government during the coup. I mean, Lindsey Graham and John McCain were there cheering them on that we're going to give you weapons for a war. I mean, there's interests in the left and the right, which are establishment, uniparty, neoliberals, neocons, whatever you want to call them, that are working together to this. You think I trust Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell with this? When we talk about China's rise, look at Elaine Chow and her family's connections. Look at his brother-in-law, Jim Breyer of Breyer Capital, and how close he is to Xi and what's going on there. This is so, uh, the, the corruption is so preeminent. That, that people either don't want to believe it or they can't see how this money is flowing through these different entities. But you no, know, I, Prodigal, I you're, you make fantastic points because uh, about general corruption. But to the point uh, of the of a particular corruption that we are learning has taken place on social media platforms. Um, and by the way, the, the Bush administration was evil. In, in working yeah, this is more to do with Mario's question, right? Basically, if the right-wing culture were to control, you know, if the right-wing controls culture, to answer that question, I would say it would not be the same as the left because the right does not... I think the, but the right-wing right culture, I, I don't know, like... Ha, ha, I just don't think the culture will be the same if the right or, or the left, either one, was in power versus not in power. When you're in power, when you have the ability to censor, it's harder not to censor versus not having the ability. You know, Trump, there's no evidence Trump did it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, there's a big word there. No, no, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump, work, no, but this is, is not, but I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking like Twitter was left, is, is, and was, not was, is left-leaning. Facebook is left-leaning. So this is the issue. Like, we haven't seen social platforms right-leaning to see how that would look like. I mean, it there's 4chan. There's 4chan. Fortune. I mean, well, you but, can look but, at 4chan. Yeah, yeah but listen, listen. The, the 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 reality is that as far back as two thousand seven, eight, nine, ten, the left leaning platforms, Twitter and Facebook, were very open places for discussion. And if we Everyone trust us, it would have never been an issue. People we were building platforms like, where they were up. talking about. People were building platforms where they were talking about issues.
Um, who was, sorry, who was? Hold on, Jim. Jim, hold on. Pro- yeah, that yeah, one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah, continue. I muted you because I think to- I thought Tom was speaking for some weird reason. I muted you. I thought this background was on your end. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, no worries. The problem, you're yeah. saying the problem is. Yeah, so the problem, the, the problem that, that, that we're facing here is the tools that are there um, are, are fundamentally the problem. Now, if there were, if right, people on the right came into power and started utilizing them wrongly. I'm going to tell you, I'd be, I'd be fighting against it too. Like I get a lot of grief for being, I'm not a pacifist, but being anti-war and talking against the, uh, the military industrial complex. Like you get, I get those arguments from people on the right, but the fact is they're wrong. Okay. So the tools, uh, that are extra constitutional that exist and therefore invalid, uh, that have allowed the left to do what I'm describing in my arguments here uh, are the problem fundamentally because human nature is only good when we work really hard at it. Not working hard at it, human nature's bad. One of the were those tools and outgrowth of the what, what you Protocol, brother, hold on, hold on. So, so I'm just saying, no nuance in this. I love you, protocol. Um, Jim, question. Um, <laughs> Is so? Would you say? And, and I'll go to Brian and, and Tyra, and then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up with, with Tom Nick, and Ian. I mean, She's had her hand up for a while. So I'd like uh, to who, no trouble. Had, uh, had take a, it easy, guys. Caroline. Her, oh, Caroline. Yeah, sure. We'll go to, to, to Brian, Caroline, and Tyra. Um, so, so the question I have for you, Jim, is, is very briefly: Is it a systematic or a political issue? And I'm talking about censorship. Uh, well, it's it's systematic in the sense that through the pay- through the Patriot Act and things like that, um, we have built tools that have allowed uh, manipulation to take place. It's political in the sense that, and this is where we get into the moral issues that I brought up earlier, in the sense that whoever is willing morally to make the compromise can utilize the tools that are there. I assert we need to re institute a constitutional idea of what the Bill of Rights is. The Patriot Act eviscerated the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments, fundamentally, some others as well, but those key ones. And it has allowed a manipulation to take place, which in the Bush administration happened from the right, although I think Bush was a horrible president, um, and but is, has lately been happening with the left in this social media space. And those tools need to be taken away because we need to reassert the Constitution. The tools are the problem. The, the, the issue is that right now, my argument at least, is that the manipulation is benefiting the left far more than the Fair. right in this country. So. So, so Brian, Caroline, and Tyra, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so somebody said that like Trump never wanted to boycott anything or cancel anything. He literally called for the canceling, uh, the boycotting of Apple, of AT and T, of HBO, of CNN. I, I, I mean, it's not like he, like he was the master of calling for boycotts when he was president. So to just pretend that this is just a thing that happens on the left and not the right, it's just irresponsible, in my opinion. But it's, did he take uh, the not, actions utilizing the federal government to assert that? He no, just but, but did, did Biden take the action of using the federal government to force Twitter? No. He, they, they yes, were, he did. Were, yes, he did. No, yes, Biden he did. Did. The evidence says he did. Biden, he's did, he's, Biden did not personally ask the FBI to make no, those decisions. The FBI but would, the pie, but would, Biden, would, the, would Biden do it personally or would he do it through his, his, his team? He, he but did no, do it personally. The, the look at the, the, look at the Facebook files that the Missouri Attorney General put out. That's the evidence. 
So they, we'll go. Go ahead, I'll let you finish, Ryan. That, no, no. So, so what I'm saying, I, 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 a lot of people are saying respect, that, that. I just want to say. I just want to say that here's the problem, right? Bush created all the tools. You know, the DHS, the Patriot Act, and even ESG was a, a, kind of like a Bush creation. But you know, the right is unwilling to use these tools in the same way that the left is, because the right is more principled. That's just facts. No, okay. So, 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 but, but my argument is that I, I, several people have said the right doesn't call to cancel people. And, and this is separate from the Twitter files. I'm just saying in general, people calling for the cancellation of companies of people, Trump was a master of that. Now he going was back to, go, to use the mechanisms of government but, to fulfill any yeah, of yeah, his yeah, demands. Yeah, but, like but, he, there were not even demands. They were like, Oh, let's, let's cancel the fake news. Yeah, you know, he yeah, would say stuff like yeah, that, so, but so, they're not so, actually do anything against them. Okay. So, so, so that was aside from the Twitter files. I'm just saying in general, the right cause calls, calls for cancellation just as much as the left does. Now, going back to the Twitter files, uh, the, the DOJ is independent of the executive branch and, and the president. They make their own decision. They don't. They that's don't, not they true. Not but that's not I mean, you just say these things. They're, 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 it's not based in reality. That, but that is how it is supposed to work. Whether you want to. No, it isn't. Constitutionally, it would be unconstitutional if, theorize, if they were quote independent. It, it, I mean, they're, 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 it, the, the executive was, branch was, includes yeah, the Justice Department. It reports the, to the president. They don't have any authority outside the, the president, DOJ, arguably. Traditionally, the DOJ is independent from the executive branch in that they don't they don't make decisions based on what the president says. They operate independently. And in Trump, that was always the case. That was always the case. It was, a, no, it was no, known no, no, that no, the no, DOJ no. was independent from the executive branch. The, the DOJ did not take orders from the president of the United States. The attorney general was the one that was the one that separated the DOJ and the executive branch. Well, what happened is presidents deferred to just to attorney generals in some decision making and 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 sometimes not. But the attorney general in the end had to do what the president said, you know, and if it was unlawful or something he disagreed with, he could resign. But the president had the power in theory to direct. And that was one of the issues that Trump didn't exercise. In my view, he should have exercised better oversight and and more direct oversight over the Justice Department over its misconduct. And, and, and- and and if, I'm, I'm fine. Allow, I, I yeah, think everybody the has the right. I, I, I just want to say, I think everybody has the right to theorize that maybe Biden was overly involved. But but overall, uh, unless you have evidence of that, I think it's it's not. Uh, I don't, I don't well, think it's responsible. Well, Brian, I would argue that we do. I would argue that we do have evidence that's beginning to emerge, particularly with the Missouri Attorney General's release of the documents related to Facebook. We see a clear administrative action there. And, and, and let me say this, that we, we aspire for the DOJ to act independently, but that's only as a political expediency, not as an administrative one. The president actually does have control over the Justice Department, and he can use, he can uh, try to give a patina to the country that he's allowing them to act independently. But in candor, in reality, that is functionally not always the case. Plus, it is not required that it, that be the case. We only do that because it would look stupid to politicize, and, and, and arguably this current Justice Department seems politicized in areas where you see that him working at the behest of the White House, for example, to go after parents in Loudoun County, uh, Virginia, to cause them harm and put threatening things at them so they'd stop exercising their constitutional rights to oppose 
their political their politically elected leaders. Now this is this, so don't don't even think that there is not politics when it comes to the Justice Department. We hope that that doesn't happen, but in reality it does, and actually that's how it's set up. So so I, you know, I, I have to run. I just want to just make a point before I leave. Mario is Go ahead, that. Tom. You know, these are just great debates to have. And in America, we have a way of resolving those debates. It's kind of they're passing laws under our Constitution and our Constitution protects certain rights. And the laws are supposed to be in court with those rights. The laws are supposed to be fairly administered. And our rights are the job of the government is to protect those rights. And, uh, you know, so these debates are interesting to have. Uh, you know, but the question is, is the law going to is the law going to be vindicated and is the rule of law going to apply and how these things are worked out or is it going to be done through fiat and through abuse of power? And the danger is there's been one side of the political debate that has forgotten about the basis of America, that we resolve these debates with an acknowledgement that the Constitution protects certain rights you can't cut into and that the law requires you to, to uh uh, uh, manages your proceedings in other areas. And unfortunately, we've kind of lost our way there uh, because, uh, as I said, we've got this revolutionary left uh, where the veil's been lifted and all bets are off. So those are the dangers we're facing, and we're seeing it fight quite forthrightly as as others have acknowledged this recent uh, non-Twitter file release, but more important in many ways, of White House officials directly demanding material be taken down uh, brings it straight into Biden's Oval Office in a way that we hadn't seen before that I think is going to be of great interest to Congress if they dare want to move on impeachment and other issues. Thank you, and have a great night, everyone. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Thank I want you, to go Tom. to Caroline. Final words, and Tyra, then we'll end it with the co-hosts, Jim, Nick, and Ian. Go ahead, Caroline. Awesome. Thank you, Mario. Thanks for being um, here. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to answer your question about uh, left versus right. Uh, and about censorship there. and oh, okay, the yes. balance. So do you mean like yes. it, whether censorship is a political or systematic issue or another question? Um, p- political or systematic. Um, I, I tend to think that it's a people problem. We've all heard that politics is downstream of culture. And I think that we all know there are politicians on both sides who do things that they shouldn't do and are corrupt. But it's a different story when um, those people do things that they shouldn't be doing or not actually in line with the law and their party supports them and applauds them. And there's a reason why when you look at polls, you see that a lot of people on the left have um, done away with friends because they disagree. And that's the same reason why um, all of the left-leaning social media platforms have been censoring conservative ideas. Now, that's not to say I know Brian and Ed will want to bring up, you know, a handful of instances when that has happened. I don't think that's an honest argument to make. We're talking about, by and large, the trend is in a particular direction. Yes, there are people on both sides who do those things you could say that of anything um but i think like that is celebrated by people on the left um and they expect it and they call for it and the thing that i have said when i watch people do that and cheer cheer that kind of behavior on is you know i hope that when you have an unpopular opinion and the mob is turned on you 
I hope that you have people left that are willing to stand up for you and say, nah, this is wrong. Like we're not doing this. Um, I don't think that it necessarily is a tools problem because we've watched the government literally sidestep the law, the constitution. They don't need the tools. The, the, the law is upheld by people. The constitution is upheld by people. And if those people refuse to enforce the law and uphold the constitution, they don't need tools. They're, they're, they're going to do what they want to do. And to a degree, they've been doing it. So I think it's a people problem because you're going to have corruption on both sides. But when you have people cheering on particular activities, you're going to see more of it. And, and polling shows which side of the aisle, by and large, you're seeing that on. Thanks, Caroline. I... Uh, Tara, yes, of course you can. Good yes. to be back. Thank you. Hi, Mario. Hi, everyone. Um, look, I don't believe in censorship, but I also think that the concept that only the left will use power and censor when they have it is, uh, I don't understand that. I mean, let's start with initial things about, you know, locking her up, Donald Trump saying things like that, all of his supporters saying that, you know, that's sort of canceling at least a person. But let's let's go to something more interesting. Let's take Ron DeSantis. So he's in a state where he has power, right? He is very popular. He controls the legislature. And look at what he's doing. He's basically, he passed a law. He had them pass a law in a special session against Disney, completely against them for no economic reason that anyone can come up with. That actually it hurts the taxpayers of his state because he didn't like the fact that they were supporting or, sorry, against the colloquially phrased don't say gay bill. That was censorship. I'm sorry. That's, that's a nonsense bill. Because he has power and he's trying to say to a corporation, you can't speak about this, otherwise I'm going to punish you. But That's you exactly what he, can I, excuse me, can I, can I finish? Because I think everybody else spoke. Thank you so much. I also feel. I would like Jim to reply after you're done. Can, absolutely. I also feel that a bill that the, uh, what's it called? It's the Stop Wrongs to Our Kids and Employees Act. It goes way too far. It's, it's clothed in the sense of, oh, wow, we're against woke culture and we're trying to stop this. But in point of fact, as a federal judge said, it's positively dystopian. It actually censors people's free speech, professors on campus, things like that. If you look at the Alabama law, of the, the, the once again, colloquially phrased, the don't say gay law, it's it's pretty draconian K through five if you even speak about sexual orientation, which, by the way, can come up in very innocuous ways, right? You are penalized. Teachers can't do this. So I guess I'm not saying the left isn't doing this, but I'm saying the idea that if the right is in power, they will not do this, to me, strikes me as foolhardy. And we see it all over. We see it, frankly, in even places, this is not censoring, but even when you have influence like the Federalist Society, they have spent 40 years trying to get judges on the courts who agree with their positions. They have succeeded. Many of these judges are qualified. Some are not that qualified, but they are ideologues. And that's fair. That's legal. How but so? it's not exactly. How are the ideologues? How are the ideologues? Look at Judge Cannon and her ruling in the, you know, in, in the Florida case. She shouldn't have even been involved in that case. Basically, they are activists. And once again, fair enough. The Supreme Court is actually conservative activists now. They are overturning things when they don't need to. It used to be the policy of the court. No, they're originalists. It's not wait, the same if, thing. No, they're not. Originalism yes, they is, are. is sort of they're in the eye of the beholder. Sorry, I don't agree with that. Okay. The court basically used to take the position that we do not overturn things unless we have to reach an issue. 
right? They didn't have they to, had read. to read the issue. They did they, not have to yeah, read the did. issue in Dobbs. Because no, they a didn't. lot they of these laws said, were put in place by activists. 15- they could have said 15 weeks is fine under the Missouri law. There are plenty of ways for them not to overturn Roe v. Wade, but they are choosing to go farther than they, issue. they, they are but choosing to go farther than they it, normally it would have. I'm saying it's activism. Absolutely. Listen, well, we'll see if the, if the Republicans get their way, they will ban abortions nationwide. I don't think that's going to happen in Congress, it's not gonna, but it that, is not going to that's happen. fine, but they want to do that. It is a state issue. It is the a point state is, issue. Yes, except for the fact that the point is they're trying to do this. So when you're trying to say to me no one that is Republicans trying to do this. You can have Lindsey Christ- Graham out there uh, saying stupid shit, but it's uh, never well, going to get there's done. There's a bill in the House that is actually out there that might even be passed for all I know, given that they now control and, and you know, the one that was the Senate. It requires it Biden to sign off on it. The so it's Senate will not. This yes, but they're trying to do. You're trying to tell me that the Republicans are pristine. The conservatives, no, oh, the, they the would never do these are things. Just, are just they would never. They're not the going conser- to do oh, anything. Oh, I see. So when they do it, it's just blustering. But when Democrats do things, it's it's an affront to our complete system. And Democrats are the you know they're all commie liberals trying to defend. Biden just, you know, is trying to make it listen. illegal to have laws that say you cannot trans your kids. <laughs> Listen, I also read the Alabama law, which basically says parents can't even make decisions for their children, right, in terms of transgender. I don't want to get into that issue. That's obviously very fraught for a lot of people. What I'm trying to say is nobody is above reproach. This is like Caesar's wife. We are not in Caesar's wife like, here. In places no, that are by the I am law, saying such as that Canada, for instance, are it is you illegal for denying... a parent to say that their child isn't trans. It's illegal for a parent to determine if it is okay for a child to, you know, a child who cannot consent, by you the way, are for claiming... teachers to go out of their way to, to say, hey, you're trans, and then the child says, yeah, okay, and the parent says, no, this is not okay. They get the child taken away by CPS. Ian, I don't know anything about Canada. I'm speaking about the and United States. And this is also what, happening in Texas, what where I'm the trying... Supreme Court there, which is, by the way, liberal, determined that a dad could not see his child anymore and that his child could go to California and get a sex change. His child is a minor, by the way. Listen, well, what uh, I'm trying to say to you is that people are people, and when they get in positions of power, they often overstep, and that is true whether left or right. You have been trying to claim that the right would never do these things. I don't see that at all because okay. I see these laws being passed. Thank you. The right is trying to protect here, here, uh, the sanctity of childhood. Okay, let, I'll, let, let Jim speak. I'll let Jim speak shortly, but I'll, I'll just say this, okay? When you're going about, you know, when you're talking about DeSantis doing the don't say gay bill, which, by the way, is complete bullshit. It's not they don't say gay bill. It's a stop grooming our kids bill. It's an anti-grooming bill. It prohibits teachers from indoctrinating children with transgender ideology. That's what it does, right? It stops kids from being told that, you know, that, 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 that they are evil because they are born white. This is what uh, critical race theory does. It tells kids that they're evil because they're white. It says that, you know, as a teacher, you're not supposed to teach kids these things. This is fucked up. OK, and to, to say that it that they're, they're that he is censoring them somehow by preventing them from, you know, by preventing teachers from indoctrinating children with this kind of monstrous ideologies, anti-American, anti-Western civilization ideology, that it's somehow censorship. That is ridiculous. Can so I ask like you? Can I ask you something? That's something not what critical race theory is, by the way. It is what critical race theory is. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yes, okay, it is. so well, 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 define let's, critical let's, race theory. But, guys, let's get to the let's get to the fundamental point of, of Tira's argument here, because Tira, I I have to correct you on one thing. Um, you're you made the claim 
that what we're arguing for is it's just the left that does this. I did not argue for that. I did argue that that's what's happening for the most part right now. Like the tendencies at present are on the left for doing that. And that is a concern. But I also made the point just shortly before you made your argument that these tools are the problem because human nature is such where, where you and I agree on the left or the right to try to take over people like, like the tendency to censor definitely existed back in the seventies and eighties, maybe even into the nineties on the right and not on the left that has shifted. So I think the tools are wrong, but every example that you gave, as I recall, every example was something that someone is doing in the areas of our governance that are political. So does uh, 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 Ron DeSantis want to pass that bill that is colloquially called Don't Say Gay? Well, yeah, but he would did it through a legislature. Like they passed it through a duly elected legislature. They, so what? They, the, for, the force the legislature of the, is force, run- the okay. force of that law, right or wrong, indifferent, neutral, or benign or malignant, was done through a legislative process. What I'm arguing for is the concern for where we're at right now is that extrajudicial, extra-legislative processes are in place to shut down political opponents. Those extrajudicial, extra-legislative processes are restricted under the 4th, 5th, and 6th Amendment of the Constitution as it relates to the Twitter files, and yet government officials are bypassing the, the normal process, the elective process, to implement a policy that is designed for a political end. And I would be against it if it's Republicans, conservatives, libertarians, as well as I would with leftist or liberal or classical liberal Democrats. It's wrong to do it. The Fourth Amendment is fundamental, for example, no matter what. The Fourth Amendment was has been violated under the Patriot Act over and over and over again. It needs to change. So the problem, even though I'm arguing, I'm honestly arguing that this is happening far more with Democrats and people of the left when it's being implemented now, my problem isn't that they are doing it or that it is them. My problem is not that it is them that are doing it. My problem is that while they are doing it, they're utilizing processes that need to change so that we get away from these problems that we're experiencing. And, and I, I've worked in Republican politics for a long time, and i got to tell you, it ain't fun for me because they drive me nuts probably as much as they drive you nuts just for different reasons. Oh, I want to I read out – I want to read out – sorry, I'll let you finish your point, Jim, and I'll read out something that Multiculture, Multiculture BTC just sent me. I'm not going to bring you up Multiculture BTC because we need to end the space, but I'll, I'll actually do it now. I'm going to read out what Multiculture BTC – by the way, Jim, very well said – um, I just want to read this out. I would like to make the point and remind the panel, uh, it's actually a really interesting point, that castle culture was created under good intentions. Women being free to speak up over their rapists and oppressors. Over time, people began to use castle culture in other avenues. So then it, like, it was created with good intentions, then it was abused. So just a, a really valid point, a really good point that we could probably discuss in another another space. I do want to give yeah, a cancel culture space. I think that'd be fantastic. That's actually good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, gonna actually write that down. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna write that down. Um, well, I do want to go. Ahead. I'll, I'll go, I'll, Jim. I'll if you don't mind, yeah, I'll let you finish your point, Jim. And then I'll go to Harry and Stephen, and then uh, and then 
and have Nick and Ian and wrap we'll it up. Close down speeches. Yeah. yeah. Listen, the the rape thing is very interesting because, and and they're probably conservatives that uh, I wouldn't. Be, I would uh, I, don't, don't comment. Don't comment on the, what I just read out. Yeah, yeah, because that will yeah, it'll just no, get no, into no, a no, hole. No, I'm not. I'm 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 transitioning from that. So anyway, okay. it's a good one because that's one of those difficult areas that I think needed some help with. I'm against the Me Too movement, but but that pretty much. Uh, really does kind of encapsulate what we're dealing with. The the tension that we have in this country and, and ever in a free country, which is against the tide of history, not with it, must be maintained as best possible through uh, moral and ethical principles that are firm and that are firmly asserted. The best way to do that is the constitutional manner that we designed back in the day that if we would hold to it, would allow everyone to agree and disagree, hate your policy, love your policy. That's what, that's the purpose of the constitution, imperfect as it may be. We do not follow it as, as a matter of course right now. We're seeing that happen through the Twitter files right now. We see it happen through the Patriot Act. That's what we're striving for is to get back to a set of rules that constrain ourselves from doing wrong. Because every person on this space, every person that listened tonight, every person involved in social media or in politics anywhere are prone more to doing wrong than to doing right. We have to work very hard to get the right done, but we must have a guideline to make that happen. And when it comes to governance in this country, that guidelines the constitution and we have to reassert it. Uh, Harry, I'll give you the, the mic before Stephen. Yeah. So I just wanted to, I just heard a quick, a couple things that I just wanted to jump in here. Um, <clears throat> critical race theory is not like this indoctrination or anything like that. It's just the study of how um, racism can be perpetuated through laws. Uh, not necessarily saying that laws have racism written into them, but how they can be interpreted to perpetuate racism uh, and it's not like this Marxist theory. It's been taught in law school for decades now. Laws, you know, every conservative lawyer ever has been taught uh, critical race theory. So it's not like this Marxist idea. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I just wanted to reiterate the kind of the topic of the the space was you know the Biden classified documents that as it stands. We, we should have uh, a, we should have a debate on critical race yeah, theory I would as love well, to. Mario, because I would like to rebut what Harry well, saying, my but it would take way too long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I would actually, and Ian, yeah, I would, I would love to join a space on critical race theory, but regardless. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So on, on the Biden classified documents, um, as it stands, Biden isn't being accused of any crimes. Uh, as it stands, there's no evidence of criminal wrongdoing. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. And again, once again, Mario, thank uh, you. Honey, I think what, what, it, what it triggered, you know, a pleasure to have you. I think what, what it triggered is the way that, that the, the authorities handled Trump's documents versus Biden's. I think that's what the main concern is. Nick's putting his thumbs up. But Stephen, uh, for, uh, you know, thanks for, for being here, Harry, Tyra, uh, and Caroline. Stephen, uh, go ahead, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a bit. Sorry, I've been so caught up with uh, just life and, you know, making what money. Mean life? Excuse <laughs> me. Hold on. Hold on. What, do you mean, what do you mean life? Okay, life. making money fair. Fair. Isn't there no, yeah. no, no, money in the, no, no money in these spaces. But life, I don't know what you're talking right. about. Oh, right, right. Of course, of course. <laughs> anyway, great to hear from you again. Um, uh, just just to add to the conversation really quickly here, uh, you know, HB uh, 1557, it, just to be clear to the listeners, it does not ban the word gay from the classroom. It simply protects kindergartners through third graders uh, from teachers and other officials who seek to essentially 
sexualized children at a young age. I don't know how else to put this. This shouldn't be a partisan issue. The stuff that HB 1557 stops uh, is, is, is very disgusting, very disgusting conversations that are very inappropriate to be having with children from kinder, kindergarten to third grade. So this does not, this does not ban people from simply, dis, uh, simply mentioning that they're gay. That's another myth about this. I just want to be very clear about that. Uh, also, uh, to pivot quickly to critical Can I just race. Can add to that real quick, what you just said, you know, HB... The uh, word 15, gay uh, is never mentioned 1557, yeah, the word gay is not mentioned there. And it's basically an anti-grooming law. And, and, and you know, just to rebut an earlier point that Pyotr made, you know, he said that Putin signed into law a, a homophobic bill. First of all, it was a law that was proposed by leftists in Russia. I just want to make that clear. It was left-leaning people, either uh, communists or like just liberal leftists, who made that law because they were unhappy with the fact that teachers were trying to promote elder, uh, uh, trans uh, uh, ideology to minors. So it's quite similar in Russia as well. So this idea that the, the uh, anti-LGBT uh, uh, propaganda law is somehow used to ban gay people, that is that is, again... A lot like the whole "don't say gay" bill. It's 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 very much the product of media manipulation. It's not the same thing. I just want to just put that out there because I don't like it when people lie about anything, whether you don't like the country or not. I think it is important to be precise and accurate and factual. Anyway, can, well, we being factual, can we just discuss the? And I'm saying it colloquial. Sorry because it's too long to say the whole name. Don't say gay. So it's classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties well, on sexual orientation. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Then I will just say House Bill 1557. <laughs> Fine. You're, you're happy? Okay. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three. Quote. And then then there's another clause or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Now, you might think that only applies to K through 3, but the language, maybe artfully drawn, I don't know, basically applies to students in any grade. So be careful when you talk about, let's be precise. Do you think it's okay to show children pornography? Listen to me. No, I'm I'm asking you a question. Of course not. Okay, so then you agree with the law. You agree with the law. No, 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 no. You agree with the law because that's what the law does. No, Ian, you're wrong. This is what no, I think I happens. Th- no, you are not. No, because they you were are teaching, not. They were teaching Listen to me. They're not school. teaching that. They were teaching this is all. In, no, there is proof. This is a book called Gender Queer. They're teaching that in schools. It is porn- pornographic Ian, in nature. It's teaching children how to can have I, sex. And it's graphic. It can has, I finish? Can minors, I please finish? Two minors no, I guess sucking not. each other off. Let, okay. Go ahead, Tara. Okay, so listen, I'm not going to speak about whether individual school districts have done disgusting things or certainly individual teachers, especially in like private schools in New York, have done some really weird things. That's true. And I don't agree with teach, showing kids pornography, etc. But here's the thing. In, in most schools in K through three, you're asked to draw a chart, right? Of your, you're, you're asked to draw a picture of your family, your family tree, what you did this weekend. There's all sorts of things like that. Kid comes in, he has, He's, he's, uh, the son of two gay parents. Let's say two lesbians. Who cares? Two, two men, two women, doesn't matter. He draws that family tree. Some other kid said, what's that? Why don't you have a mother and a father? Or why do you only have one? Because lots of kids only have one. And the teachers feel that they can't mention that. 
because this no that is true the bill does not prohibit can mention it this is activists who are blowing it out of proportion and saying I'm telling you that I have that is preventing me from talking about so well guys so guys 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 so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah I think this is a separate debate maybe maybe I'll give them my separate discussion so so this is a but this is exactly what a debate is Ian when both parties say I'm you're factually wrong I can read the law okay okay. So, I just read the, the law. law. Yeah, I just and read Tyra, Tyra is there, but Tyra, yeah, I would say Tyra isn't a retired attorney, so just give it a bit of credit there. I haven't read the law, so I have no fucking idea, just to be clear, both of you. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I want to make a point real quick. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. The law is called the, par- the Parental Nick, you're not helping, bro. Bill. <laughs> okay. not, it's, not, it's not the Don't Say Gay Law. I just want to be clear. That's the name of the bill. And, so. and hey, if you I, wanted I'm going to stand up for Tara and say that Tara did not say it was the No, Don't Say Gay Bill. Tira honestly said it's colloquially called that, and she did it so that she could properly reference the bill. For that, I stand up with you, Tira, because I know Thank what you, you were trying Tara. to do, and I think people need to understand that. I think it's Very quite wrong to even refer to it as that because it's, it's deliberately using activist it, language. It, it absolutely it, it, it is, and I don't know world. that Tira thinks that it's absolutely wrong. It but I, I, I just want to say she was just trying to make sure that under people understood which she was referring to and i don't think she was intending to put an epithet on it per se she might think that it's the don't say gay bill but i think she was just trying to reference it so everyone knew what she was talking about i think that was honest how, how are you guys even able to focus on what tyro or anyone are saying ian it's been four hours nick jim we're in this space i, I don't no, get no, what no, you're very alert person you, dude, let oh, me go let me go you guys have you guys all three of you have a problem um look i think it's a great space it's a great discussion <laughs> i think we can go on for another five hours and i see a lot of people in the audience that have been there since the beginning well, ready to go but you know we just i just uh, remember guys uh, so i've pinned above the newsletter that the team wants me to keep shilling where they'll summarize the, the points made in every space so do subscribe uh, and we'll see you in the next space I think the next one oh, obviously there'll be something happening like Twitter files or something happening that we'll or have Brazil, to do one tomorrow or Brazil so it could be a thing uh, we could be, we Brazil again Brazil again hey if we can I gotta tell you on the Brazil thing, on, yeah, I am getting don't I'm tell getting us overloaded with stuff from people in Brazil there's a lot to talk about if we want to do that so there, yeah indeed. There yeah, Brazil is one. There's also there's a few topics. We have. The Ukraine war. We're planning a big space on the Ukraine war, even though we covered it a bit today. But in getting people. Fact, that I'm going to sorry to jump in, but on the Brazil thing, I can bring in some congressmen from Brazil. I'm cool, yeah, we'll contacted talk. by these people. It'd be very cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. I think it's a great space. I need to have a life, uh, as as Stephen mentioned. Um, you, it was, mean you need to uh, sleep. Is what <laughs> I need to sleep. Yeah, the sun's about to go up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see you all next time. Um, follow all the speakers. Subscribe to the newsletter and turn on notifications. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Goodbye.